Driving down the streets in the fancy car Said H-I-T-L-E-R Thought we'd never make it but here we are The name is A And I'm back in command Cause I'm the illest pure representing Deutschland Right one, right two, right three That's me, the mastermind behind World War Three. No two, my bad, oh well, started over Been gone for so long, but now I'm back and I'ma show ya Everybody Hitler hating when they speak my name But it's a new millennium, man, the fuhrer is changed And what I bet y'all didn't know is now I'm down with the Jews The gypsies, homosexuals, and retards too Because I stopped burning people, started burning CDs Stopped battling the world, started battling MCs Just started busting rhymes, finally found my groove And now the SS on my jacket stands for super smooth H-I-T-L-E-R Driving down the streets in the fancy car I said H-I-T-L-E-R Thought we'd never make it but here we are Episode 122 There's already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before and we don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap you're listening to the only podcast with the balls to bite a radioactive spider it's pop culture leftovers five four three two one hey welcome to pop culture leftovers the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded i'm brian i'm jason i'm jake and, and we're, we're the leftovers, leftovers. all right guys uh Sad week, man. Lost uh, two legends, in my opinion. Uh, first, last Sunday, David Bowie. Yeah. Mm. And then and then Alan Rickman. Yep. Yeah, it's super terrible. It was rough, man. Rough week. Yep. And then and Dustin Diamond's going to jail. Oh. I know. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Four months, guys. Yeah. Oh, no. It's rough. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Four months without Dustin Diamond? What are we going to do? <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I give up. <laughs> I miss his tweets already. <laughs> I didn't follow him on Twitter. Were they good tweets? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just being sarcastic. <laughs> yeah, it sucks, man. Sucks, man. I, I didn't know that uh, Alan Rickman was going through any of that. No. No, not at all. Me neither. I didn't know David Bowie was going through any of it. No. Very private, both of them about yeah. about the the cancer, which I was it was just shocking. Yeah, I, I thought it was a joke to be honest, and then and then uh, yeah, then the next day because I went to bed like at three o'clock that night. I see oh David Bowie's dead, and people are posting about. Him. I'm like no, he's not. There's right. nothing wrong with David Bowie. And then the next morning, it was like oh shit, total bummer, total bummer. Yeah, both of them are two of my you know favorite celebrities. I lo- love them both. I mean, yeah, always been a big Bowie fan. You know, he kind of taught you that it was okay to be weird and mm-hmm. and be popular you know and still be you know be who you are and mm-hmm. still be accepted for that and everybody was everybody like did a david bowie song yeah everybody yeah. did david bowie like re, you know did a like a cover so. yeah for sure yeah 
so versatile in, in his different music stylings and everything too. You know, yeah, yeah. He he like changed with us. Like he changed with the times musically and everything. So every decade, it seemed like oh, there's something that I can relate to that David's putting out. So mm-hmm. it's it's weird that he's not gonna. I even like the collaboration with him and uh, Trent Reznor. Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah. Oh yeah, I fucking love that. They toured shit. for a while together too, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. 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 Were there rumors that they slept together. Like, yeah. is that true? If you're with David Bowie, there's going to be rumors that you slept together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's that, possible. Him and Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that video, that Dancing in the Streets video. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's so fucking charming. I, I would assume even if you aren't into dudes, you would be attracted to him in some way, shape, or form. So I, I can, I don't put it past the straight guy to get with Bowie at all. <laughs> but yeah, wow, crazy. All right, guys. I don't know. It's been a long time since I've done this. I don't even know if I want to do it. But I guess it's time for... Uh-oh. And some other times, there's just an ending. <laughs> All right. It's time for Brian's Dating Disasters. Yay. <laughs> it's been a while. All right. So let me, let me get everybody kind of caught up to like... To, where I am <laughs> previously on Brian's yeah. dating disaster. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. Like basically, like within my family, like my dating life is a, is a huge fucking joke. Oh, nice. <laughs> and uh, yeah, my sister's like, ah, ah, tell me the one again about yeah, and it's like a story time. Yeah, <laughs> gather around. <laughs> yeah, the one that my sister loves is the time where I didn't remember what her name is, like right before going to on a date. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I literally walk into Texas Roadhouse. It's a restaurant. I literally walk into Texas Roadhouse and see her. She doesn't see me, and I don't remember what her name was. Oh man! <laughs> so I had to like make a beeline outside, go through like all of our messages until I finally found her name <laughs> because I was going to call her something completely different. Wow! Yeah. And that would have been fucked up. Great way to start a date. Yeah. <laughs> You're lucky she didn't see you when yeah. you went in there. That, yeah, I'm, I'm very lucky she didn't see me because then I'd have been like, "Oh my god, what's her name?" I would have been like, "Hey, you." <laughs> <laughs> Let me send this text real quick. <laughs> <laughs> While she's talking, you're just like, "Yeah, uh huh." <laughs> I had a long drive. I got to go to the restaurant. Right. It would have been one of those because, oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, so then um, I'm trying to think. I went out on a date. Not even a date. It was like I, I met this girl like three days before Christmas. Mm. And she works at a bar, and I met her at the bar that she works at. And from the get-go, I was like, ah, not my type. And, you know, I still try to play it off cool and had try to have fun, stuff like that. And it was so awkward at the end of the night. I'm thinking to myself, okay, yeah, this is it. No more with her. No more dates. And she looks at me and goes, best date ever. And then... <laughs> Gives me a high five. <laughs> and yeah. Hopefully she says that to all the dates. <laughs> Last Saturday, I went on a date here in Peoria and um, started talking about like our other dating experiences. Mm-hmm. I'm on my third white Russian at this point and I don't even give a shit. And I start telling her things that I probably shouldn't tell her. <laughs> and I started saying stuff. I didn't care. I, I was just like, whatever. Yeah. I started telling her, like, yeah, if I'm not interested in somebody, um, I'll usually just stop texting them until the text becomes so infrequent that we just stop talking. <laughs> and then it was kind of like a joke, whatever, right? Yeah, okay. And so, like, 
after the date was over, she texted me and she was like, thanks for dinner. And I said, oh yeah, no problem. And then like, I like, I, I text her probably like 10 minutes after that. I was like, so if you want to go out again sometime, that'd be fine. And she's like, yeah, I'd like that. I'd really like that. And so from then on, I, I think I text her a little, like a couple times the next day. And then I didn't text her for like three days. Oh no. And so then I finally like text her and I was like, Oh, you're, dude, she knows your shit. <laughs> she, she knows how you work. Oh, it's like it. a self-fulfilling prophecy at that point. <laughs> well, see, the thing, I don't like, I don't like turning people down and just being like, no, I'm not interested. Yeah. So I kind of like have worked out this thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, which brings me to last weekend. Yeah. You guys are what, you guys, you guys don't know what happened. Something's up, but I don't no, know we what. know something happened. Okay, so if you if you get get that off the phone. Not me, that's you. Oh <laughs> speaking of speaking of Brian's dating disasters, yeah. here's a future one texting me <laughs> on match.com. <laughs> Very timely. <laughs> anyway, so last week, if you listened to the end of the episode, you heard a voicemail. Yes. Can I just be blunt with everybody and let you know what that was? Yeah. Yeah. That was 100% a very – she tried to disguise it, but it, I, it was a 100% a booty call. Ah. Uh, 100%. Yeah. You were smelling that. Somebody had been a little drinky that night and started blowing my phone up. Right. And so, okay, this is what happens. She's like, you're, and she's like, you're in Peoria. I'm like, yeah. She's like, well, my house is closer than your house. Mm-hmm. So come on over. Mm-hmm. So I'm driving. I'm on my way there. Guys, like, you guys know that when we get together, we drink. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A little bit. So we start drinking usually at around two o'clock and yeah. don't start, stop drinking until like we wrap the episode. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I am driving to this town, um, where she lives. And I, yeah, I'd been drinking, kids. Don't drink and drive. No, no. I feel like awful even admit, I guess. <laughs> but whatever. Yeah. Everybody's done it. Right. But I wasn't like, yeah, I wasn't plastered last week. No, no. not at all. I was not Jay drunk. Yeah. No, <laughs> I could not have driven. Hell no. But you definitely could have driven. So I'm driving. And I make the drive every week and I'm fine. Yeah. So I'm driving and... I'm in a town that I don't usually drive in. Mm-hmm. And it, it, you can get, like, my GPS, she lives on a north street. It always tries to take me to the south one. So it always takes longer to find her place. Okay. And so I've been to her place maybe a couple other times. So I'm on my way there this time. And apparently, I guess I missed a turn signal. Mm. I didn't turn on a turn signal at a stoplight. Oh, no. Guys, I got pulled over last night. Oh, shit. That's ex- oh, man. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? What so, happened? like, dude, like, in that in that instance, you have to just keep your fucking cool. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I had my license out, ready to go mm-hmm. by the time the cop was at the window. Started explaining to him, like, you know, what's what, why, why I'm there. And he's like, well, this is why I pulled you over and blah, 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 blah. Takes my license. Another cop comes to the other window and starts talking to me. Oh, Jesus. And he's like, yeah, he's like, so what are you doing? I'm like, oh, well, I'm here to see so-and-so. Well, I don't know if if the name drop helped me out or I would have been screwed either way. Uh-huh. I don't know. 
if I didn't name drop because she's a prominent lawyer in that area, mm-hmm. owns owns her own firm. Oh, nice. So I dropped her name. I said, this is who I'm going to see. She asked me to come over tonight, blah, blah, blah. Well, she knows all the cops in the area. Right. And so one of the guy, the guy that I was talking to at the other cop that was at my other window, he knew who she was. Oh, he's like, oh, yeah, short little girl. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's her. That's her. And so the other cop comes by, gives me a warning ticket. And yeah, wow. That's fucking terrible. You got lucky. Dude, I kept my cool the whole time, though. I was talking to him, whatever, man. I was just talking to the other dude, just, you know, whatever, man. Yeah. I kept my cool the whole time. But yeah, I was scared. I was scared, man. The adrenaline was definitely pumping that night. Fuck, man. Yeah, usually when a second cop comes, you're fucked. Like, they want you to get out of the car. That's why there's two of them. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Woo, dog. Well, I think they were both on patrol together. I I didn't see two cars. So he's just trying. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah, the other guy was like looking into the information that I gave him. Right. Because I was, he was like, what are you doing here? I was like, okay, she lives at this address. This is her name, and that's why I'm going there. Yeah. And he's like, okay. And so he'd come back. So I was, dude, I was freaking the fuck out. But fuck. yeah, I ended up, I ended up, I ended up getting there around 1030 at night. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Man, yeah. I, that's the first thing I was like, oh no, yeah. oh no. But man, yeah, you, you got lucky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that would have been terrible. Yeah. Wow. Let's just say I'm not going to be going back there again. Not, not to her place. No. Okay. No, I don't think I'm going to be seeing her again. Really? Uh oh. What yeah. happened? Well, something happened twice. Uh huh. So <laughs> yeah, things happened. Yeah. But it was like one of those. It it was strictly just like a 100 percent booty call. Yeah. Like I think that's what it was. And, and that's so, not worth your time. So I, you know, it was like. Well, it was one of the. It was. I, I don't know. She's really flaky anyway. Yeah. And so, but um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I don't think I'm going back there. Yeah. It was just like, it was weird. Kind of a bad omen. Yeah. So it was really weird. Jeez. But eh, at least I got some ass out of it. That's true. <laughs> That's true. But I'm so glad, man. I, yeah. Lucky. I know. God damn. I thought I was fucking screwed. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. I'm sweating right Good now. Good times. <laughs> oh, wow. All right, guys. After that. Yeah, I I reveal a lot on this show. You do, I do. It's very personal. I really get in there. Yeah, I really, let the- <laughs> you really, you really get in there. I do. That's what we heard, just heard. Yeah, I re- <laughs> twice, twice, twice. I did. Wow. Yeah. So, all right, let's move on to iTunes reviews. It's one star five. Yeah, dude, it was fucking Shit. terrifying. DUI could have ended the show. Yeah. A lot of yeah, his fucking life as we know it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm not ever driving back. I'm just I'm just like driving home yeah. from now on. <laughs> Never. I don't care fucking I don't know. I don't care. Kate Upton could text me. Yeah. Not Sorry, tonight, baby. Not tonight. <laughs> not tonight. Unless you're coming to my place. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, the first uh, iTunes review, uh, it's from Mile High Babcock. I'm guessing this is from Andy Babcock. Mm. And it's uh, titled F. Mary Download. 
<laughs> the best pop culture reviews with the most Tupperwareable hosts. In fact, I'd marry Jason. He changes his mind and opinion every five minutes. <laughs> just like a woman. <laughs> At some point, Jake would fill the house with baby toys and drop one too many spoilers. I'd go ahead and kill him now. Oh, man. <laughs> Ouch. Brian is a great host and dedicated showrunner, but for the purposes of this review, he can F himself. Oh. <laughs> Download and subscribe today. Hashtag Han dies. <laughs> nice, nice. We got, we got F Mary killed. I never expected yeah. that yeah. to happen. That's yeah. cool. So that, that's a five star. Hmm. All right, guys, every once in a while, an iTunes review comes along, and it just changes everything. Yeah. And this is one of those. Oh, great. One of those. A TJ Lamb. Yes. This is definitely up there. It's TJ Lamb status. <laughs> um, this listener, whoever it may be, is a colossal asshole. <laughs> a colossal asshole. Okay. I'm excited. And I remember... This listener had given us a review probably two years ago, hmm. originally. Uh, one of, actually one of our first reviews. Wow. And it was from this colossal asshole. And the review said it was a one star. And the old review. The old review was a one star. And it said unfunny, horribly produced, drawn out. Okay. And that was the review. Okay. The, now it's, a four-star review, and it's from TFS706, and I guarantee he's probably listening to the episode because he's, he's, he's a long time. See, that's what's so fucked up about this mm-hmm. is that he didn't like the show, but this fucking idiot keeps listening. Yeah. If you don't – why are you sticking around, you fucking moron? 122 episodes later. 122 episodes later, and this fucking colossal asshole is still fucking listening. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the new review from this guy or gal. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's a four star. After all these years, I've come to love this show. Hopefully Brian moves to an off mic producer and lets Jason and Jake host the show. I'm not sure if this is being discussed in their inner circle, but it would make this show a five star podcast for sure. (laughs) Oh, wow, that you, is legendary. You couldn't be more wrong about that, but yeah, do not let us fucking take over. <laughs> yeah, we'll burn Jay's living room down. Oh, no, yeah, we don't know what the fuck we're doing. <laughs> so basically, it's like he loves the show, he just hates me. Okay. <laughs> wow. And so, so guys, guys. So, I, you know what? We need to make it a five-star podcast for this fucking douchebag. Oh, yeah. I got to go. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> we, no, we've got to earn this final star from this fucking asshole, right? Uh, it's the only choice we have. Yeah. It is. I mean, I really want that fifth star. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to miss you, Brian. <laughs> you know what? I don't, I don't know what TFS706 stands for, but, <laughs> but today it stands for tough fucking shit. Because <laughs> I'm not going anywhere, no. you stupid fuck. Uh-uh. And you know something else? Every time you listen to this show, I want you to know that the host fucking can't stand you. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I hope that adds to your four-star listening experience, you piece of shit. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Four stars. <laughs> uh, at least you only brought us down a star. Oh, yeah. It could have been know. worse. I know. could have so, brought us down a couple. I, I don't know what TFS stands for, but I want our listeners... 
to let me know what yeah. TFS stands for. Uh, I have uh, a contest going on right now. Nice. So if you would like a Pop Culture Leftovers koozie, I want to know the best TFS acronym. Oh, this will be fun. And in two – yeah, I want our listeners to decide. I want our listeners to decide. So in two episodes, so episode 124, by that time, send me all of your TFS emails. <laughs> it could stand for testicles for sale. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It could stand for total fuck sack. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it could stand for timid fuck stick. <laughs> Whatever you want, you let us know mm-hmm. what it stands for, what TFS stands for. And then in two weeks, whoever has the best TFS acronym wins a koozie. Okay. Toenail fungus stench. There, there you go. go. Yeah. <laughs> Good one, Jake. There so, you go. yeah. Oh, I'm sure he gave that a five star. <laughs> all, all mine, all mine were one stars <laughs> with this fucking dickhead. Move to an off mic producer. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Off mic pre- So if you leave, you'll still produce us. Uh, no, yeah. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna drive an hour and a half every fucking week to to, to, to fucking record you guys. Listen and just, to me and Jake. Just sit here like a jag bag every fucking week. What a colossal jack wagon. <laughs> fuck this guy. God damn it. Oh no. Yeah, that would be terrible. Yeah. Uh, we're not gonna let you do that. No. No. Well, if we want that fifth star. No, this is not the first time this asshole's done this shit either. He listens to League of Geeks too. Okay. And what he does with his fucking review with the League of Geeks is he is he singles out another one of their guys. Who's he hate over there? Exactly. This is the this is the kind of fucking troll this guy is. Uh on this one he loves the show, gives them a four-star review too. <laughs> loves their fucking show, but he says, "Also, Sean laughs too much for my liking. Not because I hate laughter, but because it comes off as an insecure girl who puts LOL at the end of every text they send. Man, what Whoa. a fuckhead. So, I mean, it's not like he just he just does it with with me. He does it with them too. Yeah. He's got to single out one fucking person. And it's like, I don't care if you don't like me. I actually go out of my way, so sometimes people don't like me. There have been listeners that that, that I call them podcast poison, mm-hmm. and this guy's one of them. If they listen and they keep doing shit, there's a particular guy that we know yes. that I went off on mm. because I don't want him listening anymore because he's podca- he puts us in a bad mood every week yeah. Yeah. W- with his comments. I don't like coddling fucking babies. You either get the show or you don't. Yeah. This guy's been listening, subjecting himself to listening to me. And that's the satisfaction I got, motherfucker, for not leaving. You got to sit here and listen to me every fucking week. Yeah, damn right. Four stars. You know what? Shove all four up your ass. <laughs> like they're fucking anal beads. You stupid fuck. You know what? And, and to not like me, that's fine. That's understandable. I go out of my way so people don't like me. Right. Yeah. Sean, on the other hand, Sean's like one of the coolest, nicest guys ever. Yeah. Yeah, he is. What the hell? Yeah. Sean did art for our show. Sean's one of the sweetest, coolest guys. He's so fun. And and this this guy's calling him an insecure girl. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you, you piece of shit. Send me a personal email. Brian at popcultureleftovers.com. We'll we'll discuss it. <laughs> yes, please nice, do nice. that. <laughs> Can't wait to hear the further adventures of that. Fucking jackass. Yeah, why are you listening? That's what I want to know. Why are you still listening? He I don't know. He's got a hard on for you two. Uh, that's ridiculous. He didn't even get Jay for a good 20, 30 episodes. There yeah. would be no show without you, so it's fucking retarded that he's like, well, I still like it, but I don't like the guy that's responsible for it. I just, I rub him the wrong way, and I'm glad I rub him the wrong way. <laughs> I rub him the wrong way. I'm glad, I'm glad I chafe your ass. Yeah. I, I hope I'm pissing you off right now. <laughs> yeah. 
Gonna Actually, go you know what? I might kick these two fuckers off this show, yeah. and it might just be me fucking berating you every week, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I would listen to that still. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I want to hear that. Fucking dildo. <laughs> TFS. Total fuck sack. <laughs> Excited for those contests. Yeah, that would yeah. be fun. Yeah, come on. Leftover Army, don't let me down. This is uh, this is another call to the Army. Don't let me down. If you want to win a koozie, I'll send you a koozie. Greg Alenti and Jolden Waldmeyer, I'm sorry. I haven't. I just found these koozies. Koozies, I owe I owe them koozies. Yeah, so I got to send them koozies. Nice. Yeah. Uh, keep them beers cold. Yeah. yeah. Perfect weather yeah. for it for a nice warm koozie. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, guys, you ready to? I don't know. Am I ready? Fuck that guy. All right. All right. Yeah. Now we're ready. <laughs> we're, we're never ready. <laughs> I don't know if I want to leave this. I might want to just keep coming back to that. We can revisit it again. Yeah. yeah. Mm. That's what gives it TJ Lamb status. Is yeah. we're not going to let it fucking go. And it's a four star, and he just makes a point of not giving us the fifth star because it'd be a five star podcast without me. Yeah. <laughs> God, that's, God. A, that's legendary. <laughs> that's fucking hilarious. Yeah. And it was a it, it, fucking wishy washy bullshit. Yeah, it was a one star. It was a it was a one star fucking like two two and a half years ago. Yeah, unfunny. Horribly produced and drawn out. Now it's a fucking four star, but he, you know he's got a fucking thing with me. He doesn't yeah. like me. Yeah. So he wants he he he's doing this so to get a response. Oh yeah. That's why because he is a fucking troll. See, I and I was like thinking to myself, yeah, am I going to bring this up on the show? Am I even going to read the review on the show? Mm. I was like, fuck it, no, I'll do it. Yeah. No, I'm Good glad you, you do. Yeah. I want to know that I'll shit. I'll do it. Fuck. That. I'll do it. Yeah, keep, yeah. Keep listening, and the stupid fuck will probably still keep listening. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, or you'll get back on there and give us that one star again. <laughs> well, do, 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 do. well, the host they they berated me on an episode. They can't take it. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> this is exactly why Brian needs to be an off my producer. <laughs> 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 fuck. Yeah. Nimrod. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he, your your podcast poison chief. You either get it or you don't. Yeah, exactly. And you're not cool enough to get it. Exactly. Yeah, it's like, well, fuck yourself. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Guys, you ready to move on to, to the emails? Yeah, let's do it. No. <laughs> no. Let's, let's berate this guy some more. Yeah. Oh, we could do that during uh, the emails. All right, yeah. cool. We'll bring Actually, I'm hoping that the leftover army doesn't let me down. <laughs> I'll send you a cool koozie. Yeah. It's a cool it's a it's it's limited edition. Let's look at the people we really care about and you know? see what they come up with. Yeah. I mean, I, you know what? I'll even lift the email ban for Eric Marable. And Chris Hohola, ju- just for this, Ooh. just for this. I'd be interested to see what they got to say. I don't want yeah. them getting into any other shit. I don't. Okay. Want, I don't. Uh, Hohola, I don't want you to go off on some towel tangent. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. This is their mission. Yeah. He starts talking about linen and shit. <laughs> Fucking weirdo. TFS, towels for sale. There you go. <laughs> Can't use that one. Yeah, shit. <laughs> you just stole it. <laughs> so, yeah. Focus. That's it. You can, don't, no, nothing else. I, I mean, but in February, you guys can send whatever the fuck you want yeah. to. Just eh, within reason. God, those guys, you gotta tell them, like, they're on their fifth paragraph and they're like, oh, I'm sorry for making this so long. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck. Only eight paragraphs to go. God damn. (laughs) I don't get to talk to anybody else. (laughs) Like, like they wonder, like, why, uh, like, we're going into, like, emails from, like, three weeks ago. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's so hard to get caught up. Catching up from November because of those guys. Yeah. Oh, I want to thank everybody in the army. I did have strep throat, and I want to thank everybody that wished me well. Yeah, man. That sucked. You feeling better? Yeah, I am feeling better. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, thank you, TFS, <laughs> for all your well wishes. <laughs> it was great. I was sick off my ass at home and yeah. shit, running a fever, and I read your fucking iTunes review, and it, <laughs> it just put me in that special place. <laughs> <laughs> Better than fucking penicillin right yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right so let's move on to emails Mail. All right. First email comes from Chris Stabell. It's, uh, I think it was titled like 121, episode 121 laughs. Okay. And he's like, what's up, leftovers? To quote Jay, I'm not a, f- <laughs> I'm not a fucking educated asshole on Indians. <laughs> <laughs> was that sad? I think that says it all. Thanks for the laughs. Did I say that? You did. Oh, man. Yeah, did. I, I was pretty drunk last episode. Well, <laughs> Well, I kind of got into it with you with the Indians. Yeah, we talked about the Indians. I don't don't remember saying that at all. Yeah, it was pretty hilarious. (laughs) You said, I'm not a fucking educated asshole on Indians. (laughs) (laughs) I think after the episode, I was like thinking to myself, did I call them Native Americans? I sure hope I did. No, you basically called me an educated asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. <laughs> I apologize for myself that's, last that's week. It's fine. That needs to be a t-shirt. <laughs> it's fine. It's just one of the many reasons I need to be an off-mic producer. Uh, yeah, right. Because <laughs> you're an educated asshole. Yeah, on Indians. Too smart for this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually a quarter Indian, so. I'm a little, I'm, I'm like 10% Cherokee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Proud of that fact. Uh, all right. Next email comes from uh, Sage Kelly. First off, I totally understand. This is all about Jay. Why? Everybody loves Jay love this week. Man, maybe I ought to get more drunk. (laughs) This one comes from Sage Kelly, the old Sage of the Ages here. Yeah. Cool name. First off, I totally, I knew a Sage. The guy I knew, Sage, he was cool as hell. Yeah. It's got to be a cool person. First off, I totally understand where Jay is coming from with the Coach Frazier thing. I knew one cool Sage. I didn't say I knew two. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the coach Frazier thing. He goes, this is no, this is maybe this is what you were getting at. And if it wasn't, don't try to bandwagon onto this motherfucker's answer. Okay, okay. All right, here he goes. He goes, yeah, I know you. You're like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I, yeah, that's exactly, you, now you get it. Now you know you I'm too it. dumb to come up with it. Like, oh. oh, no, you're not. I know. At a certain point in my childhood, I used to watch The Simpsons with my family after dinner every single night. It was a dark time after my parents' divorce, and I hated my new school and area. The Simpsons made me happy at the time, but now watching it, it almost makes me nauseous. Hmm. For some reason, I have subconsciously connected to that time and daily routine where I wasn't very happy. So I get it. You're not crazy. Am I? Is is, is that what you meant by the Coach Frazier thing? Uh, not, not a lot of sad dinners over the, the, over at the old Piper house. Well, yeah, there was, there was, but uh, my point was coming home from a day of fucking high school or wherever the fuck, you know, middle school and watching that stuff. So you did associate it with the mood that you you were in. I would say I was just in a bad mood to begin with, you know, coming home from that bullshit. Fuck, our school sucked. Yeah, it did. did. I agree. (laughs) It was horrible, man. I agree. So, so, so basically come home. 
rough day at school. Yeah. Coach is on. Fuck you, Dauber. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Fuck you. Exactly. <laughs> like, I think because the, the exact opposite of that is coming home and watching something like Kids in the Hall and then just totally being elated and being like, ah, you know, forgetting about yeah. But then coming home and seeing that, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it was about it. Yeah. If it was my mood or if it was just the show itself, I don't know. Hmm. But that's a good point. Makes a good point. All right. Yep. Yep. Your old buddy Sage backing yeah. you up. <laughs> Got my back, Sage. <laughs> All right. So he goes, second, what is Jake's periscope? Or am I not close enough to be in that club? I'll send more emails if I have to. Ha, Sage. So he doesn't know about this whole Periscope thing. He th- he thinks like he's uh, like in our theme song. He's like one of the uncool kids. Oh. He doesn't under. He's like he says, "What is Jake's Periscope?" He doesn't know what Jake's Periscope is, or am I not close enough to be in that club? It's hmm. it's code word for your penis. Oh yeah, exactly. Oh. Jake's Periscope. <laughs> right. Jump on my Periscope. <laughs> hey guys, jump on my Periscope. Wink, wink, wink. <laughs> Now, t- talk to our listeners. If they don't know what Periscope is... Yeah, it's it's basically an app. If you have any smartphone, whether it's an Apple device or an Android device, Periscope is available. Look for it on your app store. On Android, it's called, what, what fucking Google Play or Google Store or whatever the fuck. And mm-hmm. Just look it up. It's Periscope, exactly like the word is spelled, like a submarine fucking Periscope. And download the app. Um, you can find me by my Twitter handle, which is at Two Sheds. That's uh, the number two S H E D D S, and you can follow me on Periscope. So when I do dumb Periscopes while we're doing the show, you can jump on and watch. Yeah, it'll give you a notification right to your smart device that says Two Sheds went live, mm-hmm. and then you can just click on it and watch what we're doing live right then behind the scenes. Yeah. All right, so now you're not left out, Sage. Yes, it's one of my favorite herbs. Ah, oh, Sage is great, man. Yeah, Sage is good. I like yeah. burning it; smells good. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Let's go get some. Let's, let's, let's take what? a break. We're, we're going to end the episode. Yeah, let's just go get sage. We're just going to fucking get some sage. I'm going to roll around naked in that shit. <laughs> so, Rubbing your periscope all over oh, it. yeah. <laughs> we will not be periscoping that. Most people have like dreams of like, you know, getting in a bed full of money and yeah. Jake mm. is like, no, fuck that sage. sage yeah. <laughs> mm, those leaves. <laughs> That smell. <laughs> I sell it at my store if you guys want some. Fucking Powerball, man. I know. Three mm. people won that shit. Ah, mm. man. Can you imagine? No. <laughs> I can't imagine, man. I think about it. They're like, what What the fuck would I do? Did what you buy I a do? ticket? No, I didn't. I, I didn't either. I, I, like, I always just feel like my chances are fucked on that stuff. So Everybody's no. chances are fucked it on is. that, man. It's true. I spent, I spent four bucks on it. Man. I won seven bucks. I don't know. I keep saying, like, if I did win that money, I'd do all these good things, mm-hmm. you know, positive stuff. But I don't know. I don't know what I would do with that kind of cash. I would buy lots of sage. Yeah. <laughs> A sage <laughs> plantation. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's crazy. Jake's actually talking about our listener. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he would buy sage. Yeah. I'd buy, I'd buy quite a few Indecent proposal. <laughs> yeah. he, li- he lives in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> He dust he dust my Funkos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the most I think the most I've ever won on the lotto is like eighty bucks. Yeah. And and I did play a lot like scratch offs and stuff for a while there in, in high school when I had disposable cash, but nothing more than that. Even gambling, man. I never went at gambling. 
Don't even try it. Oh anymore. yeah, no. I used to play blackjack and shit. Yeah, and it's like I'd get ahead, I'd get ahead, and then I'd be I fucking blow it all. I know, <laughs> lost it all. You know, you're supposed to stop once mm-hmm. you get ahead, but you're like, right. ah, if I keep going, I'm on a roll. You right. know, right? Yeah, can't stop when you're on a roll. No, keep that momentum going. Yeah, got a tweet from Eric Habrin, and uh, he puts at PC leftovers. Fuck Mary Kell, Mallory Archer, Pam Poovey, and Cheryl Tunt. Are these all Archer characters? I don't know who yeah, those people are. Yeah, I think it is. Well, we can't do it, Chief. No. We don't, I don't, I've seen, I've never seen one episode of Archer. We'll have to research this. Yeah, yeah. I have no idea. Me neither. Don't know. So, sorry, man. Uh, maybe we can go back to that if we, after we've watched Archer. Yeah. If we ever watch Archer. I hear it's good. We can talk about Archer. Maybe watch it and talk about one of these yeah. episodes. I, I, actually, I was like going to watch uh, Venture Brothers. Yeah. And I watched the first episode of it. I like Venture Brothers. Yeah, Venture Brothers is funny. Only seen one episode, and I was like, you know what? I get it. That's cool. Yeah. I could watch this. I think it'd be up your alley. That that one gets better, too, the, the mm-hmm. more you watch. Yeah. It does get better. This one comes from uh, Jake Gross. Which is what you did last week (laughs) on the show. That is true. But this guy's real name is Jake Gross. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, guys, this is my first time emailing you, and I promise it will be my only long one. Hmm. I really want to thank you three. I am very new to the podcast world, and by accident, I stumbled across Pop Culture Leftovers, and my mind was fucking blown. Wow. First off, I want to say... Brian, have you ever considered moving to an off-mic producer? (laughs) (laughs) Oddly enough. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Wow. This this guy. Everybody's thinking it, but nobody says it until this fucking episode. (laughs) Synchronicity. Jesus. Vocal listeners this week. They they don't want me to be vocal. No. (laughs) They they sure as hell let me know their opinion. Thanks, Jake. No, he doesn't say any of that. Brian, Brian, turn my levels down. (laughs) You see, yeah. (laughs) Shut up and turn my levels down. I'm just over here like the entire episode. I'm just signing shit. (laughs) All right, guys. This means we're going to pause. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Cut. Cut. All right, he says, uh, I stumbled across pop culture leftovers and my mind was fucking blown. Hmm. You see, I have small but tight circle of friends I would look at as family. The only thing is, we bond on other subjects, such as hockey and the fact that we played music together for 13 years, and I'm considered the geek of that circle. While they listen to me talk about comics, film, and other geek shit, it's hard to have a solid discussion on the topics. In fact, I don't really have anyone I can geek out with for hours on end. So when I found you guys, it was like the first time downloading crystal clear porn off of Napster. You guys keep it real. Well, guys, we all remember when we could download porn for the first time. Yeah. Took forever. Took forever back in the day. Yeah. Really did. You got porn on Napster? That was a thing. I don't know. I, I just used to get free music. Yeah, me too. I didn't yeah. know you porn. I, do they call it Fapster? <laughs> I think he's just talking about torrent sites and stuff like that, where, he, where it was like originally in bulletin boards. You guys keep it real, and you do it while being assholes, and I wouldn't want it any other way. Nice. That's a, that, I love that quote. That's a yeah. true statement. Yeah. You guys keep it real, and you do it while being assholes. <laughs> You're really assholes. real assholes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the music and bumpers are great. Rating system and honest reviews. Great. 
the nonsensical, the nonsensical bullshit filler. Great. <laughs> you gentlemen have a no bullshit passion for this nerd shit, and that shows in your podcast, which is why your army is growing. I really appreciate what you do. Thank you for keeping them long and giving me a place to have the discussions I really can't have anywhere else. It means a lot to me. I promise I won't write a long fucker like this again. So uh, he says, I really appreciate what you do. Thank you for keeping the long, keeping them long and giving me a place to have the discussions I really can't have. Is he talking to us? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Is he like, is he like in his car and shit talking? <laughs> <laughs> He's yeah, I agree. <laughs> He records it and himself and then plays it back to himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brian, I disagree on this point. <laughs> Brian, you being the off-mic producer, you might be impressed by all the things that I can do by inserting myself into the episode. Check this out. Wow, that'd be kind of weird if yeah. someone was doing that. Oh, my God, that would be weird. <laughs> that would creep me out. I, I guess when... Like, don't listen to him, Brian. I love your Funko... Uh, don't listen to him, Jake. I love your Funko Pops. <laughs> Just inc- you know, yeah. I guess what he's saying is like I think when we all listen to podcasts too, you mm-hmm. you do kind of like uh, yeah, you know, you kind of interject your own sure. stuff into. No, it. I, I'm just fucking around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I get what he was saying. Yeah, for sure. I'm not a complete nimrod. <laughs> <laughs> Quit being an educated asshole on podcasts. Oh yeah, right? <laughs> Jesus. There we go. <laughs> he's so educated. More re- just more reason for me to be an off-mic producer, gentlemen. My fucking opinion is worthless. Yeah, just be an educated asshole yeah. on producing. Uh, discussion topic. Would you guys rather have the Han Solo movie coming out or have a dark, well-written movie about Vader in his prime around the age of 33 to 36 showing us why he is so feared throughout the galaxy? Mm-hmm. 30-something Vader. I don't understand. Okay, hold on. I'm not not trying to be a dick here. I don't understand that between ages in his prime. Because honestly, is that going to be before? That's going to be before A New Hope. Yes. He's not really in his prime yet even. Because he didn't have all the... All that much power at that time. It yeah, was he's like a Tarkin lackey. Yeah, he's basically under Tarkin at that point. Mm. Right. So, I... Yeah, I don't... I don't. I can't really go along with that. No, I think the way they told his story was perfect. So I don't. I don't. I don't. I'm not interested in the time between that we did not. Okay. See. Okay. Let, 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 okay. You said I think the way they stole they told the story was perfect. You're just talking about episodes four, five, and six, correct? I'm, yeah. I'm You're just, not talking about episodes one, two, and three. No, no. I'm talking about Vader, Vader. When, when he's Vader, when not he's Anakin, Vader. Okay. and the way they presented that. I'm not too concerned about the time in between. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy seeing him on Rebels and stuff like that. That's yeah, cool. Sure. Mm-hmm. But that's all I need to know. Mm-hmm. Solo, on the other hand, seems to have a more rich story that we don't know. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what his backstory is. Right. Which, in a way, is cool. But I'm. I'm interested in seeing i think they're kind of setting us up for some maybe some cool shit even within the force awakens by introducing us to the pirate castle at mas canadas yeah i agree where has this guy been what has he been doing right i mean i think it all comes down to the casting though it does it does but i mean simon kinberg's simon kinberg's involved i'm sure yeah it's Caston's last movie Caston's last movie and then we've got uh phil lord and chris miller Mm. yeah fist miller (laughs) but i mean we've got those guys involved I, i i'm but if you're just if you're just breaking it down and saying Brian, would you rather have a Vader movie or a Han Solo movie at this point? 
I'm gonna have to go with the Han Solo movie. Yeah, me too. I, I agree. We've got it. We've had enough Vader, in my opinion. Um, maybe we'll talk about Vader possibly showing up in Rogue One. That's something that's been talked about. We'll talk about that in Star Wars news. But I think we've had a lot, a lot of Vader. Yeah. And I think I think uh, I think after um, spoilers, Star Wars: The Force Awakens, where Han dies. I think people need a little bit more Han now. Yes. I think people, you know, you're going through that grieving period. I think you need another injection of Han. Yeah. You know, so it's like. Do you think we'll get like the him meeting Chewie in the Han movie too? You think it would have to be? Um, you think that they're just going to do one movie? You think that they're they're planning like, okay, this movie? If they're saying to themselves, if this movie does well, which I think is a stupid question. Mm-hmm. For I do. Sure. Yeah. I think it's going to do gangbusters. Anything yeah. that's got Star Wars in the title is going to fucking kill at this point. Uh, at this point. It's not, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Currently. At, this, at currently. Mm-hmm. And now in 10 years, this could change. Mm-hmm. Okay. But at this point, yes, anything with Star Wars in the title is going to do awesome. But are they just going to do one Han movie? That's a great question. I mean, if, if we cast a great Han yes. Solo, then why would we only use him in one movie? Right. I mean, I think it'll be interesting to hear the contract. Mm-hmm. Like they could, they could, what they could do is they could be like, okay. Uh, and I'm not saying this is my choice. I'm just throwing a name out there. Let's say it's Dave Franco. Mm-hmm. Okay. So and I'm not saying, Oh, it sounds like Brian with Dave Franco. Mm-hmm. No, I, it's the first name I thought of. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying Dave Franco is going to be fucking hot. So chill the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So here's the thing. They, God, I can't believe you went Dave Franco. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. God. So fucking I say Dave Franco. Yeah. That'll be in a fucking iTunes review. <laughs> One star, Brian said Dave Franco. <laughs> Off mic <Mike> producer. <laughs> Think about it, Brian. <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> Think about it. Could prove it could improve the show. <laughs> so okay, let's say they get Dave Franco. That's that's their guy. I mean, are they going to say, okay, Dave, this is what we're going to do. We're going to lock you up for a three-picture deal, but first movie's guaranteed, second and third film, we'll wait and see. Mm. They, studios do that all the time. Yeah, they do. They do. It's like, I think, I think uh, what is it, like uh, Vin Diesel's under contract for probably multiple Witch Hunter films. Mm-hmm. Will we ever see another Witch Hunter film that's not directed Blu-ray? Probably not. Yeah, yeah. So no. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things. Like, like what? I don't know. I, I lost. I was. I'm an idiot. No. I. I, you, I think you're making a great point. I, I think they'll they're gonna try to lock a guy to be in more movies. Yeah. But they'll play it by ear. It, yeah. If it if it's a huge hit, then fuck it. Let's make another Han Solo movie. I think this is like this is even bigger than like the this is even bigger than like the Star Lord casting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because not only like you know like they knocked it out of the park with Chris Pratt. Yeah, but the thing is, it's like with this, it's like you're already talking about an established character mm-hmm. that people love, and like you're if you if you get the wrong guy, it's like, well, that's not my Han. Yeah, yeah, and you're gonna get that backlash. No one will even buy the shit. Yeah, I think the only reason that this is getting made is because they got Phil Lord and Chris Miller. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I think they're the only guys that could ever do this. But do you guys have a preference on who you would want to cast as Han at this point with the names that have been released? Not yet, recently? man. I need to see more from all these guys. I mean, I don't I, – I mean, you could base it on looks, but that's not going to be the deciding factor. That's going to be part of it. I think, I think for Miles Teller it is. 
for Miles Teller, you're right. That seems like uh, like the ugly duckling of the group. I'm not saying he's ugly, but that's the one that's, that's just kind one of that, a yeah. stinker, you know? Yeah, it's like Han doesn't have a scar on the side of his face. He doesn't look anything like him. So, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I, I could see, like, I could see, like, if they rebooted Star Wars, yeah, which would be ridiculous. Yeah, and see, that's the other point. They don't even have to live. Uh, they they not only have to live down Han Solo. They got to live down Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you've got to have yeah. somebody that's oh, I know a hell of a talent in multiple areas of yeah. acting. Yeah, I guarantee you. The, when they when they cast them, Disney's going to go to Harrison, and Harrison Ford is going to have a statement on the next Han Solo. What do you think about this actor? He's going to say, "Oh, this actor's wonderful. I think he's going to do a great job." You're also going to see pictures of that actor standing next to Harrison Ford, shaking his hand, wishing yeah. him luck, yeah. because they really are worried about passing the torch. So they've got to get Harrison in there to say, "Yeah, I'm fine with this." Yeah, because Harrison's not. If some, if they try, if Disney. Uh, Lucasfilm, Kathleen Kennedy came to him right now and said, oh, we want you to hand the torch to another actor for Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. He's going to be like, no, I'm doing one more movie. Right. Yeah. He's not ready to hand that over yet. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would have said in the past, yeah, like somebody like River Phoenix, of course, he'd be too old now. Too old now. But yeah. I loved him as a young... He was great. I loved him. I thought he was perfect. There's a guy that had the method acting, mm-hmm. but he also had that, like, light and sense of humor behind mm-hmm. all of it, which Harrison's unique, man. I've got two answers. <clears throat> I, if you're going to go with acting, I'm going to say Ansel Elgort mm-hmm. from the, the Fault in Our Stars. Okay. If you're going to go with acting. Yeah. If you're going to go with looks, we got, I, you got to say Anthony and group. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Amazing. So every I mean, time I see him now, I think that. Yeah. Uh, so if you're going to go with looks, Anthony and Gruber, if he can act, I mean, I haven't seen Age of Adelaide, so I don't know. And I don't think he played a major role in that movie. Right. But I mean, if you can get this guy to act, that would be phenomenal. I just don't want him to be a parrot and come out there and just, you mm-hmm. know. Give the sly, quirky smile. Right, and right. And that's all. Well, there's a difference between watching, like, there's a hundred Johnny Depp impersonators. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's only one Johnny Depp. Yeah. And so that's that's kind of the thing here. It's like, yeah, I, that guy does a really great Jack Sparrow when you put makeup on him. Right. But he's not Jack Sparrow. And he's going to be at such a different point than what we're used to for Han Solo. He's going to yeah. be at a different point in his life. Yeah. He's not necessarily going to be the same person. He's going to grow from whatever happens that mm-hmm. we possibly are going to see. He's going to be cocky. and Yeah, yeah. he's going to have aspects that you're like, yeah, that's Han Solo. Right. But it's not going to be the fleshed out Han Solo we know yet. Probably the toughing, the toughest casting they've ever had to do in Hollywood right here. It is. It's, yeah, man. It's brutal. It's really hard to think about it. Like it, it really could. It could suck. Fuck if they oh, do this wrong. They could just lay lay down and die and just say, Ah, Hayden Christensen. Oh Jesus! <laughs> just like they did in the prequels. Yeah, because I, I think they got they got Benedict Cumberbatch there. Yeah, they did. I mean, who you did know, Lucas want? Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh yeah, yeah. That's who they were they were wanting and. You know, just like with, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch, with, uh, Doctor Strange, they wanted Joaquin and mm-hmm. then we got Benedict. Yeah. I don't think that, I don't think that's as extreme. I think, I think Leo, Leo to Hayden Christensen's extreme. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very yeah, much so. Yeah. God, how different would the prequels have been with Leo? I don't know. I mean, they're still the same movies. It's just Leo in there instead of Hayden. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Ewan did go with what he had to work with, but. The writing, I, I don't know. Who knows how Leo's career would have been after this? Yeah. True, it could have ruined. Look him. at Portman. I mean, it wasn't yeah. great after that. No, Portman, Portman did Portman's well after still that. doing well. She had good stuff, but it seemed like she was on a more of like on your radar 
you know. I'm not going to agree with that. I, 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 I don't th- either. She did V for Vendetta in between the prequels. Yeah. She does a lot of the Wes Anderson movies, and yeah. she's good in those. And then she's doing Jane Got a Gun now, coming out recently. I don't think it sank her. Career. Well, I think it, I think I guess what I mean is she's. It's hard to think about her now without thinking of her in that role. So for me, it kind of taints it a little bit. Well, you just need to watch more Natalie Portman movies. Yeah, it's yeah. true. That brothers movie that was fantastic. See, I didn't see, I didn't see that. So yeah, I guess you're right, but I don't know. I always think about that and how flat she was in that, and then it's just, I, I know she's a great actress. Yeah, but no, I'm, I, I'm, you know, I, I, I just see like, you know, and it didn't hurt Samuel Jackson. True, but he's yeah, but he's so he's like every role he does makes you kind of I don't know. He just stands out every time to me. So as Mace Windu. No, not as Mace Windu. Yeah, I don't right. even think about Mace Windu when I think about him. So I don't know. I guess it's probably different for everybody involved. But all right, he, uh, we got a uh, fuck Mary kill here. Uh, looks like it's a horror edition. One we know, Wendy Torrance, Carrie White from the Carrie movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then uh, Nancy Thompson uh, from Nightmare on Elm Street. Who's Wendy Torrance? Uh, the Shining. Uh, she was uh, Olive Oil. Okay. Oh, okay. 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 So, fuck Mary Kill, Wendy Torrance, Carrie White, and uh, Nancy Thompson from Nightmare on Elm Street. Fuck. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna fuck um, Nancy from Nightmare on Elm Street. I think she's the best looking of the three. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a shallow <laughs> choice. The, the game is fuck Mary Kill. It's all about being shallow. <laughs> I'm going to marry. I'll marry um, the girl from The Shining. I, I, I can go ape shit crazy, and she's still gonna she's still gonna stick with me apparently. And then I will kill Carrie before she fucking kills me with one of her fucking psychic outbursts. <laughs> um. I'm gonna kill Wendy. Um, I her character in that movie drives me nuts. I mean, I I know that's not the point of her character, but I don't like her at all. <laughs> she drives me nuts. Like in a way, I'm like relating to his character. I know it's bad, but not, mm-hmm. no, I'm not saying she's like kill her. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, Do exactly. It. I'm just like oh, drive that axe through her fucking skull. She just seems kind of you know annoying to me. So she's gone. Um, I'm gonna fuck Carrie. She seems like she'd probably be a wildcat. In the sack. I don't know. She's on her period a lot. On her period a lot, which you can still. I know it's <laughs> not everybody's uh, preference, but you can still fuck. <laughs> uh, and then I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna marry Nancy. Um, I, I'm not too familiar with her character, so I'm not annoyed or disannoyed. I, I just not too familiar with her. So maybe we can grow and learn from each other, learn about each other, that's, you know, that's, and never sleep. That's, How romantic! That's very romantic. Just fine. Thank you, guys. <laughs> I'm going to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna promise Carrie that I'm gonna fuck her. Uh huh. And then I'm just gonna toss blood on her and kill her. <laughs> nice, you asshole. <laughs> nice. <laughs> God, poor girl. That is brutal. <laughs> uh, I will. I will marry Nancy Thompson. Okay, because uh, I don't know. She's cute. Yeah. Whatever. She can grow on you. And uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna ask Wendy Torrance to 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 be an off mic producer. <laughs> <laughs> is that the name of this game? Yeah, yeah. Is it fuck? Is it, is it fuck Mary off mic producer? <laughs> I like it. I like it. So that's my answer. Okay, that makes sense. All right. 
PFS 706. Fuck you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Fucking piece. Are you still listening, you motherfucker? Yeah. <laughs> I bet he's still listening. You still I out there? Right, two, year, two years ago, I hated this show, but I'm, I'm still going to listen. <laughs> I never, my mama told me not to quit anything, so I'm not going to quit nothing. I'm going to want to keep on listening every week. <laughs> 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 Damn it! <laughs> All right, we're gonna, we're gonna, you know what? We're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back. I, hold on, I hold think on. I were done with emails. <sighs> no, we got no, we got one more. <laughs> it's uh, from remember Sage Kelly. Yeah, it's from Sage Kelly. He okay. he says uh, it's titled "And I Forgot." He for, I guess he forgot something. Oh. And the email says "Dickhole." <laughs> <laughs> nice. So don't forget the dickhole. Yep. He was talking about. Our other listener, TFS seven hundred six. He's like a, he's a prophet, right? It's like Johnny Carson holding the envelope yeah, up to his forehead. Exactly, <laughs> dickhole. Yeah. <laughs> what or, would next week's topic be? Or, or who was who was who was the creepy little uh, uh, the fucking guy on uh, Bozo show? Oh, Wizzo. Wizzo, yeah, Wizzo. Yeah. As a child, aren't you like, ooh, God, don't talk to that guy. Bozo's the one that always creeped me out. No, Wizzo creeped me out more than anybody. Uh. But some of the old school, yeah. like, you know, when it was like black and white, yeah. then it, they were all fucking creepy mm-hmm. as shit, man. Yeah. Clowns were creepier back in the day. I want to see, I want to see like somebody like make a poster. Uh, that says cookies, and it's uh, Cookie from Bozo Show, yeah. and then Cookie from Empire. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Yeah, somebody can do that. Yeah, cookies, and it's just those two. Yeah. Who would win in a fight? Oh. Cookie from Empire, hands down. I don't know, man. Clowns are kind of crazy. Yeah, I think he might have a knife, and yeah. he's probably wasted. Have, yeah. you seen, have you seen Cookie on Empire? She can hold it. Oh, on. yeah. Yeah, I have. I think, like, when he shows up with, like, his clown car posse. I don't know, dude. <laughs> There's so many of them. It's, yeah. It's, it's intimidation, man. There's <laughs> so many of them. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back and do Good Pop, Bad Pop, TFS 706. All right. Hey, we're back. Hey. Yeah. Thawing out here still. Yeah. Oh, but. <laughs> All right, guys. Time for Good Pop, Bad Pop. It's time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous week and or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things. And we want you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about, uh, Jason, uh, we're going to talk about making a murderer. Yeah. Uh, uh, documentary uh, series on Netflix. Did you get a chance to watch the entire I did, series? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's talk about making a murder. Uh, before I do that, uh, let me read an email from Scott Shooty. Uh, it says, greetings, leftovers. Been watching Making a Murder on Netflix, and I must say, this show has blown me away. The things I appreciate the most is, unlike most documentaries, there is no narrator. Instead, they let the visuals and the evidence speak for itself, leaving you to fill in the blanks and come up with your own conclusion. And all too often, the conclusion I come up with 
has made my mouth drop and feel sick to my stomach. Such a travesty of justice and an abuse of power. Can't wait to hear what you all feel about it, but Tupperware all the way for me and my wife. Hmm. So, Jay, talk about talk to me about making a murder, like what it's about and... and uh, um, yeah. Well, basically, um, this revolves around Stephen Avery. Um, this was in a small Wisconsin town, Manit- Manitowoc. Um, very small, Nick community. Yeah. Um, especially, um, in particular, their family was a very tight-knit family. They all kind of lived in the same area, um, basically the same property uh, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, they were lower-income family, um, kind of looked down upon by the rest of the community to begin with. Um, so their name didn't really hold a lot of weight. Um, and you're basically, this guy gets charged with uh, a rape, that we find out 18 years later after he's been in prison and gets exonerated by DNA evidence that he did not do it. And, mm-hmm. in fact, they know the guy that did it, that they let kind of run amok while this guy was in prison. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is basically because he pissed off um, one, of the, one of the sheriffs who was married to his cousin at the time, 1985. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, yeah, he, he basically, like, ran her off the road threatened her with a shotgun, all things that aren't good, but you're dealing with a guy that is not very intelligent. You know what got him out of prison? A pubic hair. A pubic hair. So, you know what? I kind of feel bad for our whole, my whole manscaping. <laughs> yeah, maybe you should keep your pubes. <laughs> my whole manscaping thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> you may I'm, need him as an alibi. Yeah, well, I'm just, I'm glad that the rapist did not manscape. No, obviously not. Obviously not. But she was kind of, uh, the original rape, she was kind of a, a well-to-do about the community. Peggy Bernstein was her name. Um, and everybody, of course, at the time was sure that Stephen did it just because of his background, just because of who he was, and because of how the media and the police department portrayed the guy. And like the the illustrator, the yeah, the guy that drew his picture off of an already taken uh, picture from right. that he got from criminal files, right. which he denies that he did. <laughs> it's the exact picture from the files. So you have a group of cops basically that have a vendetta against this guy. They try and put him away. Eighteen years later, he gets out. And uh, he's exonerated. He's he's working with uh, other politicians and stuff to help people that have been wrong, wrongfully accused to change the system that's going on currently. It's still going on today. Um, and then it appears. Uh, I don't. I don't. I think it's pretty obvious. I don't think it appears. But then again, in two thousand and five, um, he gets arrested again for the rape and killing of. Uh, somebody who's working for uh, this this gal that's working for Auto Trader magazine. She's come to look at one of the cars on. They live in a junkyard. They run a junkyard. She comes to look at a car, take pictures, goes missing, um, and then they find her vehicle on the property. You know, later on, and then he gets accused of that crime, gets taken to jail again, and then we have another lengthy process of trying to prove that this guy did it. They're trying right. to get evidence over time, which this was the most unprecedented from everybody in this documentary who was experts on this. There was an unprecedented amount of time and access spent on his property. They visited it multiple times, checked the same places week after week after week. And that's basically what we're, I mean, the Manitow Police Department was not supposed to be involved because of a, a lawsuit from Stephen Avery trying to sue them for some of the shit they took from him. From the false imprisonment. From the false imprisonment, ruining his life the first time. 
And, you know, it's sad because this guy was on the up and up. You see him getting out of prison. You see how happy he is. He's back with his family. He never wants to go there again. Yeah, and uh, the, what are you what are you rating the documentary? It's a Tupperware. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I've never seen uh, how I, I knew there was you know definitely problems with our justice system, mm-hmm. and this this goes beyond the justice system. This goes into the political spectrum. I think that you you can't convict a guy if there is still reasonable doubt, right? And, and okay, and I, I've I, I took a little shit from Ryan Mears from the Comic Slobs for giving this a Tupperware. He says that the that it's that the whole documentary is biased, uh-huh. which it is. Yeah, that doesn't take away from the quality of the documentary, though. No, and how they presented it. I mean, you're looking at 700 hours of footage. They they only use 10 hours of footage, mm-hmm. and I just thought that it was a well made documentary, whether it's biased or not. Yeah, um, and and it is. I mean, I'm going to talk about some other th- the other things that they left out of the documentary. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, like the only way for them to get close to the Avery family this close. Is to kind of be on their side, right? If you're going to want to record them, you're going to have to be on their side. Yeah. So I, I think no matter if he did it or he did not do it, I don't think that affects my judgment as to far as whether like if this is a good documentary or not. No, no. you're hard pressed to find any documentary that doesn't choose a side or, or show some exactly. kind of like viewpoint on, right. on the subject that they believe in. Exactly. Yeah. So. And I still think even with the evidence, it, 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 there's evidence. On both sides, uh, stuff that, that, that could convict him and stuff that, you know, that points more towards the Manitowoc Police Department. Mm-hmm. Or, so I still think there's reasonable doubt, and I still think that it was an injustice for them to look at him as the only suspect from day one yeah. and not look at anyone else. Yeah. That's what it was. They looked at no one else, not even like her ex-boyfriend or anything. Right, who I think was highly involved. Her ex-boyfriend. Um, he he's he's denying things that he should have known. He's saying I don't I don't remember the last time I saw her, mm-hmm. but he remembers like very particular details of time before that. Apparently, where she was at her house sitting in front of the computer. He's he's able to pick apart details before this event, but he's he's saying I don't remember the last time I saw my ex-girlfriend. The problem I had with was, with this is like the whole Brendan confession. Brendan Dassey. Yeah, that was horrible, man. That was horrible. This, I mean, this kid barely functions on a on a on a on a on a level. He he can't comprehend things. He's yeah. not very smart. Not very intelligent. Yeah. And so it's like it felt like he felt like he was just like in the principal's office uh-huh. and, and he felt like oh if you just admit to this if we can just steer a confession out of him if you just admit to this then you'll get to go back to class yeah he even said in the confession like and so if i do this i can just go back to class go back to school and and so like and they 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 kept saying like oh and where else did he hurt her and yeah. where else and they were just waiting for him to say something like the head or the neck or the throat or whatever it was after like trying to, fifty questions trying, trying to, to steer him into this confession yeah mm-hmm. so draw a picture of her doing this draw right. a picture of these events but I'm going to describe it mm-hmm. how you should draw it yeah I mean he's he's in jail talking to his mom and he's like man I don't want to miss WrestleMania on mm-hmm. April or whatever you know like I, from personal experience. Um, uh, my brother, you know, he's mentally handicapped. He's slow. Um, I can totally see this happening. Like, this was hard for me to watch because of that. Um, I, as a kid, like, I, I would, I would tell my brother things that happened and like blame him for shit that I did at the house, and he would admit to it. It's not hard. Mm. It's not hard when these people are, uh, you know, especially with two cops sitting there grilling. This guy 
is he's looking at two authority figures. They're telling him he's going to be okay and he's going to go home if he just tells them yeah. what they want to what they want to hear. Yeah, and it's never the story that he actually like tells. The, his actual truthful statement right. has nothing to do with anything that they put in there. Mm-hmm. The the one thing that I thought was crazy crazy was the EDTA test. Yeah, with the syringe and how there was a hole in the in, yeah. the, in the vial of his blood from the 1985 case. Yeah, this is like so the people that that hold that store the blood, Jake. Mm-hmm. Like you, there shouldn't be a hole at the top of that vial. No. They said it shouldn't. That somebody had tampered with it, and the person that had last checked into it was that sheriff, Link. Yeah, Link. Yeah, and so he's the last one that looked at the evidence. Who so, was also on the crime scene more times than he should have been. So basically, like none of Stephen Avery's DNA was in there except for the blood splatters. Yeah, and so like anybody could have just taken a syringe and splattered his blood within the vehicle. Mm-hmm. None of Brandon Dassey's DNA was in the room where she was supposedly chained and raped. Yeah. And so, and and he supposedly had sex with the woman. So you'd think that there would be some sort of something DNA, something in there. I mean, not to mention when you when you you know shoot somebody, right. there's blood splatter, and they yeah. they pointed that out. Well, they they said that they took her to the garage and then shot her. Yeah, that garage was filled with shit. There should have been blood, blood on something all over. None. The only blood that they found. And if 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 okay okay if he did such a great job of cleaning it up. No, he no didn't. way. Well, you think that he would have been? They had that 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 car crusher. They worked in a salvage yard, like in a. They, he would have been able to crush the car. Look at the way the car was covered up. Yeah, it's like somebody that's like, here it is. It's like painting a target on right. it. The way they tried to hide the car yeah. was like painting a fucking target on it. Yeah. So why the frame job? What what did they have to gain from? It, it was all that he was trying to. Okay, basically, Stephen Avery was imprisoned falsely for mm-hmm. eighteen years. He was suing. A, an already poor town mm-hmm. for uh, a large settlement. I think it was around four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Well, they did not want to. It made the department look bad. Mm. And so, well, if they can, if I'm not saying I don't know either one way or the other what happened, mm-hmm. but if they can frame him, then it makes him that puts it all back on him. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So they don't have to give him a dime. Well, they had already paid him out, and that's how he got these great lawyers. And yeah. those lawyers, I mean, they presented those guys like rock stars. Oh, those guys, yeah. I mean, they they deserved it. I thought they did a great job defending him. Um, I can't say the same for Brendan Dassey's lawyer, who purposely tried to co- coerce him mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so disgusting, because first he's coerced by these two police officers into saying he was at the scene and that he participated in it. Then when he's trying to defend himself with a, with a fucking public you know, appointed attorney, the attorney tries to coerce him into also admitting these things instead of defending him at all. He was never present when they, when they did any of the, didn't the questioning. Him, yeah. Didn't let him talk to his mom. Didn't let the mom come in while he had he's no lawyer with him. This guy is borderline retarded and there, there's nobody with him when he's talking to these two fucking scumbags. Fuck, it pissed me off. And yeah, his, his lawyer was working with the – they also said that's unprecedented, that his lawyer was such in cahoots mm-hmm. with the other team. They show him talking to him and doing all this shit. Yeah. Uh, and the, well, and uh, uh, Some of the things that stood out to me was like the, when the sheriff the, – the sheriff actually said in court, like, 
Why would we frame him? We would have just hired someone to kill to him. To kill him. <laughs> he says this in court, Jay. It'd be easier to kill him. It would be easier to kill him than frame him. Yeah. <laughs> so fucked up. The other part that I thought was crazy was when the cop called in the license plate. Yeah, what's up with that? So he co- a cop calls in the license plate, and they hadn't found the car yet, Jake. Okay. He calls in this license plate number, and he says, so it's a... Uh, t- Whatever year it was. Like a gray RAV4. Yeah, it's a gray RAV4, like a 2004 gray RAV4. And she's like, yep. Yep. And then the the attorney for Stephen Avery says, you know, how did you know what vehicle it was? Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, I didn't say that. I think the woman – I think the 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 uh, dispatch lady. She yep. was the one who gave me that information. He's like, "No, let me let you listen to it again. Yeah. You clearly said it." <laughs> yeah, and so he played it again. It's yeah. like really weird. But you know, I mean, we can talk about this all day. But it does clearly only say one side. Uh, the Wisconsin prosecutor uh, Kratz. What a fucking piece of shit, Ken Kratz. Well, he is, regardless of this case or not. Afterwards, with all the uh, the. Basically, this guy was sending uh, sexed text messages to women that were in battered women abuse cases yeah. and trying to, to to bed these women that had been in that, – that are battered women. Yeah. He's a piece of shit. Five different women. So anyway, he spoke with the rap uh, on Reddit through a Reddit Q&A. Uh, and here's some of the things that were left out of the documentary. Uh, it's, he's got them listed here. I'll just go through them. Avery targeted Teresa, the woman that was killed. Mm-hmm. On October 31st, he called Auto Auto Trader Magazine and asked them to send, quote, that same girl who was here last time. On Mm. October 10th, Teresa had been to the Avery property when Steve answered the door just wearing a towel. She said she she would not go back because she was scared of him. Avery used a fake name and fake number, giving those Mm. to Auto Trader receptionists to trick Teresa into coming. Mm. Uh. The next one, Teresa's phone, camera, and PDA were found 20 feet away from Avery's door, burned in his barrel. Why did the document? It says, why did the documentary not tell the viewers the contents of her purse were in his burn barrel, just north of the front door of his trailer? Now, guys, this is all this is all from Ken Kratz. Yeah. So I don't know how much of this is factual, but um, yeah, that's a huge one if it's true, though. Phone records show three calls from Avery to Teresa's cell phone on October 31st, Hmm. one at 224 and one at 235. Both calls, Avery uses the star six, seven feature. So Teresa doesn't know it's him, both placed before she arrives. Then one last call at 435 without the star 67 feature. Avery first believes he can simply say she never showed up. His original defense. So tries to establish the alibi call after she's already been there. Hmm. Hence the 435 call. She will never answer, of course, so he doesn't need the star 67 feature for that last call. Avery's DNA, not blood, was on the victim's hood latch under her hood in the hidden SUV. The SUV was at the crime lab since uh, November 5th. How did his DNA get under the hood if Avery never touched her car? Do the cops have a vial of Avery sweat to plant under the hood? Well, so. they they did say I read on that this morning. There is no sweat DNA testing. They don't. They can't do it. From what I read this morning, because I was reading the Nancy mm-hmm. Nancy Grace shit where she's kind of bringing this up, and they said that doesn't exist. I also so. heard that uh, Stephen purchased handcuffs and leg irons three weeks before the same Brendan 
the same the, before uh, the same kind of handcuffs and leg irons that Brendan said he used. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephen claims that he bought them for his girlfriend at the time, Jody. Hmm. That's odd. So, I mean, that's why I'm saying I don't know. Yeah. I'm just saying that the case was not handled correctly. No, it wasn't. Stephen Avery <clears throat> could yet still be guilty. Right. I'm just saying that there was an injustice as far as the way this, this case was handled. Yeah. This man could definitely be a rapist or a murderer. I do not know mm-hmm. whether he whether he is or is. Is not. the case still ongoing? No, no. Oh. He's they're both fucked right now. Him and Brendan. Unless they can, unless they do, there were unless they do that EDTA test again. If they can figure out a way to do that properly, because yeah. they they say they don't believe it was handled. Well, properly. and they only did three of the blood stains. There's three blood stains that they didn't test. Well, exactly. And and the other thing is. There was her blood was apparently in the back of that car mm-hmm. in hair, hair and blood from the head, and they didn't test that. Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. Right. It wasn't I don't even think it was brought up in court necessarily that they did that. So, you're right. This is this isn't a yeah, whether or not you believe he's guilty or not, this shows how fucking corrupt the system is. The way that they went about this. Mm-hmm. Even if he did it, there's ways to do this where you don't have to go through every level of power all the way up to federal power, FBI, mm-hmm. and every everybody seemed to be working together to just yeah. fuck this I'm guy. I'm not Tupperwareing this because it's like, oh, I think Stephen Avery's guilty or innocent. Yeah. I'm Tupperwareing this because it's a very interesting look on the inside of the uh, of the judicial system yeah. and, and how things work and, and the footage and the care that it took to put this documentary together. Yeah. That's what I'm Tupperwareing here. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, the entertainment value of the package. Yeah, 700 hours of footage. They used 10. The editing was fantastic. The amount of time that they took to uh, find people that had old VHSs of uh, the uh, how the news in the area was handling it. I mean, they didn't have all this at their fingertips. They had to – the directors that did this had to go – I'm giving these directors the Tupperware. Yeah. When I say that, then that's the thing that bothers me is when I Tupperware this, and then people say it's it, that that I'm basing my Tupperware off the fact that I think that this guy's innocent. Mm-hmm. No, I'm Tupperwareing the directors for making a very good film, doing the hard work, uh, doing some very hard work, and putting this together for people to watch. Yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was a great documentary, and 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 if they would have chosen the side, uh, if they would have, if they they wouldn't have been able to get that inside look at the family if they didn't choose, if they didn't make it more towards Stephen Avery. Yeah, that was intriguing too. Look what happens to a family when somebody has to go through this kind of situation. Well, okay. The funny thing is, it's like when the reporters, when the reporters would show up to talk to Jody or the mother, they would shoo the reporters off. Yeah, but when it came down to the filmmakers. Mm-hmm. They weren't putting their hands over their faces. Right. They were talking. And I I just thought that – I mean 10 years they spent on this documentary and I, I, I thought it was fascinating. Yeah. So that's the reason I'm giving it a Tupperware. I'm not saying free Stephen Avery. Right. All I'm saying is like this was a very well put together documentary Yeah. that shows you their side of the story. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah, and I, I would have to say, I mean, even reading some of the stuff that was left out, granted, I don't know everything, but reasonable doubt is reasonable doubt. Reasonable doubt is reasonable doubt. You and know, it sounds like the jurors were kind of swayed by three other jurors that were relentless. Yes. And it also sounds like the, the Manitowoc Police Department um, 
were incompetent in a lot of areas. Yeah. They shouldn't have been handling something this big. And the media. I mean, the media is not helping the police department or Stephen. Like, they're they're putting out this story. Right. But they're also they're hurting both sides. They're putting stuff out that shouldn't even be said before the case happens. Yeah. So people's views are skewed. I'm sure the jurors were mm-hmm. fucking watching. They're like, I'm part of this case. So, yeah, they're watching the fucking news, too. It's crazy how, like, nobody was talking about making a murder when it first came out on Netflix. Yeah. yeah. And it's because it came out on the 18th mm-hmm. of December, which was the same day as Star Wars. So, like, as soon as Star Wars started to cool a little bit, then, like, I saw making a murder all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. All right. Guys, uh, let's move on from that. So Tupperware Making a Murderer. Yeah. Uh, Ten episodes, a little over an hour each episode. I highly recommend you watch it on Netflix. Yep. Uh, Let's move on. Um, Jake, do you have anything for us this week? Oh, I got another DC animated movie review. Okay, nice. Yes. I um, This week it is Crisis uh, on Two Earths. Hold on. I'm trying to pull this up real quick. It... uh, Originally, it was supposed to be the bridge between the uh, two Justice League cartoons, the... um, one that was just called Justice League and the other one that was called Justice League Unlimited. I like how we go from like talking about potential rapists and murderers <laughs> yeah. to crisis on infinite earth. Yeah, exactly. Nice nice transition yeah, there, right? Yeah. <laughs> Smooth. <laughs> So, People yeah. are still like reeling from ta- yeah. us talking about you know possible rape and murder. It's heavy, man. We can't help it. That's let's Jake's go like, to something light. Let's talk about our DC heroes and villains. <laughs> yes, <laughs> try to do us some cartoons. <laughs> hey, Brian, while I do this, can you go to off mic producer? <laughs> Thanks. All right. Anyway, yeah, adjust my adjust my levels. Yeah, keep, keep it quiet. <laughs> keep, it, keep it down, Brian. <laughs> but yeah, it was meant to be the bridge between the two animated shows and then that never happened and so they kind of took that story and wrote out all of the references to the cartoons and made it one of these DC original movies um, it's loosely based off of the original Crisis of the Infinite Earths and off of um, Grant, Morris's, Grant Morrison's JLA Earth 2 graphic novel it's kind of a little bit of a combination of both those stories and the basic premise is is there's like an alternate reality, you know, Earth 2 or whatever. And in that reality, all the people that are the heroes in the reality you know are the villains. And all the villains are the Justice League. And when we open, the first thing we see is Lex Luthor and the Joker running from their lives from Justice League members like a Superman and like a Wonder Woman and a Green Lantern analog and everything and um, they killed the Joker who's called the Jester in this world and Lex Luthor escapes and goes to Earth 1 and convinces the Justice League that they have to come over and help them because their world is being taken over by the crime syndicate Mm -hmm. and so all that plays out you know you see um, all the different heroes fighting their different analog counterparts and everything um, it's it's a lot of fun. It's not anywhere near as serious as any of the previous uh, DC animated movies. It's kind of one of the more lighthearted ones, mm-hmm. um, even though it is based off Grant Morrison loosely, which usually isn't as lighthearted. Yeah, it's pretty heavy shit. But I think that's why they, they kind of really tone that stuff down. Later on when they adapt other Grant Morrison stuff like um, – the Superman, oh, I'm drawing a blank on what the Superman one's called, the Grant Morrison one. Uh, it's your favorite. Oh, I'll, uh, I'll All-Star Star Superman. Superman. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like, they don't they don't tone back on the heaviness of that story and everything. But yeah. for here, they really tone back the, the heaviness of the Grant Morrison influence from the story. Um, I thought this was okay. It's a, it's a taste it for me. Um, 
let me pull up my rankings here. Uh, so far, my rankings are number one is Wonder Woman. Number two is Justice League New Frontier. Number three is Batman and Superman Public Enemies. Number four is Superman Doomsday. And I'm going to put this in at number five. So that'll knock Green Lantern down to number six and Batman Gotham Knight down to number seven. Mm. Um, none of the... I think I would have liked this more, too, if they would have used... Since it was the bridge between the cartoons, it would have been nice if they would have used the uh, cartoon voices, if they would have used animated Batman and animated Superman It voice. was supposed to be the bridge, but it wasn't, right? Yeah, but it wasn't. Yeah. But later on, when you see more cartoons with the Justice League, they go ahead and they, they use the original voices. Like when they do Justice League Doom a few movies down the line, it's all the Batman and Superman voice from the cartoons mm-hmm. and everything, even though it's separate from the animated universe. So... I would have enjoyed that here, too. There really wasn't any noticeable voice talent in this one, and that was something kind of lacking. All the other animated movies had had some really good voice talent up until this one. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I think we got, like, a Baldwin in there playing, like, Batman. Oh, no. And that's about... Daniel. Yeah. That's, a, that's, <laughs> that's like, the bottom of the Baldwin it's barrel. Daniel. Yeah, that's, that's about the extent of it. It's, it's William Baldwin as Batman. Oh, Billy Baldwin. Billy Baldwin. Mark Harmon is Superman. And that's about as notable as it gets here. Yeah. So, yeah, kind of disappointing. I'm a huge fan of um, Crisis of the Infinite Earths, too. It's one of my favorite DC storylines, you know. Fantastic George Perez art and Marv Wolfman kind of changed the game in comic books and, like, event series with that story and everything. This is kind of a real diluted, watered-down version of that. (laughs) So, um, Animation, as always, is super crisp. There's this amazing action sequence that takes place in the sky, and it's like they use real-life footage of clouds (laughs) that all the characters are fighting in. And that effect is real nice. Like, (laughs) they pull that off real nicely, and it looks really cool. I mean, the cartoon looks really sharp. It's just, eh, not much substance here. Right. So it's just kind of throwing a lot of heroes and villains. So if you want to see some beautiful clouds, people. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what it comes down to. Nice clouds. Don't don't yeah. get it on DVD. Yeah. Get it on Blu-ray. Yeah. Even Grandma can appreciate that. <laughs> Look at them clouds, Brian. Those are nice clouds. No yeah, bl- Grandma. Those are nice clouds. No, no, yeah. No blood splatters on the clouds. Yeah. You don't have to worry. You don't have to worry about that. How's that, how's that dementia treating you? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, kind of a one of the lighter, fluffier of the DC movies. <laughs> so lighter, fluffier, like a like cloud. A cloud, like a cloud. Oh, yeah. it's a callback from like three seconds ago. Yeah, nice, <laughs> I like that. I had forgotten. Yeah, <laughs> good thing you hadn't left the show. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> yeah, I know. If I was off mic producer, then we'd all be fucked. Uh, the next DC movie I'll be doing is Batman Under the Red Hood. Hmm. I just watched that yesterday. Based off the uh, Judd Winnick story, yep. Under the Hood. I just watched Batman, Superman, Public Enemies, like, this morning. Yeah? Did you yeah. enjoy it? Yeah. I uh, I I was just, like, watching, like, all the ones that are available on demand. Oh, yeah. And so, I don't know. And then I watched, uh, I, I first, this is the first time I watched it. Um, of course, I've read the... The graphic novel, but uh, Dark Knight Returns. Oh, I have not seen that one either. I'm excited to watch that one when it comes. Peter up. Weller is Batman. Oh, nice. He's pretty good. Did they have both parts on on demand? Yeah, yeah. You can watch both parts on demand. All right, cool. Yeah, the second one is like you got to. It's a weird search. You have to look Dark Two. It's, hmm. it's a weird search to find that second uh, one. That but, is weird. And then it's like uh, the girl that plays Carrie Kelly is uh, the youngest daughter from Modern Family. Okay. Hmm. So yeah, it's got some talent involved. That's cool. 
Uh, I want to talk about a movie that I watched on Netflix um, called Slow Learners. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's uh, with uh, Adam Pally. You guys familiar with Adam Pally? No. Sounds familiar. He's uh, on Happy Endings. He was on Happy Endings before it got canceled. Uh, I'm trying to think what else he was involved in. He was on a couple su- seasons of uh, The Mindy Project. Okay. Uh, and he also was uh, the one, like the like the camera operator in Iron Man 3. Hmm. All right. The real funny guy in Iron Man 3. Yeah, I remember that. Real small scene. But uh, it's Adam Pally, um, Sarah Burns. Sarah Burns, she is in, I think, Married. She dates one of the guys on that show. Um, and then uh, Bobby Moynihan. Mm, from has, Yeah, he has uh, a few parts in this. Uh, Catherine Reitman. Uh, who played Maureen Ponderosa on uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is in this, and then as well as Cecily Strong from uh, Saturday Night Live. Um, it's about Jeff and Anne, two close friends and co-workers in a suburban high school, and embarrassingly, embarrassingly unlucky at love. With nothing else to lose, they hatch a plan to transform themselves over the course of a sex and alcohol-fueled summer into the cool, confident people they aspire to be. At first, an exhilarating adventure of self-discovery, Jeff and Ann's journey turns into a laugh-out-loud experiment as they lose their identities, their dignity, and quite possibly each other. Um, I love Adam Pally, which is the reason that I watch this. I'm a big fan of his. I loved him as Max on uh, Happy Endings. Uh, this was not a good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to give it a very low taste it. Um, very clunky love story. Um I didn't, there's a part where the characters disconnect with one inch, one another and they, they stop being friends and I didn't understand the disconnect between the characters. I felt like the story was a little all over the place. It felt like it was like three or four different stories and they kind of combined it and mm-hmm. it was very confusing and weird. There are some parts that I did like, but overall it's not the performance I want out of Adam Pally. I'm a big fan of him. And I think they he was underused, and like for this being like the first movie I've ever seen him in, I thought it was a bad showcase of his talent set. Mm. Um, and Bobby Moynihan's Bobby Moynihan, he's fine. Yeah, yeah. Cecily Strong comes in there and has a great scene, very quick cameo appearance. But all in all, it's a very low taste. It and it's unfortunate. Something I probably will not watch again. Um, so yeah, that is uh, slow learners. You can watch it on Netflix if you do feel the need to. Okay. Hmm. Not too exciting there. Yeah, sorry guys. <laughs> <laughs> I got to be honest. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no. I don't, I don't care how much of a fan I am of Adam Pally. I'm not going to sugarcoat my rating just right. because I absolutely adore him. Yeah. Uh, and I do. I think he's he's phenomenal, but. I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm a big fan of Adam Pally. Go watch Slow Learners. And then you come back to me and say, Brian, it wasn't that good. Right. <laughs> well, it's right. because, yeah, I can't let my like, my my love for this actor, this comedian, you know, just overtake my fucking judgment. Right. I'm no. going to call him like I seize him. Yep. For so, sure. Jay, what do you got? Uh, I want to talk about The Expanse on sci-fi. Mm. Um, I've been watching this. Um, I'm on episode six. The miniseries? No, that was uh, that was another show. This one's – I think this is a full series. Um, so far, they're only on episode six. It's not over or anything. Um, this, of course, uh, Thomas Jane is the main – uh, or I guess he's the main actor. I wouldn't say he's necessarily the main act, you know, the main character in the story. 
but I think he's the one most people will know, you know, Thomas Jane, the Punisher. Mm-hmm. Um, this is basically, um, I'd, I'd say it's for fans of like Deep Space Nine or Farscape. Um, it's definitely, uh, kind of, it's definitely gritty. It's, it's very dirty, dark. You know, I'm not saying it's like heavy subject matter, but it's, it's shot in a very kind of industrial, mm-hmm almost Blade Runner sci-fi style. Guys, if I don't say anything right now, it's because I've, I've moved to off-mic. Right, off-mic producer. Okay. I've moved Good. to off-mic okay. producer right now. You're better suited there. Yeah. yeah. So I've been told. Yeah. So Thank I, God you're on off-mic producer just, right now. If you look at me for answers right now, right. just know that I'm off here off-mic producing. True. You sound great, though, Jay. Doing what you do best, off-mic producing. That's, that's what I do, guys. <laughs> I'm here to serve you and make sure that you guys sound great. <laughs> I'm here to make sure you know what I mean. Right. That's what it all comes. That's down your bread to and butter. That's my bread and butter. <laughs> bread and butter. That's actually a Bobby Moynihan movie. Oh, oh. really? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> starring? Not, not, starring role? He's in it. Oh. Yeah. I've never seen that. Okay. It's Adam, not Adam Pally. Uh, Bobby Moynihan and and some other actress. They're the two main characters in that movie. Oh, sorry. Off mic producer. Uh oh. I know. Shut it. <laughs> Shut your yapper. <laughs> guys, you guys levels are great, so keep on keep keep going, Jay. All right. Hey, TFS. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah, fuck that guy. Piece of shit. <laughs> hope you're still listening at this point, you fucking asshole. Yeah, I hope he's listening too. Uh, but yeah, it, it, um so yeah, like I said, it's it's uh it's definitely like you could tell it's sci fi, but like I think it's a little bit better quality than I mean I think you know, if you take Battlestar Galactica as the highest of quality on something you'll see on sci-fi, and then you have kind of Farscape on the other hand, which is good, but not not up to par with something like Battlestar. This is very in between, and it's cool. It's it's kind of soap opery, but at the same time, you have, um, you're, of course, you're in outer space. You have these different factions. Um, you have people that are called Belters, and they're kind of the you know almost slave underclass uh, they don't call them slaves in this but that's basically what they are they're they're mining asteroids for Jeez, hey, slow down there george lucas <laughs> yeah whoa <Jeez. laughs> yeah shit controversial wow that's just part of the story i'm not that's not my personal okay, whatever george <laughs> <laughs> but you have these different factions you have earth you know, the Earthers, they're called Earthers because they're from Earth. You have the Belters who are mining material that that Earth needs, that Mars needs, and everybody else that's in the system. So, you know, they, they are very looked down upon. They're just the, the grunts. You know, they mine this stuff, and that's all they do. They don't leave where they're at. They don't get to breathe fresh air like we do on Earth. They don't get sunshine like we do on Earth. And then, and then we have Mars, which is basically the military-industrial complex. So you have all these different factions that are um, kind of just trying to gain power. They all want ultimate power. The Belters want something. They get nothing. They're, 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 they look different from us because of gravity. They're elongated people. In fact, if you bring them to Earth, it's considered torture because the gravity affects them so poorly you know, it hurts them. Because, oh my god, I want to see one of these. Yeah, do, they pretty, look, do they look fucked up? They, they, they don't. They look like humans, but they're like super long arms and legs and stuff like that, and they're weak. You know, because they're not here experiencing our gravity, where we can actually like build muscle and shit like right. that. So they're doing this hard labor, um, and you have that undertone of these guys 
feel like they're being treated like pieces of shit. Then you have Mars that are doing all this very, you know, covert behind the scenes stuff to, you know, make it so that they have the upper advantage over the Earthers and the Belters and all that. But what's really cool about that, besides there, there's definitely this very dense political overtone, and some people aren't going to like that because this is not a fast-paced show. Mm-hmm. You have to pay attention. It's very slow, and it goes through a lot of boring politics. But you have characters like Thomas Jane who plays this really fucking cool kind of self-deprecating old-school detective that's trying to do the right thing, but at the same time, he's constantly like, I'm a piece of shit. And this is on sci-fi? This is on sci-fi. And yeah. Not knocking it, but man, Thomas Jane's career has kind of went in the shit can. It is. Oh, look at this belter. Yeah, that's a belter. Oh, right God. There. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's being tortured. I Googled it, and the second image that showed up was a Camino from... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, kind of familiar. Kind of familiar. And and I was very, like, iffy on the show. The first couple episodes, I'm like, I'm not into all of this deposition. There is a ton of fucking deposition between all these three sides. But then it starts to pick up. Um, there's There's unrest. And you get to see what happens when you go against. You just like looking at skinny wiring. No, no, I do. You just like skinny wiring, man. I don't. I don't. But it gets really interesting. He's like more of that. (laughs) (laughs) Keep those skinny wiring men coming. It gets really interesting because then you start to deal with pirates. Um, they get caught. The the main there's this main. Why not? <laughs> you know what I mean? I why mean, not? Why not? We've got skinny, wiry men who can't come to Earth because yeah. gravity will fuck them up. Let's throw some pirates in there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, space pirates. Fuck it. But there, there's a Shit. there. And it, you know what? There's, there's gnomes. Yeah, there's no gnomes in there. <laughs> there's no. I know you want there to be, but there's not. <laughs> Toss it. No gnomes. There's a talking toothpick. <laughs> It's it's crazy, man. There's a talking toothpick, and he talks to one of the wiring men. And when he got like shit stuck in his teeth, when the when the wiry string being looking man has shit in his teeth, the talking toothpick gives him advice. That's yeah, the talking the talking toothpicks says, hey, they go to war yeah. over not being used for that. Yeah, and well, yeah, that- stay away from the gnomes. <laughs> That's a good point, though. That it is. This <laughs> this escalates because you have this main crew that you're introduced to pirate as, gnomes. They're not. These guys aren't gnomes. This is just a crew coming from Earth trying to deliver ice to mm-hmm. to the Belters, um, and they take a distress call from uh, uh, from a ship, and they don't know what's going on, so they mm-hmm. go to investigate. Turns out that there are pirates off you know off the bow and they start fucking firing off of them and i say that this is a slow story and it's it's all kind of soap opery mm-hmm. but the fucking visual effects from that alone like you think about star wars and like uh just a ship firing lasers in space mm-hmm. right when they show this this scene where this pirate ship's attacking that to me looks like what would actually take place when when a, when a laser is being fired in fucking zero gravity, See, I'm not I'm not good with like the whole visual effects judging. I'm just I'm your normal average off mic producer. I'm <laughs> all about the sounds. Like that's really what I connect. Right, with. right. <laughs> yeah. But it was cool. It wasn't what I was expecting. I was expecting what a fucking asshole. <laughs> 
What a fucking asshole. Yeah, that's just crazy. What a fucking asshole. God, anyway, a fucking I'm sorry. Asshole. So it shows the like the laser fighting in a totally different way. It's weird, yeah. It's definitely something that if you look at physics, like you can't fire a straight laser in space from mm-hmm. my knowledge. Like the way they showed in like Star Wars and that. This to me was like really crazy looking, something different than I've ever seen. It's very quick. There's not a lot of action in this, but god damn it, Thomas Jane Whenever things get slow, they bring in his character, and he's such a cool fucking cat in this. He's an old-school detective, fucking hates himself, hates the state of the world, basically doesn't give a shit about anything, but you can tell he's still got that heroic mm-hmm. heart in him. And so. he hates pirate gnomes. He hates those motherfuckers. <laughs> <Who doesn't? laughs> but it's cool. So it's kind of a crime drama mm-hmm. at the same time that it's a it's a cool. So I should watch this. I've got all. I've got like five episodes. Six, six episodes. I've got so them all far. on my DVR. I should watch this. I think you'd like it. Really? Get past the deposition of like how all these things are operating, right? Because it is. It's like Battlestar Galactic in that I think the first season I was like, Jesus, there's so much. I fucking thought this was a miniseries. I'm wrong. I don't think so. Okay. No, I don't think so. All right. What are you rating this thing? Uh, high tasted. High tasted. High tasted. Okay. Yeah, it could get tougher the more it goes on. So I love Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. You think I would like this? I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. And if I'm wrong about the – it is based on books, mm-hmm. so maybe I'm wrong about the miniseries. Don't kill me, but – No, I, I don't know. But it was good. I got to jump your ass. Yeah. <laughs> only only with Indians, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Not a – not an educated asshole when it comes yeah. to the old Indians. But you know what else it reminded me? You know a lot about pirates, though. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> what else it reminded me? Thomas Jane's character also reminded me of Harrison Ford's Blade Runner mm-hmm. P.I. It's right. the same kind of... Mm. It feels the same. Thomas Jane was doing fucking movies, man. He was. He was. Yeah, I'm doing sci-fi series yeah. now. Did I know. Dreamcatcher and Punisher. God dang, and... what happened to him? Yeah. Well, he started off with Aaron Eckhart doing that Thursday movie. Yeah. Back in the day. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why he doesn't translate well to movies. Must be hard to work with. I, I don't Maybe think so. Not. I mean, he, 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 uh, he went to Arrested Development for that one season. That yeah. was, he played a fun, he played himself. It was funny. Yeah. <laughs> and it is humorous watching him kind of be a failure. I've, I've always liked him. Yeah. I've I, always been a big fan of Tom Shane. Fucking no, check no, it out. I, I, like I think, I, and I like pirates, man. <laughs> It's very small. I'm not a fan of gnomes. (laughs) There's no gnome. But you're telling telling me, you told me, you're like, Brian, there's a talking toothpick in this. No, I didn't. You said that. I'm not a fan of talking toothpicks either. I heard you. I think I'm out on this show. Man, I'm down. I'm down for talking toothpicks, man. (laughs) I don't do gnomes or talking toothpicks. Real quick, real quick, I watched Shannara Chronicles. I watched some of those. Of the MTV fantasy. I watched, uh, oh yeah, you're one of those people. It's MTV. It's gonna be, it's, it's, uh, Twilight meets Lord of the Rings. Uh, I didn't say that. Uh, no, I love it. I love it. Like, that's every fucking review that I'm reading yeah. on, from, like, Trolls Online. Oh, yeah. It's Twilight meets Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I'm not one of those people. I'd give this a chance if you say it's good. <laughs> Twilight, man. You know you saw on the... Sparkle and vampires. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, that's all you fucking read. How and many it, episodes are there so far? There's four. Okay, I saw three. Is it good? I, I saw two. It's not bad. It's mm. not a Tupperware, but I'll, I'm going to taste it, and I'm gonna, actually going to keep watching it. Mm. It's not bad. Is it like an hour format? Yeah. Okay. It's an hour. Like the first, uh, the the first one was two parts, and it was like an hour and a half episode. Yeah. Um, when they took out the commercials and shit, it's not bad. The special effects are pretty good. Yeah, and, I like, agree. The villains look pretty creepy. The villains cool. Yeah, the villains actually pretty badass. How's the acting? 
It's okay. It's – what's funny is the fact that like if you were to put this show on CW or sci-fi, people wouldn't be saying it's Twilight meets Lord of the Rings. Yeah. It's because it's on MTV. Is it based off the R.A. Salvador? Like it is. Shannara? Yeah. Okay. It is. And I don't – I never read any of that, so I don't know if it's a direct adaptation or what. Yeah. I highly doubt that it is because you've got it on MTV. You've got to appeal to a different demographic. Yeah. But – it was not horrible. No. Are there gnomes? Yes. Yeah, some talking toothpicks. <laughs> there are gnomes. There are gnomes. Trolls, gnomes. Trolls, gnomes. Humans. Is this with Drizzt? Is Drizzt in this? There's elves. Yep. Yeah. Who? Drizzt? Isn't, isn't he a character in this story? Drizzt. Drizzt. What's Drizzt? With a D. I guess not. I don't think so. No. What are you, where, are you, where are you going? I thought he was in the Shannara books. I don't know who that I, is. I never read the Shannara books. Oh, okay. No, I read some Shania Twain books. I'm a, I'm a big no, I'm a big fan, dude. Like any book that comes out that's about Shania Twain, yeah. you know, like her growing up, you know, things like that. I'm always like biographies, autobiographies about Shania Twain. Huge fan. Of course, so yeah. I'll take your word on that. Yeah, the, the Shania Chronicles was great. Shania Chronicles, fantastic book. Oh my gosh, when she loses her virginity in chapter 19 in the back of that pickup truck underneath the stars it's like you most of the time you'd feel like like oh my gosh i can't believe she just no you felt you felt i felt like this girl i felt like somebody you were losing your own virginity yeah like yeah i felt actually i felt like i had like a vagina yeah (laughs) i don't know what i'm saying heavy flow (laughs) yeah i started my period soon after i agree with you man though it, it uh i of course like yeah mtv i'm immediately thinking this is gonna be bullshit yeah I enjoyed it. Yeah. I enjoyed it's it. It's not bad. I was picking it apart from the get-go, too, because of that. So it's, I, on, it's on MTV, it's man. It's on MTV. It's Twilight. Twilight meets uh, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> it is a weird genre choice for MTV to do, though. I think it's uh, it's the funnest thing I fucking, I think I've ever seen on MTV, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the characters are goddamn gorgeous. Teen Mom, man. <laughs> I watched me some, No, I've never watched Not fun at all. Actually, I used to watch Catfish, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I used to watch Catfish. I used to watch the first two seasons of Catfish. I kind of got burnt out. Yeah. 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 It was fun I, for a minute, though. I think it turned into Jerry Springer, and it just got more fake as it, as it went on. Yeah. But, yeah, man, I, uh, the, the main villain is fucking badass yeah. as fuck. The girls are hot. I mean, I know that's a shallow fucking statement. God damn, those girls are cute. Yeah, no, they're, they're cute. And I mean, oh, but it's, it's a Twilight meets oh, Lord of the Rings. I hate it. Oh, I hate comments like that when people don't even like give anything a shot. Yeah, you know what I mean. But it's cool. There's a lot of uh, uh, there's a lot going on in it. There's a lot of magic and mystery and fucking uh, you know all things a lot that of fucking. I, there's a whole lot of fucking. There's some fucking. Is in there it. really? But I, I like don't it. Remember anything I like it. Uh, I enjoyed it. I'm going to keep watching it. Yeah, too. I'm going to keep watching it too. Yeah. Honestly, it's like I, I I wanted to start episode three. I just got caught up with some other things. Yeah. So no, I like it. I'm going to taste it, man. Uh, Jake, we saw thirteen hours. Oh, that we did. Oh, so you did see it last? I did night. see it. Yeah. Nice. Michael Bay directed movie. Uh, what did you think? It was okay. It was a taste it for me. It was. I mean, typical Michael Bay. Like, the story was really fascinating, but... What's it called? 13 Hours, the Benghazi something? Uh, the Secret War of Benghazi, yeah. Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. Uh, Benghazi, that's what it was. Yeah. Yep. Something, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. I'm gonna, can I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna low taste this one. Yeah, I'm with you there. It's, it's, I'm like right there on the cusp of a low taste it and a taste it. I, I, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't terrible, but the first hour and a half, 
was not good. No, it, there was so much Michael Bay ridiculousness in it. I too. didn't really start to like feel nervous for the characters until the the car chase scene. Yeah. That was tense. That was super tense. That was a very well done car chase scene. Yeah. Um, very well done. Uh, the last 45 minutes of this movie mm-hmm. are pretty good. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It was but super it's, tense. It's, I think they could have trimmed about 20, 25 minutes out of this one. Um, a lot of stuff at the beginning they could have trimmed out. Yeah. Like and a then, lot of the Michael Bay politics in the beginning yeah. were super annoying. And then give us a two hour movie, picked up the pace a little bit, keep in the car chase scene, definitely mm-hmm. keep in the last 45 minutes. Yeah. I agree with that. I thought, um, oh God, what's the actor's name? John Krasinski. Yeah. Um, he's Jim from the office. I thought he was good. I uh, really enjoyed him. Really didn't stand out to me, but. Then again, I didn't watch Jim. I didn't watch The Office, so I don't have any attachment to him or or anything. You know what's crazy? I actually, I actually, the guy that annoyed me at the beginning, who I started to like towards the end, that yeah. I thought was better than him, was the funny, jokey guy. Oh yeah, I was like, God, I can't stand this guy. This guy is just being a complete meathead. Towards the end of the movie, it's just like, wow, okay, they they're starting to peel the layers of this character a little bit more, and I start to like this guy. Yeah. It, both Jim and Roy from The Office were in this movie today, okay. which is pretty hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Both of Pam's lovers. It's weird. I was talking to my uh, uh, couple guys I work with about Jim. I don't know. His, what was his name? John Krasinski. Okay. I was like, he's not really in anything anymore, is he? You know, and he wasn't He wasn't my favorite part of The Office necessarily. No. But I, yeah, I haven't seen him in anything that like, wow, that's he's a good fucking actor. Married to, married to Emily Blunt, right? Is he really? I yeah. Don't know. Yeah. Mm. Lucky asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Love Emily Blunt. Yeah, it was it was kind of hokey. How uh, long was this? Did you guys say? It was like 2 hours 20 minutes maybe. Okay. It was about 2 hours 24 minutes somewhere wow. around there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right around there. It felt longer with all the commercials and ads and trailers and everything. Yeah. I was pretty fatigued by the end of this, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, Michael Bay, the, he paints the CIA to be a bunch of bumbling idiots and the uh, Military people are completely correct about every decision they make, and there's, you know... there's. I think it's a story that needed to be told. I just think that it would have been better told by a different director. Yeah, agreed. Um, I'm going to throw this... I I would say Ridley Scott would have made a very great 13 Hours movie. Oh, yeah. Ridley Scott can make a great any movie though. black hawk down yeah is one yeah. of my favorite military movies ever and that's ridley scott and i'm saying like <laughs> i think that he would have done this story better service and i'm not saying that michael bay doesn't he loves the service mm-hmm, i mean mm-hmm. they're in all of his movies it seems like but um the product placement in this movie was super annoying with all the kids screaming how much they love mcdonald's oh yeah <laughs> i was like oh my god this is a little much <laughs> no i just thought that scene was a little weird and off yeah to begin with but the whole i'm pregnant scene it seems spoiler, so fake. it seems so fake too yeah like the whole circumstance seems so movie fake well and they show it's like uh you see all the same beats in all of his films mm. Like in Armageddon, where it shows like each character like saying goodbye mm-hmm. uh, before they go up in the space shuttle. Mm-hmm. Like you see the one character talking to like the daughter that he hasn't talked to in years. You see Ben Affleck saying goodbye to Liv Ty- Tyler, mm-hmm. and then in this one, like before these guys encounter, you know this the, the these base like these ISIS guys. Yeah, they fucking 
they're they're on their phones skyping it up with their families and saying hi and bye to them and blah 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 it's the same michael bay beats yeah yeah, yeah. definitely i mean even some of the action shots were were beat for beat mm-hmm. what you saw in pearl harbor yeah like the same exact like composition of the shot and everything right. so it was kind of yeah. silly like that. i low taste it you taste it yeah uh, I did watch Colony. I did oh, too. Oh, cool, yeah. Uh, Jay, I do like this show quite a bit. Awesome. I, I'm gonna give it uh, a high taste it with possible Tupperware. Wow. I liked it. I liked it a lot. The one thing that I am gonna disagree with you on though is I still think that this is, I don't, I do think that this is a, a resistance story as well though. Okay. That's one of the things that we brought up in the, in the review last time and I asked you like, is this about them fighting back with the aliens? Okay. And it is. Oh, it totally is. I, I can mean, I can see your point. The wife is it definitely involved with the resistance. Yeah, definitely the end they show for sure. So I I think I'm going to disagree with you there, but I am going to agree with you that it's a good show. And it was good. People yeah. should watch it. What do you think, Jake? It was okay. It was a middle taste it for me. I was kind of I'm a huge Josh Holloway fan from Lost, and I, I didn't find him as charismatic in this as I did in Lost. Maybe just one episode in. Well, I I don't I think that's coming though. I mean, don't you see that? I mean, yeah, I, this is more about like the story and setting up the world. Yeah, I agree with Jay. Yeah. That's coming. Yeah, yeah. They kind of just reveal his backstory, which I think is interesting, and I think they're going to expand upon that a great deal. And his wife, they're gonna, of course, they're going to. You never really get a great that. feel for a character in a first episode. Typically. No. Uh-uh. Yeah, that's true. That's no. true. I will keep with this too. Mm-hmm. I immediately looked for the second episode when I finished the first. So, I, I, I it, it was a middle road taste it for me with definitely. A chance for it to get a lot. I better. thought it was quite the departure for uh, Sarah Wayne Callies playing a character that you don't know everything about. That's hiding secrets. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Such a such a departure. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing new there. Nothing new there. Either she's uh, fucking Shane, or she's part of the resistance, <laughs> and her family has no idea. Either way, she's fucking over her family. Yeah. True. There's some good scenes though. I like the the universe is interesting with the, all the barter system stuff going on. Mm-hmm. You, know, you see the stuff with um, her and the uh, trying to get the insulin, mm-hmm. and then yeah. later on with her son and the oranges on the bleachers. And I thought all the the bartering system stuff was really fascinating. Yeah, just a great setup episode. You know, yeah, nothing nothing too deep, but I think. I think they set up the story very well, and I'm I'm raring to go to see where these characters go and what's going on in this. We still don't know. We have no idea what's actually going on necessarily. Yeah, I like that they didn't bog it down with too much exposition as far as like that kind of stuff's concerned. I hope Carlton Coos can um, have a hit here. Yeah, yeah, he deserves it. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it, man. I know my dad watched it and enjoyed it quite Did a he? bit. Okay, yeah. cool. Like this is one of those shows. Like my dad was actually telling me, Brian, are you gonna watch it? Are oh, you really? Gonna watch it? He wanted me to watch it. Cool. So, yeah, and I like it. I'm definitely gonna keep with it. I watched it on on demand before. It drop just like you did. Yeah, yeah. I think I watched it maybe a couple days after your review, and it was one of those things where like when Thursday came out and they dropped this episode, it's like. Shit, come on, give me episode two already. Yeah, yeah, you're waiting yeah. for it. Yeah. I'm actually ready for episode two. So. When is that coming? Thursdays? Is that where you're going? Thursdays. Thursdays. It's okay. Thursday nights. Okay. Hey, Jay, real quick, did you want to rate? Did we ever rate? Um, we're going to take a break, and I've got, we still got more Good Pop, Bad Pop, but did we ever rate, um, what's the fucking show on AMC? Into the Badlands. Into the Badlands. The whole season? Uh, we didn't rate the whole season yet, I don't think. Yeah, what do you think? <clears throat> High tasted, man. Really? I, I enjoyed the shit out of it. Yeah. I don't know if I Tupperware it first off for uh, the first couple episodes. Yeah. Um, I still want to see a little bit more out of it, but 
I'm I'm into it, man. I, I, I'm a high tasted as well. It's one of those yeah. things. Like as a kid, I'm watching fucking samurai and westerns and old kung yeah. fu. This yeah. is ex- this takes me right back to that stuff. Yeah. It's it's fun, and I think the more six episodes was not enough for me. It wasn't. It wasn't, and I think it got. It got better towards the end as well. Like it, the middle part was kind of just again more. Uh, they kind of dragged their asses. I think it started off really strong. Middle was kind of dragging. Then towards the end, I'm like, man, I fucking love this show. Were you shocked when the Baron's wife yeah. did what she did? Yeah, man, fuck. I love that too. There's so many little yeah. things going on in between characters. Yeah. But what what I'm concerned about is what happens when the Baron is not there anymore. Because mm-hmm. I love that fucking actor, man. He's they got to so keep good. him. They have to. Th- th- please find a cure for him. Yeah, <laughs> no, he's such an uh, asshole. He's such a great villain. But he's so good. Yeah. Every yeah. I I hang on every word he says. Like Sonny to me is like a, a side point. No, oh, yeah. You know, and he's supposed you're, to be the main you're guy. You're a hero, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think what a lot of movies get wrong, and I'm going to lump Marvel movies into this. Your Marvel movies are only as good as your hero's villain. Yeah. Because when your villain is a pile of shit, yeah. it doesn't matter that your hero defeats said villain. Right. But when your villain is somebody that you're actually intimidated and scared by, which, going back to Age of Ultron, if Ultron was actually a scary villain, hmm. these heroes taking him down, I would have connected with those characters a little bit more. Right. And, like, uh, that's what I think, like, Phase 1 got right mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. I thought Red Skull was actually a really good villain. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I, Loki, very good mm-hmm. villain. And I don't know. That's all. And they, they said that's that. What, that's what makes Sonny so much better. Like, honestly, like, Christian Bale, in my opinion, wasn't always the best parts in those Batman movies. Oh, no, not at all. It was, it was you know, Ra's al Ghul. It was, it was uh, the Joker. It was Bane. And right. most people don't like Bane, but I did. Yeah. So I mean, I think I think your hero is only as good as the villain that he conquers. So it's a great point, and, I, and I, that's this that's this show to a T. That's this show to a T. They are. You think starting off that Sonny's going to be our main focal point? Mm-hmm. We're going to see a shit ton of Sonny. We do see a lot of Sonny, but that's not what you're drawn to. Mm-hmm. You're you're drawn to a slow build, and you still don't really know where Sonny stands. Yeah. What is he going to do? But the Baron. Uh, the 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 widow. Yeah. I think the widow's fucking great. Oh, the daughter, the, wi- ah, the widow's daughter. You have all these. Yeah, the widow and her well, crew. What you, okay, what do you think about? I mean, the kid that has the black power within him. Yeah, that dark magic within him, yeah. and he kind of gets overtaken whenever he gets cut. What did you feel? What were your thoughts when they introduced like the three magic monks? Oh, him? dude, did that like? Were you like, whoa, what the fuck? That was awesome. That was awesome because that again. I think are they like the are they like the like the keepers of that? I think so. And so like they're the ones that they're the keepers, and so like they're brought in there to bring him back to, and he's supposed to train with them or something. Or? I think they're supposed to contain him. Contain him? Yeah. And um, man, they were cool. They had, that fight scene was fucking awesome. Oh yeah. Um, and to introduce those characters, I was not expecting that, but. It's weird because you have this kid with this dark power, and then they reveal. I'm going to spoil this, so if you don't want to hear it, but they reveal that it it kills him basically every time he uses it. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, like, why do they want to? Why would they even want to save him necessarily? Right. I don't know. And they they are they are incredible fucking fighters. They kick the shit out of. Maybe son. they want to dispose of him somehow. Maybe you know the pro- the reason one of the reasons I'm giving it a high taste. It we're gonna take a break here soon. But like one of the reasons I'm giving it a high taste it is like I don't feel like they set up the world enough when it comes to all the Clippers. Okay. 
Okay. I, I, you know what I mean? Like, all, all the only Clipper that we've really met is Sunny. Right. I think, like... And then that blonde girl, um, I don't remember her name. Is she a Clipper? She's a Clipper, too. She's not for the Baron, though. No. Uh-uh. no she I'm... she works for, like, that mining... Yeah, but I'm talking about the Barons. The okay. Baron, the Baron's Clipper. Right, he's the main Clipper. Yeah, it's yeah. like, uh, Sonny's the main Clipper, and you never really get to see, like, a lot of the Clippers right. under the Baron, and, like, how they interact with Sonny, and, like, their respect for Sonny, which... I don't know. Just I just think they could have fleshed that out a little they're bit. They're definitely like there, but they're like in the background. They're like, background characters. Yeah, yeah, just like side dressing. And then they had that guy in the wheelchair who was. I think he he kind of oh, trained. That's Stephen Lang. Yeah, he, he trained the Clippers. Yeah, he's a cool fucking character too. But well, Stephen Lang's just a great actor to have on that show to begin with. Yeah, yeah, he's amazing. He was um, probably he was the villain from Avatar. Yeah. So, mm. but I love and in Terranova. You get mm. so you mm. get so tied up in the Baron and the Baron and and his wives and all this other yeah. stuff that you forget about Sonny and you forget yeah. about the kid. For a show that I thought honestly, it's like I love the first trailer, but the more I kept seeing of it, I was like, this is gonna be really hard to pull off yeah oh yeah i know it hits a chord with you because you love like you Mm -hmm. know karate and the martial arts and stuff like that so you're already sold Mm -hmm. but i'm talking about for like the casual viewer yeah like you're getting into some shit that can really get fucking stupid yeah for sure like okay we're living in a post-apocalyptic world where people work like fight with swords and everybody knows martial arts and there's a few guys running around with bowler hats on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is this coming back into the Badlands? Oh yeah, yeah, for I, sure. Got, I think it got ordered for season yeah. two. Mm-hmm. Yep, nice. it was it was very good. Yep, and I, the ratings were like off the charts. I'm pretty surprised, but I think it's also because it's so different from what is on right now. I, we haven't seen something like this in a long time. And I think, like yeah. I said, people, me and our age group are going to relate to this kind of uh, show mm. just because what it is. You know, you're coming off of like Breaking Bad and stuff, which was great, but this is more like nostalgic for me, you know? Yeah, but I, for you, I, I think that, that's, I, Jay, when you look at something, you got to look at it like, like, if somebody told me there's going to be a show on TV and it's going to feature martial artists and a post-apocalyptic war uh, world, I'm going to definitely say, yeah, this is something my buddy Jason would watch. Right, but most people are going to think it's silly. But as far as like getting like a you know uh, 46-year-old woman yeah. watching this show. Yeah, hard-pressed. Yeah. Hard-pressed. And I'm not saying that all 46-year-old women – but. I, if you if you were to say like would would you expect her to maybe watch The Bachelor? Uh-huh. Yeah. Or would you expect her to watch Into the Badlands? It's a specific don't, crowd. Don't think that I'm being sexist here. I'm right. just being realistic. Yeah. It's a very specific crowd. If I'm in if okay, if somebody pointed a gun to my head and said give me the right answer, I'm going to say that she's going to watch The Bachelor cuz I don't no, want of course. I don't want a fucking hole in my head. True. True. So I just don't I don't think the show's for everybody. Yeah. But on the flip side, the ratings are doing quite well. I think it is. I think most of the demographic is probably going to be like your 18 to 36 year old male. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a hard thing to sell to somebody. If you're trying to sell somebody and you're trying to tell them the basis of yeah. what this is, it's going to set, they're going to laugh at you more than likely. But there's enough drama and good storytelling involved and acting that I think it's worth mm-hmm. anyone's while to check it out, even if it's not your source. Yeah, there's you know. a little bit of drama. There's yeah. some romance. There's uh, there's uh, some problems like with with uh, Sonny and his 
you know, fiance or yeah. whatever. Oh, which, that's fucked up too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sonny's a little fucked up for that. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. He you still don't know where he's where he's at. Well, he should have stood his ground when that shit went down. Yeah, you think he's so strong and yeah. such a good dude, but not necessarily. Yeah, exactly. we don't know what his past is with this Baron necessarily. He have, well, he shouldn't have hit it from her, right? And he, oh, actually, he should have stood up to the Baron, and that would have saved him with her at least. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, well, who cares about the rest of this? This is the person you love, right? So he's not necessarily a redeemable character nope. yet, not yet. Well, yeah, it's like he didn't know. Maybe he figured out where his loyalty lies a little too late. Yeah, so I don't know. True. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. <laughs> Jay, you might have a little bit more to talk about, but uh, I have uh, two movies. I was in the I was in the movie theater three times this week, and I saw three movies. I already talked about one, thirteen hours, uh, and then I watched a, a new series on TV that I want to talk about. Uh, not a new series, uh, actually. Season one concluded. Season two is going to start up uh, soon. Uh, so you know what? Actually, I'll just talk about that TV series that I watched next uh, since I'm talking about it now. It's called Shit's Creek. <laughs> nice name. Uh, it's spelled S C H I T T S. Okay. Shit's Creek. It's on the Pop Network. The what? <laughs> uh, that is exactly what I said when I when I first heard about Shit's Creek. Uh, it's about uh, the synopsis: when filthy rich video store magnate John Rose, Johnny Rose, uh, his soap star wife Moira, and their two kids. Uber hipster son David and socialite daughter Alexis suddenly find themselves broke. They are forced to leave their pampered lives to regroup and rebuild their empire from within the rural city limits of their only remaining asset. Shit's Creek. <laughs> An armpit of a town they once bought as a joke. Uh, it stars. Listen to this cast. Listen to this cast. Uh, we've got some SCTV alumni here. Oh. E- Eugene Levy. Nice. As yeah. Johnny Rose. Catherine O'Hara. Cool. Oh. From SCTV. You also remember her as the mother from Home Alone. Yes. Beetlejuice. As She's awesome. Moira Rose. Uh, Dan Levy. Yeah. Eugene Levy's son. Cool. <laughs> Does he play his son in the show? Yes. Oh, nice. Uh, David Rose. He is. He has the exact same uh, eyebrows. <laughs> and I will tell you one thing about uh, Dan Levy. Um, Dan Levy is goddamn. He, he looks like uh, Johnny Galecki a little bit mm-hmm. from uh, Big Bang Theory. Yeah. 
who plays uh, Leonard. He looks a little like him, but he also just looks like he could model. God, he's a good-looking guy. Okay. I couldn't believe, like, that's Eugene Levy's son. <laughs> yeah, you don't think of him for his good looks. No. Uh, and uh, he plays he plays uh, David, um, the uber-hipster son who's, like, he's very artsy in this show. But he also plays a pansexual. Okay. So he likes men, women, whatever. Mm-hmm. He likes anything. It's, right. It's, it's, it's an interesting character. Uh, Annie Murphy plays Alexis Rose, and she's just a gorgeous girl. Uh, Emily Hampshire plays uh, Stevie Budd. Emily Hampshire, if you watch, um, uh, if you're a fan of Twelve Monkeys, she plays uh, the daughter Goins. I can't remember what her first name is in that show, but she's from Twelve Monkeys. I really like her as an actress, and she's fantastic in this. She reminds me a lot of uh, Emma Stone in the way she acts. Okay, mm. uh, Chris Elliott. Oh, I nice. love Chris Elliott. Plays Roland Shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Jennifer Robertson plays his wife, Jocelyn Shit. Uh, this show started off as a low taste it in the first couple episodes. It slowly moved into taste it territory. And then by the end of this season, I Tupperware it. Oh, wow. I- I love this show. Can't wait for season two. It reminds me, uh, it, and these aren't like in a lot of like the the shows where they portray rich people like going from rag, like you know uh, riches to rags, mm-hmm. uh, losing their fortune. Like they lose it and they're assholes. Like Arrested Development, like Jeffrey Tambor and and uh, his wife and like the whole family will learn it. They're all assholes. Yeah. This, not so much. They're just pampered. That's just the way they live, and they lose everything, and it's like a fish-out-of-water story. Right. And they're forced to live in Shit's Creek. Uh, it's funny. How did you watch this? On On Demand? On Demand. Okay. I watched it On Demand, on Pop, and uh, I thought it was hilarious. And going into this, my least favorite character was uh, David, uh, Dan Levy's character. Coming out of this, hmm. my favorite character is David. Oh, wow. It's a complete 180. And I actually uh, tweeted uh, Daniel Levy, and I said, you're my favorite character on Shit's Creek. And he he, he liked my tweet. Nice. <laughs> he favorited it. I was, thought that was very cool. So uh, I'm going to Tupperware this, this first season. The second season, I think, uh, in Canada, it's released now. But I think uh, in uh, – the U.S., you'll start getting the second season in March. Okay. Uh, I watch two movies. Um, the first one that I want to talk about, I did finally get a chance to see Joy. Oh, yeah. oh cool. Uh, Joy is the wild true story of Joy Mangano and her Italian-American family across four generations centered on the girl who becomes the woman who found, founds a business dynasty by inventing the miracle mop. And becomes a matriarch in her own right. It's that mop that everybody's got one of these. These mops that that uh, it's got the handle that you adjust and you can twist it and yeah. it rings the mop for you. Yes, uh, you can take the mop head off and then put it in the wash and then reuse it. Everybody's familiar with that mop. Yep. Uh, betrayal, treachery, the loss of the in- uh, innocence, and the scars of love pave the road in this intense emotional. And human comedy about becoming a true boss of family and enterprise, facing a world of unforgiving commerce. Allies become adversaries, and adversaries become allies, both inside and outside the family, as Joy's inner life and fierce imagination carry her through the storm she faces. Uh, it's directed by David O. Russell, uh, who did um, 
American, Silver Linings Playbook. Silver Linings Playbook and American Hustle, two of my favorite movies. It stars a great cast, Jennifer Lawrence, Bradley Cooper, Robert De Niro, Edgar Ramirez, Diane Ladd, Virginia Madsen, and Isabella Rossellini. Uh, this movie is a low tasted. Oh, that's disappointing. It's to hear. not very good. David O. Russell needs to stick to, he doesn't need to do stories that are based on real events. Mm. Uh, I think that, uh, some of the decisions that were made in casting were not good. Jennifer Lawrence is not a good fit for this character. Mm. Uh, her performance is okay. It's not great. It's definitely not good enough to be nominated for the Golden Globes or the Oscars, and it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think her character, her as an actress, is maybe 10 to 20 years a little too young to play this part. Mm. Uh, I think they would have been better served uh, maybe casting like Julianne Moore in this type of a role and then getting a different director for this story. David O. Russell is great when it comes to like the original kind of. Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Like it, an ensemble original movie. Yes, it just didn't work here. I, I felt like the they were telling one story very well and the other story not so well. Um, I think that they, the story that they told well was how – the business side, mm-hmm. the mop story, mm-hmm. the family stuff, though, on the other hand, didn't work so well. How were some of the other actors? How was like Bradley Cooper or De Niro? Bradley Cooper, very limited role. Mm. He's okay. He plays like an executive at QVC. Okay. And he's okay. De Niro, not his best performance. Mm. Um <sighs> I think the, the standout performance in this is probably going to be Edgar Ramirez. Okay. And uh, Diane Ladd was pretty good in this as well. But uh, Jennifer Lawrence, she was great when she was doing, like, the, the QVC commercial mm. for the but, – but, but just, like, her family life and stuff like that, I just didn't connect with her character. I felt like – I don't know. I just – I didn't feel like she was, like, this – you, when, when you think of like for 17 years, she just hasn't been able to um, be this inventor that she always felt like she could be. Mm-hmm. I think they it could have. I think it would have worn well in the in the script if it would have just been an older actress. She could have looked a little bit more like, oh my gosh, like this woman's life has gone through the ringer. Yeah, and J- Jennifer Lawrence just looks too pretty and young <laughs> to, to really get the feeling like oh my gosh like this is this is a woman and like being a housewife when she's destined for so much more mm-hmm. hard to buy into it's that. hard to buy into that when jennifer lawrence is just such a such a pretty young actress yeah mm-hmm. to believe that for 17 years like you know life's been kicking her ass <laughs> i think you know you have like i'm not saying julianne moore is not a pretty woman <laughs> she is but like you know, just throw in Julianne Moore, no makeup, and just have her fucking hating fucking life. <laughs> yeah, and taking care of kids and and you know shit, life just kicking her in the ass. I think, I, I think, I know David O. Russell likes to work with Jennifer Lawrence. Mm-hmm. I just think it's to the detriment of this film. That's too bad. That's too bad. Maybe it's time for him to step away from his comfort zone and the actors that he picks for I agree. his movies. I agree. Go away from maybe go away from De Niro, Cooper, and Jennifer Lawrence for yeah. a film and see where it takes you. Um, get some different actors in there. I, I, I mean, I honestly, like if I were to cast this movie, it would have been Julianne Moore as the lead role. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bradley Cooper's part would have been played by Mark Ruffalo mm. and Robert De Niro's part 
I don't know. You could you could have had somebody else in there. That's disappointing. I really wanted to see this movie every time I went to this. Still watch it. Yeah. Still watch it. I mean, there, there it is interesting. Um, there are some good scenes in it, like like when when she does go to QVC, when she does stand up for herself. There are good scenes in it, um, but overall, this is this is a departure from from American Hustle, which I thought was fantastic. No, me too. Uh, and Silver Linings Playbook, which is I thought like the pinnacle of like what David Russell David O. Russell is capable of. Mm-hmm. I agree. Both those movies are Tupperwares in my opinion. Yeah, and uh, Jennifer Lawrence. She, she is a great actress. I just feel like that what the Golden Globes and what the Oscars are trying to do is they're trying to turn her into the next Meryl Streep. Right. When I don't think that she is quite there yet. I thought she was an American Hustle. I think she deserved that. Yeah, I agree. I thought she deserved every, you know, every all, all the things that she got for like Silver Linings Playbook, all the credit that she got for that. But for her to be nominated by the Golden Globes for this performance... I don't agree with. A little bit of a gimme. Little bit. Mm-hmm. Little bit. And uh I'm not saying like don't watch this movie. Definitely pick it up in red box. Give it a shot. It's still it's still fascinating. Uh I just feel like this movie didn't do what the next movie did, in okay. my opinion. Okay. The next movie that I want to talk about is Spotlight. I finally got Oh cool. Two months the movie's been out since November sixth and I, I hadn't seen it and I finally got a chance to see Spotlight in theaters. And what Spotlight does so well is it's a movie about journalism. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that's the main focus. And and I feel like where this movie could have like succeeded in like like showing us the process of like inventing something, I don't think like it did that very well. I think it did that well, but I think they threw in the family stuff and that stuff didn't work. Okay. So and they tried to hold oh, with the joy thing, they tried to put in this whole like um the, her daughter was reading a book about uh, – she was reading a book about cicadas with mm-hmm. her daughter and how the cicadas hibernate for 17 years. And they, they – they, they, Like a big metaphor. Metaphor mm-hmm. for like her hibernating for all those years before she finally invented something. Mm-hmm. And it just – two yeah. in your face and didn't work, OK? That sounds silly, you explaining it. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I do want to talk about Spotlight real quick. Uh, it's the true story of how the Boston Globe uncovered uh, the massive scandal of child molestation and cover-up within the local Catholic uh, Catholic Church, shaking the entire Catholic Church to its core. It's directed by Tom McCarthy. Uh, it stars Mark Ruffalo, Michael Keaton, Rachel McAdams, Liev Schreiber, John Slattery, uh, Brian Darcy James, and Stanley Tucci. Um, this is not a movie for everybody. What a cast, though. What a cast. This yeah. is not a movie for everybody, though. If you're going to go into this thing thinking that you're going to see, like, explosions and action, no. You are going to see a movie about journalism. Mm-hmm. And uh, for that, I give it a Tupperware. It <laughs> is a fascinating movie. Uh, it just shows you the everyday grind, the process, and um, them trying to – Liev Schreiber comes in and – uh, he takes over this newspaper and they have a article called Spotlight where they try to shed light on like people that are doing something bad. Okay. Like they were trying to take down like this construction company that was cheating people. And then he said, well, what about this Catholic church story? And they started to run with it. And this is like 2001 when they started doing this, like kind of like where like, 
you know, people were still reading newspapers, but also like the internet was still like a thing. So mm-hmm. like this is like one of those huge stories that still broke out on the actual like paper. Yeah. But it shows you it's a journalism movie. And for that, I've got to give it a Tupperware. This is a true representation of like the everyday grind in journalism. Every performance is really well done. I, I don't think like – I know that Mark Ruffalo was nominated for uh, Best Supporting Actor. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I agree with that or not. He played the part really well. But I think like everybody played their part really well. Rachel McAdams is really good on it. Lee Schreiber is really good on it. Michael Keaton's really good on it. John Slattery's fucking great in this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, – I, I definitely think like if you're interested in like how they exposed – like the Catholic Church for um, what they, you know, for the child molestation in Boston. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. It's it's interesting. Um, it's it's sometimes it's a hard movie to watch because yeah. like they'll interview these people. Um, there are powerful moments, not many, but there are powerful moments, and when they do hit, they hit hard. Mm-hmm. How big of a time period does it, does the movie cover? Uh, Is it just 2001? No. I mean the movie actually starts off uh, with a scene from like 1976 mm. where like somebody is – where they're f- first starting to cover this up. And then years before that, people had been trying to tell the paper like this is happening and sending them books and sending them documents. And the Boston Globe kind of like – just put it in the files and didn't do anything with it. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until Leah Schreiber's character came in here and gave it to the spotlight team, which is a group of four people. And they would worked anonymously, uh, as the spotlight team. And they started to like uncover these facts. And it's, it's just, it's a very cool process movie. And it shows you like what they had to do. They had to, they weren't trying to just take down one priest they were trying to take down the system. Yeah. So in order to take down the system, they had to interview people, victims. They also had to get their hands on documents that had been basically like uh, – that weren't uh, uh, public record yet. They had to try to – they're basically suing the Catholic Church to get their hands on these documents. Wow. Um, Jeez. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's an insane movie. Stanley Tucci's great in it. Mm. Uh, he plays a really good character in this. Um, it's a it's a very cool movie on on trying to take down uh, the system. Um, I, I Tupperware this movie because I think it's another. I, I respect this movie because they could have gone a very Hollywood route with the story and changed it quite a bit. But they're like, you know what? We're not going to try to give everybody what they want. We're going to try to present you with a story about true journalism and like how things get done, the everyday grind. It may not be exciting all the time, but this is how this is how this is what journalism is. Sounds good. Yeah, I definitely want to see Spotlight. Definitely check it out. Yeah, Mark Ruffalo is great though. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a scene between him and Michael Keaton that uh, towards it's a. It's a climactic scene where they're just like yelling at each other and it's just like, holy shit. Okay. So, wow. Wow. You're just like watching two professionals like act and it's, it's really good. Rachel McAdams is really good in this. That's awesome. You know, yeah. it's like, I'm glad to see her career going up a little bit. So. That's cool. Cause it's, it's like a story that you kind of want to bury. Mm-hmm. Like even if you're in, you know, you understand it and you agree with what they're mm-hmm. presenting, you, you don't want to think about it. You're, so, you keep waiting. You don't want to think about it. <clears throat> and you hear all these stories from like people that are being interviewed about being molested. Yeah. And it hurts and it breaks your heart. And so I'll be honest with you. Like you knew that this was going to come out. Like you knew the paper was going to get 
it was gonna they were gonna come out with the paper eventually. Mm-hmm. When they finally showed the paper on the presses getting printed, you almost as a viewer, after I'd say two hour and forty five minutes of watching this movie, you almost have a sigh of relief uh-huh. <laughs> once you finally see the newspaper being printed. Right. That's good movie making though, if that's yeah. how you feel. Really. I, yeah. Like honestly, like they showed like the printing presses and the paper getting printed, and I'm actually thinking to myself, finally it's getting printed. It's finally it's right, out there, right? And it was like, oh my gosh! Um, and there's there's a scene where like they're worried they're they're basically worried about like the the Catholic Church uh, members uh, protesting and going down to the the Boston Globe and and uh, protesting them for printing this story. Mm. And that's what they're really worried about. So like when uh, Mark Ruffalo and Michael Keaton go into the office the next day, they're like looking around mm-hmm. and they're they're worried about protesters. They go into their offices. Phones are ringing off the hook and it's not complaints. It's more victims wow. coming out. Fuck. And it's – it's 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 a really great movie about journalism. You're not going to really learn a lot about like each individual character. Uh-huh. You just get to see them and how they work and the daily grind of working for the paper and that's why this movie's so good. Who made this? Uh Tom McCarthy okay. is the director. Um and I don't know if I've ever watched another Tom McCarthy movie before, but I've I have a respect for him. Uh, and then also the the director for uh, the Gravity film for not for not letting somebody else come in there and make the movie and turn it all Hollywood. Right, mm-hmm. Alfonso, Alfonso Cuarón. Yeah, so you know these guys these guys have a vision and they did that. And I gotta applaud them for this. This movie's not for everybody. If you're if you're want if you're wanting to see explosions and stuff like that, go see Thirteen Hours. Mm-hmm. Or you know, if you want to laugh, go watch Daddy's Home. This movie's not for everybody. If if the process of journalism is gonna bore you, do not watch this movie. You're right. gonna be like Brian. What did you see in this? Yeah. But I just thought it was fascinating, and. Um, it yeah, sounds I, great to me. You definitely need to watch this movie. There's there's really nothing like it. So, all right, Jay, did you have anything left for? Uh, I was gonna talk about the first new episode of uh, Black Mirror. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't I don't want to do that now because I I'd rather you guys be able to. I want to talk about it with you guys. Well, I need to watch the first and second season. Yeah, because if I start talking about it, I'm gonna spoil. A lot of okay. stuff. You can watch these episodes in any order. You could honestly watch this episode first. You could. You yeah. could. I'll probably just watch it from season one, episode one, all the way through. Yeah. So uh, I was going to talk about that. I don't want to do that right now. Um, what I what I would talk about real quick. That's just kind of a a guilty pleasure, I guess. Is masturbation? S- no. Yeah, masturbation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Me too, man. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, no need to feel guilty. <laughs> right. Uh, Superstore. Oh, is that the is um, uh, Mark McKinney yeah. show? Okay, yeah. the first uh, I, I think it's six episodes at this point of Superstore. Um, it's uh, yeah, definitely the the people. Uh, Just Justin Spritzer, who was involved with The Office, is involved in writing and, and creating this. Um, the girl from Ugly Betty, America Fer- Ferrera, uh, she's kind of one of the America main- Ferrera, yeah. Ferrera. Holy shit. What a name. Pretty cool name. <laughs> America Ferrera. Yeah. You never so, heard her name before? No. It's oh. almost like she's saying America Forever. <laughs> right. America Ferrera. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ben Feldman, he was in Cloverfield. I don't think he wasn't like a main character. Mm-hmm. I don't think. Did um, you guys get? Did you get the Cloverfield? Trailer? I have not seen it. No, I didn't. I didn't see it's that. It's a sequel to Cloverfield. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, it looks awesome. Cloverfield Lane. Before thirteen hours, I got the uh, ten Cloverfield Lane trailer. No, I didn't get it. What's it like, man? What's, I know Goodman's in it. John Goodman's in it, and I was thinking like this is a horror movie because uh-huh. like they're down in like this bunker, and it's like John Goodman won't let him leave. Okay. And like this girl like hits him over the head with like a bottle and starts running up the stairs, and she opens the door and he's like, "Don't open the door, we'll all die or something." It's like so apparently like, and you hear thumping and stuff uh-huh. above this bunker. Yeah, and so it's like I guess like from like what I read on like the synopsis, it was like it's an uninhabitable world out there, and he doesn't want them to leave. I don't. I, so I was thinking like. <clears throat> And it's by Bad Robot. It's J.J. Abrams producing. Yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking to myself, is this a sequel to Cloverfield? Or is this just like – is he just calling this like Cloverfield again? Because like the working the working title for Cloverfield was Cloverfield mm-hmm. before it was Cloverfield. Yes. If that makes sense. Like yeah. before Empire Strikes Back was Empire Strikes Back, the working title was Blue Harvest. Right. And so the working title for Cloverfield was Cloverfield and it stuck – and they went with Cloverfield. So I was thinking, like, is this a sequel to Cloverfield or just, like, a title for this movie that just happens to be produced by J.J.? I read um, that it is a sequel. And that, it is a sequel. And that it had a working On title I am, I am disguised D- it as a Cloverfield sequel. Right. IMDb says that this is a sequel to the 2008-2009 Cloverfield movie. Wow. Mm-hmm. What the hell? Okay. So – yeah, I don't know. The trailer the was story? Tra- the trailer was odd. Uh-huh. It didn't feel like it was a Cloverfield movie. Right. The only thing that felt Cloverfield about it was the the loud thumping above them in this bunker. Right. So I don't I just thought it was a bizarre trailer. John Goodman looks like he's very scary and it I guess it's supposed to make you feel like he's keeping them hostage, but from the sounds of it he's like actually trying to help them and save them. Wow. I don't know. It's bizarre. Interesting. It's bizarre I'm sorry. You were talking about No, it. it's fine. I was totally intrigued by that, too. I saw that. You're talking about America Ferreira. America Ferreira. <laughs> Ugly Betty. Um, of, also, uh, Mark, I'm crushing your head, McKinney. Mark McKinney, Kids in the Hall. Kids in the Hall is in this, which is – he's fucking fantastic. Mm. He's like the store – the head of the store. And this is basically just uh, a comedy based on people working in a Walmart type scenario the office in a walmart this is office this is parks and recreation with all without i might add all the uh the the fourth wall breaking which kind of got annoying with the office later on like it was cool when it when yeah. they first did it but even with parks and rec it's like quit looking at the fucking camera no uh, confessionals in this no confessionals yeah, that's why i'm burnt out on modern family for that too that's the same, the same thing, thing. Yeah, yeah at first it was it was okay it was funny and then it got real old this does not do that um i, I call this comfort television because for me like the office parks and rec if i'm having it's the opposite of coach and <laughs> frazier <laughs> the exact opposite All yes right. if i'm having a bad day and i, I just need something to pick me up before right. bed this is another one of those shows. Yeah, but if you're wanting to put a bullet in your brain, watch Coach, Coach and Frazier. <laughs> yeah. Grab the old Smith and Weston, blow yeah. your brains out. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. But I think we can all relate. Anyone that's ever worked in retail, I think we can understand this. It's it's definitely like exaggerated. 
you know, lower class folks living, you know, living and working in this, um, you know, this Walmart type area and the customers they encounter. There's a lot of like shortcuts of customers like, you know, I need to get around you. We both have carts and then they just start fucking banging each other instead of going around and kids like unattended children. Um, you mean banging like the carts together? The, yes. Yeah, they are not, banging each not other. Not like sex. No, not like sex. <laughs> but wow, it, can you imagine that? Like you walk down like the fucking like uh, the deli aisle and shit, and somebody's just like yeah. fucking somebody over <laughs> some pork chops. Yeah. Whoa! Wow. <laughs> but it it does you know it deals with like you know racism, sex in the workplace, romance mm. in the workplace, and then you have uh, religion in the workplace. All these things. Like I, I guess if you're Is not, it a, it's on a major network, right? I, I watched it on Netflix um, or Hulu. I watched it on Hulu. Yeah, but I thought it was on a major network. I'm not sure what. I thought network. it was like like NBC. It, NBC prob- or it probably is. Okay. It probably is. I'll look into that. Um, but to me, like this is better than the first. Uh, when I first watched Parks and Recreation, I think these first episodes are better than that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not smart by any means. It's not supposed to be. Um, but you ha- you have a lot of cool people involved from the Office, Key, Key and Peel. Uh, people are involved in this. Uh, right. People from SNL are involved in this, and it's just—it's just one of those, um, like I said, comforting. It's comforting to fucking watch this because at the end of the day, if you work in retail, you're you're left with all this fucking bullshit at the end of the day, like dealing with people and the, and the just absurdity of consumerism. And then you come home and fucking coach and Fraser. <laughs> It's an NBC show. NBC. NBC. Yeah. Okay. I knew it was a major network. Yeah. But it's it's very enjoyable. It's very funny. Um and Mark McKinney is fucking fantastic as the What's your uh, rating? Uh I'm I'm Tupper wearing this. Nice. Six episodes in, I'm Tupper wearing it. I love it. Um if you're looking for something to take the place of the office and parks and rec, this is a great way to do it. I'm not, but I'll still watch it. Because yeah, I, I like Mark McKinney. Mark so McKinney's fantastic. Yeah. Very funny. Parks very funny. is so good. The first season is rough. Like the first right. season is the rough. The first season's rough, but by by the second season, it's so good. Yeah, this is a lot stronger, and I think you especially will relate to a lot of what's going on. Yeah. In so yeah, check it out. Liked it a lot. What are you saying? Way. I can't get this humor. You didn't do a lot of retail, though, did you? Did yeah, you do I did. a lot of retail? Yeah. I didn't know that. Sales. I thought I thought you were more sales and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, it's kind of the sales same. And retail, it's, it's kind the of the same. Thing. You're yeah. dealing with consumers yeah. and consumerism. Yeah, same thing. And you still got to deal with like people's bullshit. Yeah, people's bullshit. Not only the consumer sales is also customer service now, and yeah. I've done customer service. Yeah. and it's bullshit. So you understand that? You understand? There's a fucking guidebook presented to you by your right. management. Mm-hmm. That's what this all this is about. Yeah. it's really funny. So. All right, you guys want to move on to news? News, gangsta as fuck. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's the left of a news, and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangsta as fuck, yo. It's gangsta as fuck, yo. First news that I want to go over. This news actually comes from PopCultureLeftovers.com. Brian has now moved to off mic producer. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't wow. know that. I Tupperware that decision. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll get that fifth star now. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> uh, if you're still listening, fuck you. <laughs> actually, let's move on to last week we reported, we reported, uh, Judge Dredd news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jake, take her away. What <laughs> yeah, happened? It was an April Fool's joke from like fucking like last year that someone had reposted. But it was very timely. You know why? Why? 
New news coming out of Den of Geek. The latest initiative to bring back star Carl Urban and company for Dread 2 is being headed by superfans Frank Palmer and Brian Ritchie with their petition campaign called Make a Dread Sequel. Their strategy to dredge up Dread 2 is currently attempting to use the success of adult-oriented streaming genre series like Marvel's Daredevil and Jessica Jones to illustrate that a Dread follow-up could thrive creatively and find its audience properly. At the moment, 130 36,000 names are already on the petition, and more than 100,000 supporters have backed the movement on Facebook. Yes, I signed myself already. I did myself. Mm -hmm. Did you fucking sign? I did sign. You better fucking sign. I fucking signed. Long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Threatening. All right, so while obviously standing as a beloved film, Dread, directed by Pete Travis, was panned by critics and didn't resonate with wider audiences, resulting in the $50... $50. (laughs) It cost 50 bucks. Quite a lot. I'll donate the 50 bucks. $50 million budgeted effort, grossing only $35 million worldwide. Yet the film legend continues to grow in its post-theatrical video-on-demand DVD Blu-ray existence as more fans recognize it as the creme de la creme as far as gritty unapologetically violent dystopic comic book films are concerned there does seem to be an audience for such a project plus with the current acclaim of dread screenwriter alex garland with last year's writing directorial sci-fi effort ex machina adding a new air of prestige to the original film the audience for a potential dread sequel might be wider than just the petition crowd in the coming days Palmer and Richie plan to lobby their Dread sequel case to Netflix, Amazon Prime, and HBO. Nice. Cool. I'll take any of those. Yeah. Absolutely. Just don't go on Yahoo Screen. Uh, They can't. (laughs) Nobody can. (laughs) Yahoo Screen is dead. So, yeah, guys, uh, I know we talked about it last week, (laughs) and the information that we received was bullshit, unfortunately. Um, and it's sad because, dude, I was so excited. Yeah, it was a great synopsis. Yeah, and uh, great synopsis. And, like, Tom Hiddleston and Stallone. Stallone yeah. coming back. Yeah, I was on IMDb. Well, still, especially after Stallone being nominated for yeah. Best Supporting Actor. So I went on IMDb, and I, I looked into it, and, like, their names weren't attached to anything dread. So yeah. I was just like, ugh. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, even though we, we falsely reported it last week – Things are being there are steps being taken by uh, by 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 these guys to 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 petition Netflix, Amazon, and HBO. We just wanted it so bad. Yeah. Hey Jay, let's talk about Fargo season three. Okay. Fargo season three. It won't be hitting TV for uh, another another year. Yeah. 2017. Man, gotta wait. But it looks like we found out some information this past week about the time frame and hints at the season. Mm. Here's what FX networks. And FX production CEO John Landgraf said to the Television Television Critics Association, the third cycle will take place. Here's the year. You want to know what year it's taking place? The first one took place in 2006. The second season took place in the 1970s. Third cycle will take place in 2010. Okay. So it will be not quite contemporary, but quite recent. The most recent in terms of time frame of any installment of Fargo, including the movie. Landgraf was then asked about the spaceship. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. In season two. Okay. And here's what he said. 
I think I'll let Noah answer the big spaceship question. He's referring to Noah Hawley, mm-hmm. who is the writer, producer, and director for the Fargo television series. Uh, he goes on to say, I will say I think it's one of his points of view about what Fargo is. Going back to the original movie is that random acts of God are unexplained or extraordinary phenomenon and in essence are smallest in the face of the universe is a part of what Fargo is about. It rained fish from the sky, mm-hmm. and a couple characters were killed in the first season. I think he sees the aliens uh, analogous to that. Okay. So, yeah, do you remember that? From It's one of the things I forgot about. I know. It's weird. The, the, the fish that came out from the sky. Yeah, yeah. I totally forgot about it, too, until <laughs> you just brought it up again. That's fucked up. Weird. Yeah. Landgraf also revealed that an older version of an existing character is tentatively set to play a role in Fargo Season 3. Okay. Uh, As far as I know, this is what he says, as far as I know on what Noah's pitched so far, there's one. That doesn't mean he won't change his mind. I can't tell you who it is, but there's one. Okay. (laughs) Do you think it's going to be somebody from Season 2 or Season 1? It's got to be season two. It's got to be somebody from season two. It doesn't have to be. I mean, they can bring back the the female police officer, Salverson. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Man, I'd love to see her again. They can't. There's certain characters from season two and from season one they can't bring back. Right, right. It's not spoiled, but. Right. Yeah, yeah, you might be right on that. You might be right on that because she was such a huge impact. I can't mm-hmm. see them just disregarding that character well I'm her sorry. story going on yeah. would be very interesting well i mean if it's 2010 we know patrick wilson can't come back as patrick wilson right they can bring back the original actor that played him in season one true but it's like why what's the no purpose? there's there's not much reason her her character what I about hansi they could bring back hansi yeah but her character, I think, has the most weight. I think yeah. that's what most people want to see, especially if you're doing this thread from, you know, the second season to the first. I think yeah. you want to carry that over. You need in some a bridge, yeah. some kind of a bridge. Hey, um, at the end of the second season, when Hansi is in the park and he's watching the two boys, yeah, that's the deaf guy and the other guy from the first season. Yeah, yeah. Remember how he's signing to the yeah. Fuck, I didn't you didn't even realize that? I didn't even think about that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, the two boys that are playing catch in the park. Right, right. Yeah, that's the the deaf guy and... Uh, oh, shit. Okay. The other guy from the first season went as their little boys. Because yeah. he's signing to the other boy. I didn't even fucking think about that. Really? Yeah. I just wanted to throw that Shit, that's awesome. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm excited for Fargo Season 3. Cannot wait. So, 2010, that's the year that it's going to take place in, and uh, an existing character is going to come back. Wow. So, that's wow. Maybe more, they said, too, huh? Possibly, but he said, uh, you know, he said Holly might even change his mind. Mm. But okay. We'll see. So I cannot wait for season three. Man, I love that point about the aliens being more of a representation of Fargo, an act of God. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it is. It's almost like a Cain and Abel. And how small we are in this world. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Crazy. Um, last week we reviewed uh, Quentin Tarantino's The Hateful Eight. I made some comments on how this could be a stage play. Slash Film talked recently uh, to Quentin Tarantino, and here's what he had to say. My feeling was this. With this material and these actors, this is just a really solid piece. I could do it on the London stage. Mm-hmm. I could do it on the New York stage. I could do it at a 99-seat theater off of Santa Monica Boulevard. I could shoot it on 16 millimeter and all those versions would be good. 
would be solid and would work. If I feel that confident about the material, well, let's just do it big. Let's let me take advantage of the situation I have right now and make it an event. Then at the Golden Globes last week, uh, he talked to the rap and he had this to say, I've thought it out completely. I'm just waiting for this uh, award season to be over so I can write it. I got to put myself there and write it for this. Harvey actually, he tried to talk to me, talk me into doing it as a play at first. So I think he's talking about Harvey Weinstein. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, let's just say this out loud before we commit to do to doing the movie and i was like look i could but i like the mystery aspect and the mystery aspect will really only work in the movie and i have the 70 millimeter and i have the snow so let me do that (laughs) so yeah um i think that they're going to be moving they're going to be doing this uh on on stage as a play cool sounds like he has a little bit of adapting work to do but probably not too much not too much that'd be so fun to go see stories there yeah do you think that uh that they could change some things about it, or you think? I think they will. Yeah, I do too. Just for Tarantino's smart like that, he's not going to just represent the same exact thing. Yeah, I think he'll have have a new twist in there. Yeah, it'll still be the hateful way, but it'll just be a twist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, last week we also talked about the the Pacific Rim movie, Pacific Rim Two being shelved, and yeah. I brought it up and. And I, I remember how I brought up how well it did internationally. Mm-hmm. And I said I said specifically China and stated how valuable the Chinese dollar is last week. Well, apparently it's so valuable that the, the, the Chinese dollar is so valuable that it purchased legendary studios recently. Holy oh, wow. shit. <laughs> Here's a tweet by Guillermo del Toro followed by the article from Slash Film. Uh, del Toro tweeted, Pacific Rim 2 canceled? Don't believe everything you read. It's still going, and I'll remain with it one way or the one way or another. Hmm. And here's the article: Del Toro has a tendency to get involved with long gestating projects that never actually go anywhere. Uh, at the Mountains of Madness, anyone? <laughs> so it's not oh, in the the Hulk series. Yes, <laughs> yes. So it's not surprising that he's refusing to abandon his baby. However, there's a glimmer of real hope in the form of Legendary's recent acquisition by the Chinese conglomerate Dylan Wanda Group. Word of the deal spread last week, and as of today, it's official. Wanda has bought Legendary for about $3.5 billion. Wow. Jeez. So what does that have to do with Pacific Rim? Well, the Chinese box office is what even made Pacific Rim 2 as a possibility to begin with. Mm-hmm. The first film sank in the U.S., but proved a surprise hit overseas, particularly in China. What did I say last week? That's exactly what you said. (laughs) I said it did well internationally, and I said the Chinese dollar is valuable. Yes. It made $111 million there versus $101 million domestically. Now, that the property is in Chinese hands, the sequel might stand a better chance of coming together. Yeah. Mm. They might that. demand it more. It might be one of the reasons they bought Legendary in the first place. Right. It's well, Legendary had been working on a lot of the monster kaiju movies mm-hmm. to begin with. Legendary, they, after Legendary finished their deal with Warner Brothers, the last film they did was Man of Steel. The first movie that Legendary did for Universal was Godzilla. Yeah. Mm. True. There we go. If if Guillermo de Toro is saying that it's not over, and if this happened, the acquisition, if they if they if this if they purchased it, I could see I could see Pacific Rim St- Pacific Rim two still happening, 
the 2017 date, maybe not, mm. but maybe at the earliest 2018. Yeah, I don't think a t- time will hurt Pacific Rim at this point. You know, especially in today's day and age. <sighs> I whether it's 17 or 18, I think the 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 badness about being so far separated from the first one isn't going to be any different. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I think they do need to get it done sooner because I can make the argument of, like, Sin City 2. Yeah. True. Which yeah. was, like, nine years later, and it's like, oh, man. I, I love the movie personally. Mm-hmm. I Tupperware that film. I've seen it, like, three times, and I love that movie. And as soon as I can find it on Blu-ray at a good price, I'll pick it up. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go ten years. And I, I mean, at this point, I mean, do you think that? Yeah, I think Charlie Hunnam will come back. I think so with too. his relationship with Del Toro, them them two working together in uh, uh, Crimson Peak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he'd be back. He'd be back. So, all right, guys. So Pacific Rim Two is still definitely a possibility. Uh, let's move on to uh, you know what? You guys want to take a break real quick? Sure. Uh, or do you want to move on to Marvel news? Let's break. And I'll take a Marvel. smoke. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll be right back after words from no sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, we're back. Hey, y'all. We're back. So, yeah, Jake, you just got done telling us you watched uh, Fantastic Four again. (laughs) I did. I did. I'm actually raising my rating to a taste. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm not even joking. I mean, for all the wrong reasons that a movie should want its rating to be raised, but I'm doing it. It's crap. I'll watch it again probably in the next three, four months. That's awesome. It's so so bad it's good. It's like one of the best terrible movies of the last decade (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome all right guys let's let's uh move on to marvel news oh Oh, yeah You go with the cinnamon again? Marvel news. Marvel news. <laughs> you doing the churro again this week? No, I uh, actually ran out of the old churro. Uh. That's right, everybody. Every week on uh, Pop Culture Leftovers, I'm drinking something. Jay's always drinking a beer. Yeah, just beers. Usually. Or taking a shot with Jake. A little bit of whiskey. <laughs> I'm uh, always just mooching Jay's alcohol, so whatever he's yeah. having. Me, on the other hand, I... I have flavored rum drinks, mm. and uh, last week it was churro flavored, which is a had a little bit of a cinnamon bite to it. Uh, this week I'm rocking the old mudslide again. Good standby. Yeah, rum makes me feel good. Yeah. If I'm on tequila, that's when you see Darth Bryant <laughs> a lot more. But when I'm on rum, it just makes me dumb, and I have a lot of fun. That shit sounds good. I, I think I'm going to buy a bottle of that shit on my way home. It's good. It's it good is. shit, man. It's fucking good. I yeah. don't work till late tomorrow. I think I might drink half a bottle of that shit tonight. <laughs> I have to go to Benny's to get it because they don't sell it at Walmart. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. You might be able to find it like Fryer Tuck or something. Yeah. But yeah, it's from Chi Chi's. Yeah, I love oh. that shit. It's from Chi Chi's. Oh. Yeah. I wonder if I just go- <laughs> I'm hoping I can just go to the old grocery store and get it. Yeah. Look for it. It's good shit. It's tasty. All right, guys. Moving on to Marvel news here. It's official. Ryan Coogler, the director for last year's Creed, 
And another one of my favorite uh, Michael B. Jordan movies, Fruitvale Station, is set to direct Black Panther. Mm. Yeah. That's good news. You got a little bit of the old... uh, (laughs) Jake had a little bit of head on his beard there. Happens. And and, uh, it made it... To its beat, hit to his beard. <laughs> Had a little bit of head on his beard. You'll have that. Yeah, you know that's. The, I don't grow the facial hair. Like I can grow facial hair. Mm-hmm. I just have never done it. So like I've never had like shit stuck to my face. <laughs> does like does it happen when you like? Does it, uh, oh, like where's I'm, this going? Uh, <laughs> 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 oh yeah. Oh, those blowjobs are awkward. Uh, but. But does it happen when you're like brushing your teeth and shit? Yes. Does it? Do yes. you get like the the Harmon would know all about this? Yeah, I just feel like I'm shampooing my mustache at yeah. that point. Yeah. yeah. You, <laughs> you know, a side note, I want to thank I, I want to thank some listeners for like sending me shit. Uh, Kelly Clayburn uh, is sending me. I'd never seen Hannah before. He's sending me a copy of Hannah. Oh, cool. Nice. With uh, Sarah Saronin. I want to watch that too. And then also uh, Richard Kreider sent me a copy of a of a movie called Mutant on the Bounty, which I need to watch here shortly. Hmm. I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, no, I had never heard of it either. So. Mutant on the Bounty. Mutant on the Bounty. Not Mutiny, but oh, okay. Mutant on the Bounty. That's a different movie, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Or a book or something. Yeah. Yeah, we're well-versed in it. <laughs> we're, 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 we're fucking fucking literature scholars here. <laughs> Me like Reed. If it, yeah. If it doesn't have fucking pictures, we don't know. No. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, guys, yeah, Ryan Coogler, uh, the news was released on Marvel's official website with Marvel Studios president and Black Panther producer Kevin Feige offering this statement. We are fortunate to have such an esteemed filmmaker join the Marvel family. The talents Ryan showcased in his first two films easily made him our top choice to direct Black Panther. I'm going to come back to that one. (laughs) Many fans have waited a long time to see Black Panther in his own film. And with Ryan, we know we found the perfect director to bring T'Challa story to life. Let me go back to what he said here. The talents Ryan showcased in his first two films easily made him our top choice for to direct Black Panther. Now, I'm not saying like those are not great movies. Creed was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. I think Michael B. Jordan should have been nominated. Number one. Number two, Fruitvale Station is one of the best movies I've seen in a long time. It's absolutely phenomenal. It's a great movie. But I don't think he was their first choice. No. I think it was uh, Ava DeVornay, the director for last year's Selma, mm. was their first choice. Yeah, I mean, Creed just came out, and they've been talking about doing the Black Panther movie for like two plus years now. Yeah, and then Ava DuVernay actually came out and said why she would not direct the Black Panther film after she was contacted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm i not buying that. I think they got Cumberpatched again. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a more higher quality Cumberpatch. No, I, I agree yeah, yeah. 100%. I agree 100%. I mean, just as I agree like when, when Fox originally went after Darren Aronofsky to do Gambit, mm-hmm. he said no. Then they get uh, Matt Reeves mm. from the first Planet of the Apes movie. He was on it. Then scheduling conflicts because whatever movie he was working on needed more time with him. They needed an extension. And so now they got Doug Lyman, hmm. which you can't go wrong with Doug Lyman. Right. What no. a fantastic director Agreed. for a Gambit film. But I, I think this is great. But for the fact that Kevin Feige coming out there and saying like top choice. Yeah. Don't say that. Just say like you know what? Things 
things worked in our favor. We were able to get we were able to get this guy. You know, don't don't say that he was your top choice when obviously he wasn't. Right. I hate all the fakeness too. It's like every new Marvel movie that comes out. Oh, Robert Downey Jr. says it's the best Marvel movie ever made. James Gunn says that Ant Man is the best Marvel movie yeah. ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, until Civil War comes out. Yeah. And then he and says then Civil War is the best. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I agree 100%. All the phony fake bullshit is annoying. But can we all Tupperware this 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 yeah. director? I I've never seen either of these guys' movies. You need to. So I guess I'm freezing it. Okay. That make, uh, No, I respect that. Yeah. I I'm respect that. Totally excited after seeing Creed yeah. to see him take this one. Well, I've seen Creed and Fruitvale Station. I haven't seen Fruitvale Station yet. Watch it. Check it out. So good. Yeah. Based on a true story. Okay. I wonder how that's available on. I wonder if you can Netflix that. How did I watch that? I don't know. I don't think I saw it on Netflix. I think I actually had to watch it on video on demand. Mm. I think I had to purchase that one. Uh, Benicio Del Toro has confirmed that he will not be returning uh, to Guardians of the Galaxy 2 to play the Collector. Yeah. Do you guys feel like this has to do with maybe his role in uh, Episode 8, Star Wars? Yeah. Ah, A little bit of that and maybe a little bit of do they really even need him for the story. Right. I didn't think about that. I I thought it was a little jarring that he wouldn't be. I thought they were trying to set him up for more. So it was a little bit jarring to see. I don't think he's he's a necessity to be in the next one. Yeah. But I think you're right. I I think Star Wars definitely takes precedent for him. Mm -hmm. I I think maybe depending on like the the time commitment with Star Wars, I could definitely see it. Especially with like press junkets and things like that. Oh, God. He's going to be so busy. Absolutely. But I would love to see the collector again at some point. Yeah. I mean, he's a cool character. I would too. Yeah. Uh, TV Line is reporting that Marvel and Netflix are so pleased with John Bernthal as the Punisher in Season 2 of Daredevil, that he may get his own series. Oh, shit. That's awesome. Uh, this is where I used to say thoughts, and now I'm <laughs> kind of scared to say that because I don't know what Jacob Don't did. say it. I had chili today again. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, guys, what are, what, are, what what are your thoughts on a uh, Punisher series with John Bernthal? Is this another freeze it because we haven't even yeah, seen his performance? I think it is. I mean, I have high expectations, mm-hmm. and my first thought is to Tupperware this without seeing anything. Sure, but I, I should wait to see if I even like him as the Punisher. Right? Yeah, I have a feeling we're gonna love him as the Punisher. Um, I'm still gonna I'm still gonna freeze it, but just based on all I know him from is walking. Dead. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm still. I'm still one of those people that was holding out hope that Tom Jane would be able to come back. Oh, absolutely! Dirty Laundry was so good. Dirty Laundry was phenomenal. So goddamn. That's good. the way. That's that's the way I've always seen the Punisher. Yeah, yeah. So if you're talking about a good fucking start to anything involving Punisher, that's the best thing we've seen. Yeah, live action. That was an Addy Shankar short. It was so mm-hmm. good. So good. But I, I'm cool with it. Uh, but yeah, I'm freezing it. I need to see his performance. But I have, I like you said, I have high fucking hopes for him to do this correctly. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. March is that when we're getting Daredevil? Yeah, we're getting uh, Daredevil in March. Uh, last year uh, we got it in April, so mm-hmm. we are getting it a little bit early this year. So Can't wait. In March. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna be binging the fuck out of that one. Yeah. Can't fucking wait. Yeah. Oh, you know what I didn't talk about? Daredevil issue one. Oh. Uh, with Charles Soule. Charles Soule now, uh, Mark Wade has officially left the book. Oh, okay. Um, I did pick up, uh, Daredevil issue number one. Jake, if you want the digital code for this one, let me know. Yeah, sure. Does Man, it Wade one? did such a good job. Uh, Charles Soule on this. Uh, what's interesting about Charles Soule as a writer 
is the fact that you know Matt Murdock, uh, Daredevil, uh, is a lawyer. Well, Charles Soule was a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Uh, so, yeah, he passed the bar, and he was a lawyer for a while. Um, this book is – it's a taste-it for me. Um, I'm going back into good pop, bad pop here apparently. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we're talking about Daredevil. But this book's a taste-it for me. I read issue one. I have issue two ready to read. Uh, it looks like uh, Daredevil is now training Blindspot. Hmm. Uh, and that's interesting. Uh, still having some issues with Foggy, and then also the, he's uh, talk. He's taking on a new uh, crime syndicate boss in Chinatown, and the character that he's taking on uh, that own, that runs this crime syndicate, his name is Ten Fingers. Mm-hmm. They don't call him Ten Fingers just because he has ten fingers. He has ten fingers on each hand. Okay. Oh wow! Kind of a it's a new character, kind of fucked up looking. It's a taste it because this is just kind of like introducing you to this character. Who's that artist? Uh, the artist is... Looks very familiar. Garney. Ron Garney. Oh, love Ron Garney. So, uh, Charles Soule, Ron Garney. Uh, it's not... It hasn't grabbed me like the Mark Wade run mm-hmm. yet, but I'm going to stick with it. I, I have issue two at my disposal. I can read it here shortly. So, definitely, yeah, it's a new start for Daredevil. Check it out. Next week, I'll talk about another book I forgot to mention during Good Pop, Bad Pop, uh, Dragon Age Mage Killer. Hmm. I'll talk about that next week. Based cool. off the video game? Is it a video game? Huh? There yeah. is a Dragon Age video this game. This is called Dragon Age Mage Killer. It's by Greg Rucka. Okay. Oh, one wow. My, one of my favorite. Yeah, yeah he, shit. Speaking of Punisher, he did probably my favorite Punisher run. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'll talk about that next cool. week. Cool. Yeah, I'm interested. Uh, <coughs> excuse Wow, that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was just coughing into the old fucking mic there. <laughs> Straight into the mic. That's why. It's better than thoughts. You know, it's, well, that's why I should be an off-mic producer. <laughs> what a fucking asshole. Uh, let's see here. I hope you're listening. I hope he's still fucking listening to yeah. me. Sit through this, you fucking fuck. piece of shit. <laughs> let's talk about the Russo brothers and the statements they made this week about Peter Parker and 67 characters showing up in Infinity Wars. <laughs> Uh, here's an article from uh, comicbookmovie.com. Even though we've yet to see so much as a single official image of the wall crawler in Captain America Civil War, him joining the Marvel Cinematic Universe is by far one of the most exciting things about the movie. They're talking about Spider-Man here. Mm-hmm. Joe and Anthony Russo actually took part in a Q&A after a special screening of The Winter Soldier last night. And Collider quoted them as saying the following about bringing Spider-Man into this world it definitely sounds like his role in the first Phase 3 release will be a significant one anyway, especially as they clearly wanted Peter Parker in it from the start. Quote, it was a very long process, kind of kind of thing we had to lobby for for months. What happens during a long process like that, you're continuing to develop the movie and the character. During the time that it takes you to convince the powers that be to make the jump and let you do that – You've ingrained the character so deeply into the story at that point that you have to destroy the story to take him out. So by the time we found out that he'd be in the movie, it wasn't so much elation than like, thank God, we don't have to blow the whole movie up. Hmm. Wow. So it sounds like Spider-Man's an integral part in the film. Which we haven't heard before, necessarily. It sounds like if if they would have not done the deal... With Sony, that it would have been back to the drawing board. Yeah, massive rewrite. <clears throat> massive rewrite. Wow. Which we thought it was the other way around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
you're going to have to write them in. It sounds like they they caught wind. Spider-Man could be into this universe. That's the story that they wanted to go with. That's the story that they bet everything on. It could be more phony <clears throat> baloney Marvel PR, though, as well. You know, Could be. I'm just going by what they're saying. Oh, I know you are. I'm just saying it could be just like if I, he's saying that's the director we wanted. Like, oh, you know, we needed Spider-Man for this. Yeah, and I understand what you're saying, too, because it's like they introduced Black Panther into this, too. Yeah. Like, they didn't have to do that Mm-mm. at this time. Like, it felt like Black Panther was the character that was replacing Peter Parker. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. He was the talk of the town before we ever heard about Spider-Man being involved. It was Black Panther. So it's like, okay, how are we going to make Civil War work without Peter Parker? Oh, okay, we'll have Black Panther play that part, that mm-hmm, role mm-hmm. in this film. And now it seems like the, like they're saying, oh, you know, Peter Parker, we had him written to the script from the get-go. If we didn't get him, then we'd have to rewrite everything. Yeah, but, I don't buy yeah. that. I don't know. I don't, I'm not saying one way or another. I'm just saying I think that they had – either way, I think that Marvel had a contingency plan. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that – like we hear studios all the time having like two scripts, two different writers and all this other shit. Mm-hmm. I think that Marvel's such a big company that they had a contingency plan. And I think that they they went with their Black Panther thing first, but I think on the flip side they also had Spider Man written in, mm-hmm. and I think that they just had just the fact that he's in the movie. They're like, okay, all right, then we can go with the movie that we wanted to, right? Because it sounds like like this stuff like they cast Tom Holland as they're filming in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Tom Holland was in Atlanta while they're filming, still working on his contract. Mm-hmm. Still working on Spider-Man being in the universe. So I think everything came down to the deadline. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I just don't buy it. that, that I, I think it just all worked out. I don't think they had written Spider-Man into the movie to begin with. I mean, this movie was going into the writing phases when Amazing Spider-Man 2 still hadn't even come out yet. So what in their minds would make them think, oh, let's write our first script with Spider-Man Peter Parker in it? Well, we don't know when negotiations first started either. Yeah. Well, I guarantee I mean, they didn't start till after the performance of Amazing Spider-Man 2, though. Oh, well, I mean, even bef- – okay, yeah, that's true. But, like, filming didn't start until well after that. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like, I think that uh, Kevin Feige was already telling – I think everything kind of started when Kevin Feige was actually sending notes on, like, the change that he would make in Amazing Spider-Man 2 mm-hmm. when he was sending those to uh, Sony's CEO at the time. Hmm. Yeah. Like, he was sending them notes on, like, what he would have done differently. Yes. So I think that's, like, kind of like when the relationship kind of started then. It just seems like a huge jump for the Russos to make to think, oh, there's a good chance we'll get Spider-Man in this movie. I think I think that uh, they thought it could have gone either way. Mm-hmm. And I think that Marvel covered all their bases, and I think that they probably had it worked in either – they had a contingency plan. Like if it doesn't work out, that's why we got Black Panther in here. Mm-hmm. If it does work out, we've got Spider-Man. I think that they're so big that they they had a contingency plan. Yeah, I can buy that. So I, I, I feel like they felt like – relationship was really well with Kevin Feige and Sony at that time and especially with the Sony leak after that I mm-hmm. think Sony needed Marvel but no I understand what you're saying 100% yeah. and I don't know either way 
but I think that they I think Marvel always had a contingency plan in place. Did you hear that we're for sure going to get Giant Man in Civil War too? Yeah. yeah, I mean we've already seen like the the Lego figures mm-hmm. and the Funko Pop figure. Yeah, so that'll be fun to see. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it'll be interesting. Yeah, be cool. I think I think on that point, I think you brought up early on that they had mentioned that there was a tug of war between Cap and Iron Man over Black Panther. Right. Like that was one of the things that was brought up early on. I think at some right. of the comic cons. Yeah. And I think you could easily replace him with Spider Man at that point. Well, I don't think that there should be a tug of war between Captain America and. Um, Iron Man. I think I think Black Panther should be 100% on the side of Iron Man. Mm-hmm. He's a business guy. That and the fact that we've hearing the hearing the rumors that you know that uh one of the things that uh the government why they want you know uh the Winter Soldier, Bucky is because like him coming out of like this, you know, hibernative you know uh coming out of hibernation or whatever. Mm. He would go out and kill like world leaders. Mm-hmm. One of those world leaders that they're talking about is one of the Black Panthers, yeah. like uh, T'Challa's father, mm. uh, T'Chaka. Yep. And so, like, that's why Black Panther has it in for fucking Winter Soldier, right? Yeah, right. And I like that story better. Like, if you find out, like, like, okay, this guy was brainwashed and he fucking killed my father. Well, why would you switch sides? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you should be one hundred percent Team Iron Man at that point. And I think Iron Man needs him because it feels like everybody's like leaving his side. I mean, like, and then you know, fucking Rhodey gets his ass kicked. Well, I can if if Black Panther finds out it was because he was brainwashed, maybe that would lead him to be a little bit more sympathetic towards Bucky. I guess, but that's your father. Yeah, yeah, but and Black Panther, in my opinion, like in the comic books, has always had issues with somebody. I mean, we're seeing in the comic books it's Namor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So his focus is on his family and his ruling where right. he rules so i can see him yeah. yeah just totally but spider-man would be would be the tug of war like who gets spider-man who gets this guy we discover him we know yeah, who he that, is that's the thing it's like uh i hear rumors of like people saying like tony actually goes to recruit spider-man spider-man growing up in this world like this is like if you're if you're if you're looking at this from like when the Marvel Universe first started, which was 2008, mm-hmm. which by the time this movie comes out is almost 10 years. So we're looking at eight, nine years, whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this Tom Holland, he's playing a 15 year old, mm-hmm. which means like when Iron Man first came out as a superhero, he would have been like six or seven. Yes. So he's grown up being like worshiping like Iron Man and these heroes. Mm-hmm. And so like now he's being asked by Tony to join the Avengers. It's this hero asking him to join. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why and would build he build him a nice fancy yeah. costume? Exactly. Makes him the costume. But he also that. knows what it's like to have your friends and family affected. If, if this is the same kind of Spider-Man we know, then he knows that if he reveals himself, he's fucking over people that he loves and cares about. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think that's a great story to tell. I think that is what's going to happen. Well, we've already heard that, like, that's not this story. The story is not about Peter Parker revealing okay. that he's Spider-Man. Okay. That, right? Yes. I mean, that's like what we've heard. Okay. Yes. Well, then I don't know. I mean, that, I, that's I thought not, that was yeah. kind of going to be the main draw. Well, it is in the comic, yeah. but not in this. It's like it's like they, they've already come out and said, like, that's not – so, that's not this story. Do you think Spider-Man's already chosen the side? Like, we're going to go into this, and he's already chosen his side. I think, like Brian says, he'll be recruited by Iron Man. Yeah. And then he'll realize, he'll 
that he's made wrong choices and yes. by the end of it he'll be on Captain America. That's what I'm thinking okay. too. Okay. Yeah. Uh let's see here. Um Let's see here. Yeah. Uh, they go on to say it was a very long process, kind of the, the thing that we had to lobby for for months. Oh, yeah, here we go. I'm a comic book fan and collector since I was a kid, and he's my favorite character. And to get a chance to reinvent the character for me, I really wanted to see somebody cast who was very close to high schooler's age. What was so valuable to me about the character when I was a kid is that he's a high schooler with this power and responsibility, and it makes him very distinct as a hero. It makes him distinct from the other characters in the Marvel Universe who are confident, experienced superheroes. It's super important to have that color of the movie, and we felt that it was invaluable, and we do think it goes a long way. That character helps us balance out the tone of the movie. Nice, yeah. Uh, as for the widely reported comments about there being as many as 67 characters hmm. in Avengers Infinity War, the Russo's clarified that fans took that figure a little too literally, but were quick to point out that the two-part movie is still going to be huge with a lot of characters factoring into this finale. They also offered some insight into just how large a production it's expected to be. We were being figurative when we said 67. And people took it as literal, but there's a lot of characters. Infinity War is meant to be the culmination of the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe up to that point. It's very ambitious in its scope. It wants to take everything that you've seen before and coalesce it into some kind of climactic ending. It's complicated, ambitious storytelling. We're not talking about lead characters, just people that make an appearance. Hmm. Uh, we're start, we start shooting both of them later this year in November, and we're primarily going to be based in Atlanta again. That's where we'll do outstage work and some exteriors. Uh, there will be locations from around the world involved as well. We actually relocate to Atlanta in late July to finish up pre-production there. We don't come back to LA until the following June. We're shooting, we're shooting them concurrently, meaning that some days we'll be shooting the first movie and some days we'll be shooting the second movie. Mm. Wow. Just jumping back and forth. We won't look like this next year. So, um, guys, a lot of characters in this. Um, some of those characters, do you think that they're going to throw in some of the Netflix series characters? Yeah, very possibly. I, I think um, the Russos make a great point where people shouldn't freak out about this. I mean, it is, like they said, the culmination of the entire it's Marvel. It's called Infinity War. Yeah. The whole point of that is to get a, a brief glimpse, I think, of all of our characters. They don't necessarily have to over like go over brand new character arcs and in, in the outcome of these two movies but we i think we do need to check in with a majority if not all of the characters that are inherent in this universe so who far. do you think are going to be the major players when it comes to infinity war hmm. i i feel like cap and iron man still especially with the russo brothers writing this so you don't think cap's going to die at the end of this civil war <sighs> mm, that's a good question no i don't I mean, he could. I think if they want to make a good impact, he will. I'm thinking Doctor Strange is going to play a huge part in the, Infinity War. That would make a that would make a lot of sense. It's very much up his alley. The kind of stuff going on. They want him yeah. to. They want him to kind of be the main guy after this. This phase is done anyway. So that would make total sense. I think the Guardians will be a big player in Infinity War. Yeah. I do. I think I think we're gonna they're gonna be some of the people that we just check in with, and they're not going to be major players. 
I, I think they're setting them up as the underdogs that kind of come up on top. This is a cosmic event. Yeah. So I think they're going to play a major role going forward in other cosmic stories. Kind of, I think they're going to go more with the cosmic stories and then come back to what's going on on Earth at that point. Because why would you do that later? You know, continue that. It's a tough question, Jay. It's a fascinating question. That's a tough question because it's like like part of me wants to side with you because we are dealing with a, with Gamora. Yeah. Yeah. And Thanos and um, yeah, I I feel like that it's better off that they they continue that and then go back to especially if they do something like kill Cap. I think yeah. some of the overpowered characters are going to be taken out real soon. Yeah, yeah, like your Hulk and we saw like that in the Thor. Thor. We saw that in the comic books. Mm-hmm. Thanos immediately took care of those guys in mm-hmm. ways that are just like ridiculous. Part yeah. of me that wants to say that I want Jake to be wrong because I want to see Chris Pratt. And these guys directed under somebody other than James Gunn and see how that works out. I'm really curious. Right. Yeah. As curious, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just curi- I, I'm curious too. Curiosity. Take right. him out of James Gunn, away from James Gunn and see how the Russo brothers work with like Chris Pratt and these guys and see how they, I don't know. I think they will be major players, but not there's like. There's two movies though, guys. Not like part of the major story. I feel like but there's two movies, Jake. I agree. I still feel like they're the guys that are going to show up to maybe save the day at the end. Like when all hope looks lost in this battle against Thanos, mm. they'll like show up all of a sudden and help turn the mm. tides. I think they're going to have something to do with it. But I, I think they'll have something. I don't know to do why they show up at the end though. Well, if, like it's, they're part of the cosmic battle. They're out there anyway. They're the only ones that have actually had any interaction with anything close to Thanos, other than maybe Thor. I Th- think for the most part, though, Thanos is going to be on Earth or around Earth during this storyline. Mm. I can't see. Yeah, but I can't see Gamora not trying to track him down. Right. Yeah. I don't think he wants to bring the fight to Earth necessarily because there's so many. You know, there's so many factors involved. And just so many great scenes of, like, characters that don't even know who these Guardians are. Right. Mm-hmm. right. And, like, god dang, if they don't take advantage of fucking uh, Robert Downey Jr. having a conversation with a raccoon, they're mm. out of their minds. Yeah. I mean, there's just so many – there's so many good stories in, in there with the, with the Guardians. Just seeing, like, uh, Vin Diesel as Groot – Interacting with the Hulk. Yeah, I mean, some, I want that too. I'm not saying I don't want that. Yeah, it's just it's just too much for for me to like not want to see or to think that Marvel could be like, no, okay, we'll have them show up last minute when they're like passing up on like people want more gar- guardians. That's yeah. yeah I, I know what you're saying, and it's like it, it kind of makes sense. But as far as like Marvel, like oh my god, can you imagine like you know. Drax and I don't know Drax and I'm trying to think of other characters. Drax and the Hulk would be fun. Drax and the Hulk would be yeah. cool. Yeah, and, yeah. I'm trying to think of the ultimate outcome of the Infinity Gauntlet story. Yeah, you know, which involves more of Gamora and Black Widow. Sorry. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but it, it involves more of people like the Guardians. Yeah. and Adam Warlock. You know, I know, I know they, we have no Adam Warlock yet, but. Not if they go the Illuminati route, then it, it involves more of the Avengers type characters. It's true. The new series, Infinity, yeah. revolved more around that. Yeah, but it's like, why does James Gunn give us all these 
Adam Morlock teases with yeah. the with the cocoon and all that stuff. He's not. Mm-hmm. He's never denying Adam Morlock. He oh just, no, he did. Well, he's saying he's he, not. No, hold on, he did. did he, he did deny he did Adam deny Morlock it. in in the in no. what way? In what way? Verbally, he said it was not he Adam said Morlock. It, but okay. And he said, like, you know, like, that's one of the things, like, people have said that, like, James Gunn is known for is not lying to his fans. Okay. But on the flip side, that is Adam... Jay, it's Adam Warlock's... We know it's Adam Warlock. It's Adam Warlock's cocoon. Yeah. yeah. Artistically from the comic book. And they made a point of showing that cocoon... Open. In the Thor... In the Thor epilogue. Mm-hmm. And they also made a point of showing the cocoon busted open mm-hmm. at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy in the Collector's treasure room. I know. So it makes you think that Adam Warlock got out. Yeah. So I don't I'm not buying it. I still think that there's a chance that we could see Adam Warlock. Would you rather see Adam Warlock or the Illuminati? Adam Warlock. Yeah. Me too. I think there's a bigger chance of Adam Warlock being a major player in the Infinity War story than I do the Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh man, dude, if they could get Adam Warlock into this <sighs> I mean that's 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 all we've wanted since we've read read the Starlin books and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and the Starlin books are just phenomenal, and that's like the relationship between Adam Warlock and Thanos. That's what I want to see on screen. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To to me, that is like leaving out Aragorn from Lord of the Rings. Right. Leaving him out, and then who to face? You know, the, I mean, who? Why would you? Why would but you leave him out? These aren't direct adaptations. They're I not. Mean, we've seen that from. From all of these movies, but from like, Age of Ultron to Winter Soldier to Civil War. Yeah, and it didn't work out, in my opinion, in Age of Ultron. It didn't, it work, didn't out. work out so well in the comic book either. Not many people like the Age of Ultron comic. Yeah. yeah. But I'm saying, what I'm saying is, like, for me, for the fans, I think that I think we need to see an Adam Warlock. Why would you put his cocoon in the fucking collector's room? Yeah. I mean, the major villain of the Infinity War comics is, like, a clone of Adam Warlock. Right. Right, I don't remember what it's what's Magus his, is his Magus. name. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's the major. He's the main villain in that yeah. storyline in the comic book. Which they could do. They could do they that. Could, but nah, I don't they see won't that's do that. not happening. Nah, they won't do that. Do you think the doppelgangers will be a part of this? That's also a main player in Infinity War. I don't. Is each hero faces like a demonized version of themselves? No, unless they tie so. that into Civil War somehow. I don't think that's possible. Yeah, I don't think so. I just I would feel cheated. I would be severely disappointed without Adam Warlock. I'm sorry. Well, but that's what that's what I was brought I, up. No, I, I get it. But if they did replace it with the Illuminati, at least that's something that I can relate to in the comics. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But God damn it. I don't think anything beats that story. But I, I, but I want to see Adam Warlock, and then I want to see the formation of the Illuminati afterwards. Right. Yeah. How yeah. do we deal You'd with these kind of things? You'd rather see the Illuminati yes. than the Infinity Watch, per se. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yes. That's I, a great point. I agree with that. Because you have somebody like Thanos, but you also have somebody like Adam Warlock. How right. the fuck do you deal with this shit? And, and you have the Hulk, for yeah. Christ's sake. And it doesn't matter that, like, we don't have Professor X and stuff like that. I mean, people, they've had different players in the Illuminati. Yeah, we can replace the Illuminati. Right. That'll be fun. Who will be the Illuminati? Right. That'll be fun, like, trying to figure uh, out. I want him to do, like, what Hickman did and, like... Leave Cap out of it. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. That was the best part of the story. Yes, that was the best part of the story. And well, actually, Cap was in it. Cap was like for a in, while in yeah. it, and then like I think somebody mind wiped him or something. Yes, yes said, they did. Fuck off. Yeah. It'd also be fun to have a, a, a member of the Illuminati that isn't revealed to us right away. 
to have the mystery of who is the fifth member of the Illuminati. You know what? Well, you think that Vision would have to be a member of the Illuminati with the fucking stone yeah. right in his forehead. Uh, of course, Doctor Strange will be Doctor a member. Doctor Strange, definitely. You also, I Black mean... Black Panther? Yeah, Black yes. Panther. Black Panther. Yes. Yes. And he always struggled with it in the comics. Yeah. He he struggled with being a member of the Illuminati, so... He was the, the next moral next to Steve. You know, Steve Rogers was too moral. Right. He, he had too That's, much yes. human in him yes. to... Um, You're absolutely right. But that would make sense connected to the Civil War storyline if they did do that. Because you have these heroes versus heroes, so okay, continue that to, all right, we need to keep all of you fuckers in check after this. You guys fought against each other. Maybe some people died. We don't know what happens yet. So therefore, we have to, just like the Justice League, we have to, we have to create this unit that keeps all the heroes in check. Right. That could be fucking true too. I don't know. I don't know which is better though, but for my heart, Fucking Adam Warlock needs to be in these fucking movies. I need uh, to see Adam Warlock. I think we're going to have a better grasp of like what maybe Marvel will do after we finally see Amer- uh, Civil War. I agree. Because I think uh, Age of Ultron was a little too jokey for me. Yeah, and it right, was. And right now, I would say we're not going to get the Illuminati and we're not going to get Adam Warlock. Yeah. yeah. I think um, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 will also be a good litmus test for this stuff. True. To see where they're left off. Yeah. And, you know, we'll be able to see if they're going to connect the dots from that to Infinity oh, War. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Fuck you, Jake. I'm sorry that you disagree with that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Did that fall on the floor? Dude, dude, let me just bring this yeah. up. But I've had people talking they're about. Right below you. I, I, I've talked to people about Star Wars and Guardians, and there are people that actually think that Guardians of the Galaxy is better than Force Awakens. I know that's fucking absurd to you guys, but I've heard that numerous times. They're close. I like Guardians better than The Force Awakens. I think they're both really good films. I don't yeah, think it's, it's, it's anywhere close. near. I think it's close. Really? I wouldn't hate someone for that opinion. Okay. Well, I you're was, you're different than me on that. I respect that opinion. They're both fun films. They're they, they, uh, yeah, they're fun. I'm, like Brian said, Guardians of the Galaxy is probably the best Star Wars movie we've had since Return of the Jedi. It is. Okay. I can see that. I can see that. So it's the it's the last good Marvel movie I saw. Yeah. It's just a weird... Like, La- last great Marvel movie I saw. It jarred opinion. me so much after just seeing The Force Awakens and somebody telling me... No, I, I, I think, like, I think, okay, what ha- Star Wars had a lot for it going in, okay? Everybody knows who st- what Star Wars is. It's been around since 1977. Right. Nobody knew who the fucking Guardians of the Galaxy were. Nobody's reading the, the fucking, the old comics. Yeah. Nobody, nobody's reading that stuff. And so now, now these, now they're, high, now they're household names. Yeah. Which, like... Like, if you were to tell me, like, uh, you know, oh, should they do uh, this comic book series? Could, sh- should they make it a movie? If you would ask me that 10 years ago, like, any any uh, co- any comic book that, like, people haven't heard of. Right. Yeah. If you were to be like, oh, hey, could you make that into a movie? 10 years ago, I'd have been like, no, that's stupid. Yeah, should you make a Moon Knight movie? Should you make a Moon Knight <laughs> yeah. movie? 10 years ago, I'd have been like, no, that's never going to fly. Mm-hmm. But after Guardians of the Galaxy and the success that it had in the box office – and the success that it had on pop culture and the success that it had on the, the Amer- uh, in America, 
people know who Star Lord is. My mom knows who Star Lord is. I mean, it, I know I know <laughs> people that wearing... hate Marvel movies too, mm-hmm. and they love Guardians. Like Guardians of the Galaxy is the exception for a lot of people. That's so crazy. Like it's to the me. one Marvel movie that, that because it's pe- separate from that whole Captain America, Iron Man, all that stuff. Because it, it is cosmic. It right. happens in space. It's not really relying upon those things. The only thing that like that 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 it does have in common with that is maybe like the fact that the Asgardians show up yeah yeah and talk to the collector at one point at the end of Thor right that's it yeah but it still says does such a good job of having human emotions tied into it mm-hmm. you know with Star-Lord and, and his mom and everything and him not knowing who his father is people like get excited for people are excited for the next soundtrack yeah that's true exactly that's true yeah. You know, it's like it's like what's going to be on the mixtape volume two. Yeah, you it's know, almost he, like the Tarantino of superhero yeah, films, yeah. where he just incorporated the music so well, like known music so well into a superhero. Unlike I know, all the other ones. Yeah. Yeah. I know one thing. Like when uh, I, I, there's there's there, I, I, there's uh, two movies that I think could be affected by Star Wars, the resurgence of Star Wars. The first movie, definitely Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. The sequel, mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy. The first one came out before The Force Awakens. Right. The second movie is Star Trek Beyond. Yeah. yeah. What movies I think? What movie do I think is going to take a worse hit? Star Trek Beyond. Oh, for sure. For Guardians sure. of the Galaxy is still going to perform well, I believe. Yeah, especially like Jay saying, there's people that like Guardians of the Galaxy more than Star Wars. Yeah, yeah I just yeah. thought that was absurd, but yeah, I no. I get your point. I guess my perspective on it was a little different, you know, because I'm so engrossed in Star Wars. Right. I was like, you can't fucking compete with Star Wars. Yeah. But you, you can't. You I can. Got, I can gotta, see you gotta, how you got to try to like. I like some of the some of the things that I say on this show. I don't always agree with. Yeah. But I just try to like look at it from like. I, I can see now how the general yeah. public, especially since there was nothing out in between, right. could think that could think that and All get right. into it. Let's move on from this. Let's talk about. Is anybody here excited for the Legion TV series on FX? I am. Yeah. Is that a yeah. DC thing? Yeah. Legion. Uh, no, this is um, this is a Marvel. Oh, the X Men thing. The X Men. This is uh, Charles Xavier's son. Yeah. Mm. Mildly interesting. I like Legion. I like him as a character. So, yeah. are you excited? I I am intrigued. I'm not excited. I'm not ecstatic. Okay. But I'm intrigued by what, you know, possibly they could do with this. We got the Hellfire Club involved. I might be able to change your mind. Okay. I don't think I'll be able to change your mind. Okay. Yeah, I'm not excited. Okay. I think I'll be able to change your mind here. Okay. When I read this statement. FX Networks and FX Okay, remember there's the Hellfire Club that's coming out on Fox Network. Yeah. And then there's the Legion TV show that's going to be on the sister network FX. Mm-hmm. FX Networks and FX Production CEO John Landgraf, which we talked about earlier about Fargo season 3. Yes, yes. Uh, he announced the official pickup of the X-Men spin-off Legion from Fargo series creator Noah Hawley. Are you fucking kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you. Fuck! I had so, no idea. I had no idea. I had no idea either. Yeah, I heard this was possibly one of the reasons that um, Fargo got pushed back to 2017. Holy which shit! Was well, crazy. not necessarily this, but they, FX is also wanting him to work on a third series. Yeah. That, I think, is really affecting Fargo Season 3, is the fact that they're wanting him not only to work on two series, but three series. Wow. <laughs> makes sense. Makes sense. Holy shit. You asked me a month ago 
pre Fargo. Yeah, I hadn't seen an episode of Fargo. Hey Brian, you looking forward to seeing uh, Legion on FX? No, indifferent. Yeah, no, I'm not really not at all. You tell me now that FX is doing this, and <laughs> Fargo series creator Noah Hawley is going to be writing and directing these episodes. Oh fuck. Um. I'm on board. Yeah, now I'm now I'm completely I'm absolutely on board. on board. Yeah. 100%. I think like if anybody can find a good story in anything, what did he do? What did he do? Guys, guys think about this. Let's just look at history. He he went he went back to he went into a well of Fargo. Mm-hmm. A, a, a great movie from 1996, mm-hmm. but he dove back into that well and what did he give us? One of the best seasons of TV I've ever seen. Yeah. Okay. What did he do after Fargo season one? Did they just say, oh, this is a one and done season? No, they dove back into that fucking Fargo well and gave us season two, which was better than season one. <laughs> I know. I know. When How is sh- that possible? Exactly. <laughs> so now you're telling me that the, that Noah Hawley, the writer, director, producer of Fargo season one and season two is going to be involved in a Legion series, a character that I don't give a shit about yeah, at I all. I hate the character. To yeah. Me too. I don't give a shit about but you tell me that he's involved in this series yeah my I, my ears are perked now now i'm interested yeah now i'm interested a guy that fucking took a movie fargo and turned it into two seasons 20 episodes of one of, probably my one of my favorite shows ever yeah exactly and did this and he's involved in this legion series <sighs> wow i'm now i'm intrigued i had no idea now i'm intrigued yeah. now i'm intrigued and people that have watched Fargo season one and Fargo season two know what I'm talking about. It's all about the creative team involved. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talk about like the Transformers movie mm-hmm. and how Transformers five can go to shit. But on the flip side, let's look at the writers' room: Robert Kirkman, Zach Penn, Stephen Denight, mm-hmm. the first showrunner for Daredevil season one. Mm-hmm. Some great names attached. Even though you have Michael Bay directing it, if these guys can rein him in a little bit. We could still be looking at maybe a good Transformers Five. I don't know. Yeah. With oh, that, absolutely. With that, with that new writer, it has the best chances ever. Yeah. And I think Legion has a good chance of being a good TV series. Number one, it's on FX. That's a great sign. FX is putting out good content. And number two, we've got Noah Hawley involved. Dude, I'm just going to be connected to the Fox movies. No. Okay. That's the next thing. Landgraf mentioned that the Legion series will not cross over with the film series. He says it's not in the continuity of those films in the sense that the current X-Men films take place in a universe where everybody on planet Earth is aware of the existence of mutants. Legion takes place in a parallel universe, if you will, where the government is aware mutants exist, but the public is not. Hmm. I wouldn't see characters moving back and forth because they really are parallel universes. Is Professor X still going to be a character? I think he would be mentioned. Mm. Okay. Man. He would be mentioned. Whether he's alive or dead, I don't know. Will Hellfire Club take place in this parallel universe? I hope not. I hope not. An, um, the movie universe or yet a third parallel universe? I hope a third parallel. Okay. I don't want – I want Legion to be completely separate of this. I I think that in the CW realm, mm-hmm. the crossovers work mm-hmm. with Arrow and Flash and Legends of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But in this, FX and Fox, keep it all separate. Yeah, make Keep sense. it all separate. I don't want this show to have to rely on the Hellfire Club or there would be crossover events. Yeah, makes it, sense. It could be the coolest – Story of a mutant, quote unquote, that we've ever had. 
if this is what's going down. Mm. I mean, it could be. It could be fucking amazing. X-Men or not, Professor X or not, this could be like the setup for the, you know, for what everyone goes crazy for in other X-Men films and stuff like that. What is a mutant? I think they've got two out of three right now. Okay? F, uh, they got a good network. Yeah. They've got a great writer yeah. and director. Yeah. But they got a shit character. They got a shit character, but they got a cast. See, that's the thing. That's the thing. You can take a shit character mm-hmm. and make them great. It depends on the actor. Yeah. I, I agree. And the writer. And the writer. So, I mean, we're looking at Iron Man. When we saw there's going to be Iron Man movie. Nobody could have made Iron Man better than Robert Downey Jr. I agree, but I didn't think of Iron Man as a shit character. I'm not saying that either. I'm saying he's a B-list character. But you know what? If they would have cast Mark Wahlberg, I would have said Iron Man's a shit character. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm talking about before the movie. I know that. I understand that. But what I'm saying is if they would have cast Mark Wahlberg or anybody else in there, I would have been like, this is a shit character now. Yeah. True. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't think of Daredevil as a shit character just because Ben Affleck fucked it up, though. Like, I still respected the comic book character. Yeah, but if you're looking at the cinematic version of said character, yeah, it's a shit character. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but I'm, I mean, look at Legion throughout the comic book history. He's never been that compelling. No, never. I mean, they try they try and incorporate him into X Men, and that was probably the best version of him mm-hmm. when he was in the X-Men stories. But as a solo character, yeah. no. I mean, I, I nothing was interesting about him. And they, they brought in a lot of good talent to do that. Right. So with this, it's like, that's the fear. It's like, what do you do with this mutant that's like, he's They're all They're going to completely retool him for this series. It's going to be Legion by name only for it to be good. Unless he doesn't know how powerful he is. Unless they yeah. started off with he does. He has no idea how to. Con- which I think in the comic book too. He does. He's a schizophrenic. Mm-hmm. He he can't control that shit. So that that leads an interesting aspect to the well, story. Well, if you too. would have told me a year ago that a character that would be intriguing would be like uh, this introvert, and uh, wow, you're gonna be you're gonna love this introvert character. What an amazing uh, introvert character! And then then you show me the pilot of Mister Robot. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, great example. I'd be like, okay, I was wrong. That would be a close. That, that would be the closest thing we have to what what this is. Right. I mean, I'd be like, okay, you, I'm wrong. You're and he, right. he's yeah, and that Com- he's, compelling character, you, you win. God damn, yeah, he's compelling. I shit. feel like they're, they're they're gonna start the chalkboard clean with Legion though. Like they're not. I, I bet there's gonna be very little basis off the comic book source material, if any at all. Hmm. We shall see. I don't know, man. Yeah. Uh, They said, uh, Landgraf said that he's uh, very optimistic about Legion, and he says that the scripts are extraordinary. Mm. I'm not doubting that. I mean, I know no Holly's work, and... He's not not, an idiot. I'm not doubting that. Yeah. So. Hmm. All right, we're going to move on here real quick to uh, DC News, eventually. Last night... Batman destroyed my vagina. And now the leftovers are going to destroy DC News. It's time for DC News, you fucking pieces of shit. 
All right. Latina Review posted a possible spoiler for Batman v Superman. Listen to this, guys. Did you guys hear about this? Probably not. No. Lex Luthor and Doomsday aren't the only villains that will be appearing in Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. Now, this is just a rumor. Just what this movie needs more. Yeah. This is just a rumor from Latino Review, but they have been known to be right on many occasions. It turns out that the movie will use Bizarro (laughs) to present a future threat to the Justice League. With people claiming to have seen the film beginning to pop up or garner attention on Reddit, it might seem like this is just the newest in a line of possible Superman villains that might appear. But it is not. Bizarro's appearance isn't speculation knitted together from other pieces of info or one of our usual hot rumors that can sometimes be in dispute. Bizarro will appear in Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice hmm. as part of the setup for <sighs> Zack Snyder's upcoming Justice League Part 1. Aye, aye, aye. So not only have we seen – not only do we know that – you know, we get Doomsday or Wraith or whoever that fucking, you know, overpowered Ninja Turtle is. <laughs> we get that. Yeah. We've got Lex Luthor in there. And we might have Lex Luthor in the mech suit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. From the toys. But yeah. now they're saying Bizarro is in this film? Yeah. yeah. I love Bizarro, too. He's one of my favorite Superman villains. Yeah. I Yeah, but are they going to keep it... True to the comic book Bizarro. Fuck no. No, absolutely not. Because that's what I love is his power set is so awesome. Yeah, I love him as a character. Him as a character. I just love, like, the opposite powers of Superman. Yeah. He he can see through lead. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I don't know, just just shit like that I I really love. But do you think, like, a lot of people were saying, like, uh, in the first trailer that we saw, when Lex Luthor puts his hand on, like, Superman's face or something like that. They mm. were saying that that was Bizarro. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Remember yeah. that rumor? Oh yeah, yeah. Do you think that uh, because in the in the comic books, I mean, there have been different iterations of Bizarro, mm-hmm. um, and one of those iterations is one that Lex created. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He didn't he like a he had like a duplicator gun that he <laughs> made. Yeah, and he created. The first, the first, one of the first Bizarros came from Superboy. Yeah. Right. One was like a parallel universe. One was a parallel universe. One, one, one didn't like Krypton. The Kryptonians do it first, create mm. the first Bizarro. I don't remember that. No. And then one came from like a scientist on Earth created one from. They created like the duplicator gun and yeah. got the Superboy one, and then and then Lex created one. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Yeah, I know it's. But I, I'm saying it works with the comics, and we like. But it's like, who is Lex creating? Does he create Doomsday or does he create Bizarro? Because we already saw like Michael Shannon in the body bag. Yeah, right. That's that's insane. Oh man, the biggest villain in this movie sounds like the writer. <laughs> it's crazy. I don't know. I don't know what to believe or what not to believe, man. Yeah. Like I've seen the toys, and like we get a mech set, uh, mech suit Lex. Yeah. I thought that was too much, and now they're saying like that. Doomsday and Bizarro all in one film? This movie needs Mr. Mixpolix. Yeah. Stat. <laughs> Immediately. That would really round this movie out, in my opinion. I, I honestly think this is just stemming from everything that we were trying to piece together very early on. I think anyone could come to this conclusion, but it's not correct. I think we all could have said, well, yeah, possibly Bizarro's going to be in this. I know you want this movie to be great, Jim. No, I'm not saying it's going to be good. I'm saying we saw Zod. Yeah. 
I'm saying we think that he's not Doomsday, mm-hmm. and that the uh, the obvious conclusion that everyone's jumping to now is that he's Bizarro. I don't I don't believe. I it think Zod second. is Doomsday. I don't believe it for a second. I think Zod is Doomsday. I don't know if he's Doomsday or not, but I'm saying he's not Bizarro. I'm saying Bizarro is not in this. I'm I don't thinking believe that it. they they use his DNA to create some form of doomsday. I'm not disagreeing with you on that at all. I'm just saying, as far as Bizarro's concerned, I don't see it. I think people are putting together shit that they're but picking like, up from uh, the trailers. What else do... I mean, what else does this movie need? I mean, I, I mean, so we we get doomsday, and then, like, all of a sudden, do we get, like, a kryptonite steroid-injected Lex Luthor? I don't plus, know. Plus, on top of that, oh, we're not done yet. Here's Bizarro as well. I think the biggest... How thr- much do you need in this fucking movie, Jay? The biggest threats <laughs> here look No, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's say it's all true. Let's say it's I'm all... I'm not. Tr- I'm not no. saying this is true at all. I'm saying hypothetically. I'm okay. asking you. Okay. Let's say it's all true. Okay. We get Doomsday. We get Mech Suit Lex. Mm. We get Bizarro in this film. We're getting Flash. We're getting Aquaman. We're getting Wonder Woman. We're getting yeah. you know Batman, Superman, <laughs> Aquaman. Bat- Everybody, <laughs> everybody's in this movie. We're getting Jimmy Olsen this time. We're getting yeah. uh, Lois Lane. Lois Lane. We're getting uh, everybody. We're getting uh, fucking uh, Alfred. Yeah, uh, Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Banner, <laughs> right? We're getting everybody. Bruce Banner. We're getting everybody in this movie. Yeah, Aragorn. <laughs> when yeah. is too much? Too much? Uh huh. I, I don't know. Too much? Too much? I don't know what Can't, we have. What? Yet. No, no. Hold the fuck on. When? Do, hold on. I remember 2013, mm. San Diego Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Harry Lennox coming out on stage quoting. The Frank Dark Knight, yeah, Miller's Dark Knight Frank Returns. Mm-hmm. I was excited. Yeah, I, w- I know you were. I, I remember. I fucking hate Man of Steel. Harry Lennox comes out there, starts quoting the Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, and we see the Batman Superman logo, and everybody here uh, fucking thought, "Oh my God, we're getting Batman fighting Superman." Yeah, <laughs> that's the fucking movie I wanted. Yeah, and now you're telling. No, hold on. Now you're telling me I get Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Flash. Doomsday, Bizarro, Mechlex, <laughs> Jimmy Olsen, a partridge, a pear tree, everything, Jay. It's fucking bullshit. I know. And I can't. I'm getting fucking sick of people still defending this fucking shit. I'm not defending it. I know. I'm saying I'm listening to other people that are still defending this shit. I heard him defending shit. it, Brian. I'm not fucking defending <laughs> I'm getting sick of people defending this shit yeah. when I wanted a much more personal story. And yes, you can argue with me and say that you know dark uh that uh you know the the dark knight returns had the joker in it and had all these other different characters involved Mm -hmm. but the but i mean that what they promised us when harry when when harry lennox came out on stage was batman v superman that he didn't quote the joker he didn't quote uh, uh the mutant leader he he didn't quote uh harvey dent he quoted, he quoted Batman talking to Superman and saying, I want you to remember this day, yeah. the day where I beat you. Yeah, why can't we have Batman v Superman? And that's the fucking movie. Like, the Justice League movie is two fucking movies. Oh, but people will argue with you, Jake, and they'll say, well, it's called Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Uh. You're supposed to know that this is about the culmination of the Justice League. 
It's about the comments, about bringing them together, Jake. And you know what my, you know what I say to those fucking people? <laughs> what do you say? I say, you know what? It should just be called Batman v Superman in the first place. They fucked up when they oh, called it I, Dawn of Justice. You know, I agree with this. That Dawn of Justice shit is so fucking dumb. It's dumber than the fucking V. Yeah. Yeah, it should be be Batman versus Superman. Hey, man, when there's a fucking title fight on the UFC, yeah, or there's two fucking heavyweights in boxing, yeah, dude, who who's a bigger fucking fucking match? Who's a bigger title card than Batman versus Superman? Yeah, they're not hyping the next fight. No, they're they're, hyping that fight. Oh, and they're not hyping the fact that these guys are gonna shake hands afterwards. Yeah. uh... Holyfield versus Tyson, but afterwards they're going to sit together and have a little discussion. <laughs> it's going to be like watching The View. It's stupid. It, yeah, should be, stupid. it should be Batman versus Superman, and that's how this goddamn movie needed to end. We should be arguing about whether or not they're going to be enemies or friends at the end of this and if, movie. Exactly. Exactly. The fact, the, the, the fact is uh, that... Jay, I understand you may, you know, you may want this movie to be great, and I do too. Yeah, I can wish in one hand, shit in the other. Yeah, but the everything that's leading me to believe that this movie is going to be any good, they keep stripping it from me. I don't disagree with I you. Know. It's starting to look like DC's Fantastic Four, in my opinion. It's you know what all the all all of my hope started to get stripped when they when they cast Ben Affleck, mm-hmm. and you can say, oh Brian, get over it. Ben Affleck's our Batman, and blah, 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 blah. But I cannot tell you that Ben Affleck's a serviceable actor, but I, I think they could have gotten somebody better, even to this day. I agree. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. I'm not disagreeing. I think that second trailer like blew all my hopes out the fucking window. I mean, I, I there was nothing exciting about that, and it took... Even the teaser trailer before that, I still was like, "Okay, this might this is going to be cool." Yeah. And then they showed that new trailer with Doomsday, and I'm not I'm not saying that Doomsday is the be all end all in this movie. I absolutely disagree that he's a major fucking character. In why movie. is he in this movie? He's there for fucking fodder. What? No. Why he's, is why is set he, up? Set up. It's all. Why set are up. you blowing your load with Doomsday in this film when you could have Man of Steel two, and that's where you face Doomsday. It's the most successful, highest selling Superman story in existence. And you're gonna fucking gonna put it, spit it, it out s- in this crap. You're gonna put yeah. it. And some people are saying that Jake. They're saying that's not even in the third act. That it's part of the second act. That's mm. even more fucking. Ridiculous. That's even more fucking ridiculous. Mm. The third act for apparently mech suit Luther and fucking Bizarro. And then the epilogue is going to be fucking introducing Bizarro. I understand that you want to build this world and you want to catch up to Marvel. Mm -hmm. But you know what? Part of the problem is that you've taken three fucking years to come out with a sequel to anything. You can't catch up to Marvel in two movies. Right. And it feels like that's what they're trying to do. It does. They want Justice League to be like movie number four or movie number five. And it's like you just can't be that fast with it. The thing is, Jay, I'm sitting here, I'm ranting, I'm raving, and I'm bitching about this. Yeah. And it's not because I don't love the characters. Oh, yeah. It's because I want the best movie. Yeah, I, I don't disagree And with I, I'm worried. I'm worried that they're not going to give us the best representation of Batman v, uh, versus Superman in this movie. And I think that that 
I think that they're t- they're they're kind of sidestepping that story, and they're just like, okay, we're going to lead you into Dawn of Justice and Justice League Part One and Part Two, and I I think that's been a problem with the Marvel movies too, with Age of Ultron kind of just setting up Civil War, yeah, and like everything in this in Age of Ultron really doesn't matter. I also think they're yeah. letting DC. DC Cinematic is letting Marvel's success cloud their vision yes. a little bit too, which is very frustrating. To so me. do you think that do you, so? Do you think it's are you blaming the studio more than the director and the writer, or a, a, a little bit? I sounds feel like, like it, yeah. I feel like a mandate came out with the success because at one point it was like it's the no joke policy with the DC universe. What did we get in, in the second trailer? Nothing but jokes. Yeah, yeah. is she I, with you? Yeah, I feel like that's, that's. I thought she was with you. That's even in the soundtrack listing. I feel that's like, one of the tracks. I in feel the like that's a direct like cause and effect from the success of Marvel movies, and I'm DC should not have let that cloud there. I wasn't the biggest fan of Man of Steel and how super serious it was, but I did respect the vision that they had and that they they stuck to their guns with what they wanted to present. And I don't feel like Batman v Superman is sticking to its guns anymore. And what Snyder and Goyer wanted to present with these characters. So it's like they're selling out. I feel like it is a yeah. little bit. Yeah. I think they're listening to too much of the fucking people that make fucking comments. And those people are fucking retarded assholes. But then, but then you look at like Suicide Squad and it's like the opposite of selling out in my opinion. Except for Will Smith. No, And the reason I'm saying it's the opposite of selling out is because like – are they giving us the Joker that everyone wants to see? Well, yeah. They're not. No. They're clearly not. That's not like the Joker. Like, if if you were to ask me, like, oh, Brian, what do you want to see from Joker? I would say, yes, Jared Leto is a great casting. But aesthetically, that's not what I'm looking for. But in a sadly, Joker. I see a lot of people that are super happy with that look, though. Mm. I don't know. I mean, that Empire cover. There's, I, I see fucking people flipping out for that yeah, shit. When it same came out. fucking people that are watching the Shannara Chronicles on MTV. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, that Twilight bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> that Teen Wolf fucking meets Game of Thrones crap. So uh, it's such a tough call, man. I, I I do think I honestly think that too many of these studios listen to the people that make comments, and those are not necessarily the people that actually. But Warner Brothers is supposed to be the filmmaker studio. And I don't they're think not. They're, they're I don't not. think they're listening to the comments. I think they're listening to the fucking money. Well, that too. That too. Yeah, I think they're definitely listening yeah, to the money. Yeah, I mean, as they well. were definitely not happy with the performance of Man yeah. of Steel. But look at what most of society is right now. It's a bunch of dumb motherfuckers. I, I'm sorry to generalize it, but we're dealing with a society that is the most uneducated it has been in a long fucking time. And these are the people that go and spend money they don't fucking have on these fucking movies. And they're like, yay, it's good. I love it. That's what we're fucking dealing with. Yeah. But the movies that are good are the movies that don't subscribe to that. The movies that later on you're like, God damn it, that's still good. That's still good. It wasn't based. They didn't make it on what the fucking masses thought. The masses crucified Jesus Christ. I hate to bring that up, but that's what happens when you fucking. Wow, we are getting really heavy. When you fucking ask what the masses want, <laughs> they should add that into Batman v Superman. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, act 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 number three: the crucifixion. If you, <laughs> Eric Bana comes back to reprise his role as Jesus Christ. If nice. you ask the masses what they should do with Muslims, look at the goddamn answer. It's not right. 
But that's what happens. <laughs> and I think that these studios listen to they you're right. I'm not disagreeing with you at all. Yeah. I'm saying that's what they do listen to. It's a shame that, that that's what happens here after they, yeah. they stuck to their guns. You but know? I don't know and you're right, like what we've been brought Man of Steel I thought was a beautiful movie. I agree. I still I still think of the visuals. I, I think about a lot of I it. I love that movie. I don't see the same stuff coming from this next one. I don't. I don't. But I don't. I also don't know what the. I think it comes down to the casting too. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I mean, uh, say what you want to about Man of Steel, but like Michael Shannon is is a phenomenal actor. Michael Shannon's great. Michael Shannon is a phenomenal actor. Yes, he is. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen him give a bad performance. No, he blew me away. Ninety nine homes. Awesome. Ninety nine homes, phenomenal. Yeah. And it's like. I think with this one, I mean, you bring in uh, uh, a, a woman that was best known for, what is it, Fast and Furious movie? Yeah. And then you bring in Ben Affleck. And you still have Cavill. Mm-hmm. Cavill, there's nothing wrong with Henry Cavill. In <laughs> I have no problem with Cavill. As like, from what I hear from, like, critics that actually enjoyed, like, The Man from U.N.C.L.E., they said, like, Cavill was, like, the scene stealer mm. in that film. They were, like, Army Hammer's the guy that kind of, like... Have you seen that? No, and I really want to. Mm. But, like, from what I hear is, like, he is the scene stealer. Mm. And, like, Army Hammer's kind of like the, ooh, okay. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's one of those things, like, um, I don't know. I, it's just, I, I feel like instead of bringing in real actors, in my opinion, they, they kind of, I don't know. I, it's just upsetting. The trailer should have been exciting as fuck. Well, I think the first—I think the first trailer was. Yeah, but this new one—that's their main trailer right now. But it, but it was. It was. It, it, people were getting so excited about Ben Affleck after that first trailer. Mm-hmm. It was tricks and mirrors, guys. I just feel like it's so it was weird. Smoke, that yeah, smoke and mirrors. Movie one is like they—they they, they go for a specific tone, and then movie two is fucking bubblegum. It's not that tone. Like at what all. the fuck? Yeah. How did they go from Man of Steel to this bubblegum mm-hmm. shit? Mm-hmm. And I know you're going to think I'm crazy here, Jake, but like my the least problem I had with, and I know this is crazy, but the least problem I had with that last trailer, yeah, was Jesse Eisenberg. He was the least of my problems in that trailer. Yeah, like, yeah, very minimal. He was one of many to me. He was the least of my problems in that. Like the biggest problem I had was like Affleck mm-hmm. and his interactions with Clark, because like that's like the one thing that I was like looking forward to the most, and I didn't get that feeling. Of like watching those two interacting, and it was bubblegum, and getting chills, because like they're already showing them to, like I want to see Batman v Superman. Yeah, they're cracking jokes, and with they're each cracking other. jokes with one another. We're already seeing these two. I thought she was with you. We're already seeing that in the trailer, right? And so it, it strips, it takes away any 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 tension between those two characters that I was looking forward to in the movie, and I wanted to see a scene. Of like, and I know we're not going to get Oliver Queen in this movie. Why not? Throw him in there too. Well, uh, no. <laughs> I, I, I know we're not going to get like. I know we're not going to get a Frank Miller movie here. I know that now. I thought that's what we were getting. It's, yeah, it's like they pulled a prank on you. They it's did. Like they I punked feel, your ass. I feel like I got punked, man. Yeah. From that fucking that announcement at San Diego Comic Con. They were saying Zack Snyder had like dinner with fucking Frank Miller. Right. Did he tell him there? Hey, I'll, I'll get the check because I'm gonna shit all over your fucking story. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> he worked with him on 300 too. 
I mean, I, I blame this on the current climate. This is what people want. Mm-hmm. This isn't what we want. This is what the average yeah, Marvel I, movie I, goer is saying but, but, but online I, but, to everybody. But this is Warner Brothers. This is not Marvel Studios. This is Warner Brothers. They don't that, insult the that, Marvel that claims that, I'm just saying that's that claims to be the filmmaker's studio, and they're selling out to the money. Yeah, they don't care. They're listening to what the bottom line is going to be, and they're listening to the Marvel movie going on. They're audience. listening to the typical movie going on. When I audience. saw the joking fucking bullshit, I was immediately, this is exactly what the Marvel fucking, I'm not, I'm not discounting every Marvel fan. I'm not saying I'm not a Marvel fan. I fucking grew up with Marvel comics, so don't call me a fucking, I'm not, I am a Marvel fan. But, this is what I'm seeing. They are responding to how well those movies did. They want the immediate cash cow. They got it. They got it. Even jokes aside, we didn't like it, but that doesn't mean most yeah, of the movie. Yeah, Batman v Superman is going to make a shit ton of fucking money. Yeah, it's we going to it's going to make double what Man of Steel did. What we wanted. Oh yeah, easily. If what we more, wanted was easily. presented at Comic Con. What we wanted. When he said that shit from Frank Miller, I was ecstatic. Yeah. I was like, yes, finally. Yes, they're, they are going to make the movie I've always wanted. The Batman movie I've always wanted. And yeah, they went with that from the beginning. I still think, I still think that, I still think that we are, we are at least, I think we are at least two to three movies past Batman v Superman before we should be seeing any kind of Dawn of Justice. Oh, I totally agree. I, yeah. I totally agree. Remember at one point when we used to think Batman was going to be a detective in Batman v Superman? Yes. Yeah. Yep. What well, we hoped. <laughs> Which would have been the good story. What we wanted. Yeah. Not going to happen. Now it's like, I don't even, I always wanted to kind of see like a court of owls played out. Yeah. And now with the casting of Ben Affleck and what I've seen from these trailers, it's like, no, absolutely not. Yeah. I think it's too sophisticated for what they believe the average comic book movie going on. Well, it's upsetting because but they made a sophisticated movie to start with. At they least. did. Agreed. Yeah. They did. Yeah. Man of Steel was that movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they went away from that for more money. <laughs> they don't yep. care. They don't give a fuck. Guys, you can like Batman. You can like Superman as much as you want to, but uh, I don't know. You can. I guess you can even like that trailer, but uh, I don't know why. I, I think the most disappointing thing is, and the, the thing that I think makes us all angry, or at least me and you, makes us the most angry, is that they're shitting on Man of Steel. They're, they're going to poo-poo all over that movie. Yeah. They're going to continue it with this, and that's going to shit on everything that was good It about should that. upset you. It's like basically the studio agreed with me, and that should upset you. What do you mean? Well, they decided that they didn't have faith in the way they did Man of Steel. Uh-huh. He, Jake, whatever, Jake did not like Man of Steel. Yeah. Okay. The things oh, yeah. that Jake hated about Man of Steel, me and you love. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the studio sided with me and decided, "Fuck the fans of Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. We're gonna, we're gonna just fucking throw that out the fucking window, and we're gonna make this- nobody could make Jake happy when it came to Man of Steel. Right? I'll be like, I, before the movie even came out, I asked Jake. I said, "What could you? What could we? What could they do to make you happy?" And Jake was like, "More action, more punching, maybe punching robots." What happened in Man of Steel? 
Go back and listen to those episodes. Oh, I, I agree. I what said happened? that, but that's He's, coming off of there's Superman more punching, Returns. There's more punching. He punches the shit out of that fucking robot that's terraforming everything, and Jake still said, "Fuck that movie." Yeah, I did. I so did. it doesn't it doesn't matter. Like seriously, like Man of Steel, Lois Lane could have walked into the fucking theater and given him a blowjob, and Jake would have still tossed that fucking movie. It doesn't matter. Amy Adams could have fucking rode his cock during that entire fucking film, and Jake would have been like, "That movie sucked." <laughs> Probably. Yeah, I mean, that's coming off of Superman Returns. It's hard not to think I need more action in a Superman movie to like it. Well, I know. But it's like we went from one extreme to the other with that I, last 45, 50 minutes. Yeah, we know. We all know Singer's amazing at action sequences. I think it's just the weirdest turn of things. I, I think, yes, I was super hopeful about this. And I think they did. I think the studio took this turn... And now I'm just like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm -hmm. This is not at all what I expected from your Comic-Con announcement. On forward to your teaser trailers. I'm on board. I'm on board. And then it's just like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. And I think that's what we're going to be left with. Okay. let me. This is the final question before we take a break here real quick. Is this going to be another instance? Could this be another instance where we're going off the handle right now? Like X-Men. And we're going to have a Days of Future Past moment. I don't know. I, it's like, the, how... For that to be the case, then all of these characters will have to rock your fucking socks. Like Wonder Woman will have to rock your socks. Ben Affleck will have to rock your socks, Brian. Yeah. Like, like, will all of these elements? Are you going to eat crow on no, the no, whole no. fucking pie? No, no, no. Cavill could nail it for me. Cavill could nail it for me. Per, this movie, he could be great at Superman because I liked him. I really liked him. He's. Not, I'm not saying he's better than Christopher Reeve. I'm just saying, I really liked him in the original Superman I Man of Steel movie. Yeah. I, I did like him. He had the heart and soul. Man. I liked him. Yeah. But on the flip side, if Ben Affleck does not rock my socks, dude, this is at minimum a taste it. Right. Yeah. It's fucking Batman. Who's, I, I think, uh, do we all agree he's higher up in our likability than Superman? Batman? Yeah. Fuck, I hate Superman. Far and above. Oh, I don't hate Superman. But but Batman's I don't more. I don't love comic book Superman, mm. but I love Christopher Reeve. Oh, I do Superman. too. I, I love that's, Christopher Reeve Superman. That's too. where my attachment is from. Like comic book Superman has really never done that much for right. me, but like on the flip side like comic book Batman has. Yeah. Like I love comic book Batman and I love movie batman yeah for the most part that's the hardest thing to overcome because I, I agree with you i think cavill did a great job as superman i'm cool with him yeah i'm totally fine with that i'll watch that movie over and over again right and i'll love him every time but yeah me too batman is the one you need to nail and mm. if you don't if you're gonna bring him into this and you don't nail it fuck it all the people that are like all for Ben Affleck's Batman, I think, are insane because like the guy has not proven anything as an actor, in my opinion. Mm. He's a better director. He's better behind the camera than he is in front of it. Yeah, he's in a ton of terrible movies. He's in a ton of terrible movies. He won one Golden Globe as a supporting actor in L.A. Confidential, and he has like maybe ten minutes on screen. It seems like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what the what the why people are just like turning. I think people are they let the initial announcement kind of like wear off on them. They got sucked into how good he looked in the suit. That first trailer, he had like barely any lines. It was all action, basically. Yeah. And then by the time the next trailer came out, it was all action. Yeah. And by the time the next trailer came out, even though it was crappy, they had just tried to convince themselves. Like no, it's gonna be fine. 
It's going to be fine. I want it to be good. I want I, If I want it to be good, Jake, it'll yeah. be good. If I want it to be good, it's going to be good. And look at the press. Look at the press. The press is like, oh, Ben Affleck was awesome. That's why we're doing more and more with him from now on. That was that was all we've heard. That's all we've been hearing. Oh, this is the reason we're going to continue this franchise because he was so good. We want him in his own solo <laughs> films because he was so good. I think that they are kind of they're spinning it. Well, they're stroking him because I think Warner Brothers is. I think that's Warner Brothers people kind of stroking him because they want him to come back and direct the Batman movie. They think he's yeah, a sure I bet. Agree. Yeah. yeah, Batman v Superman. It's going to be fucking terrible. Just like Man of Steel. I'm not saying that. I'm going to wait. I'm going to hold out on it. If I were to judge it right now, yeah, I would say every based on everything that I've seen up to this point, it's going to be awful. Now, the when the movie comes out. Then it has to prove to me that it's going to be good. I just because like going into Age of Ultron, Jake. Yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, everything I've seen from this movie, awesome. Yeah, this movie is really going to have to fucking. It's going to have to. It's really going to have to take a nosedive to prove to me that it's not awesome. I feel like, like it's easier though to fool you into thinking you're going to like a movie than to fool you the other way around. If you know what I'm saying. For, yeah, on the but let's look at Days of Future Past. Yeah. I mean, we all shat on that movie. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, it was my favorite comic book movie of last year. Yeah. And everything that I had seen of it, I thought it was fucking awful. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not saying there are more cases. I understand. More cases when it looks awful, it is awful. Yeah. And, you know, more often than not, more, you're disappointed but, more often than you're but surprised. They, they can, surprised. I mean, I've seen I've seen great trailers turn into shit movies. I, yeah. I just I, I know Zack Snyder, just like Man of Steel. This is going to turn into basically the end of a Transformers movie for the last 45 minutes, which is going to be nothing but fucking action and shit blowing up. Like, they're all substance is going to be thrown out the fucking window for the last 45 minutes. Well, if that says anything, you taste every fucking Transformers movie that's ever came yeah, out. Yeah, but it doesn't <laughs> pretend to be a different movie <laughs> for the saying. first... to say, But it doesn't pretend to be something different for the first... Like, I... When I reviewed Man of Steel, I... At the beginning, I'm like, wow, I am liking this movie. That oil rigger scene? Yeah. I'm like, wow, this is, this is some good stuff here. I'm actually pleasantly surprised. And it, it wasn't until... I'm falling asleep because they're just punching each other through vi- through buildings and shit for the last thirty plus fucking minutes. And I was to- I was checked out, man. I, I love that. Out. I love that stuff. Like the first time he's punching her, it's because uh, over his mother, and then the next time he's they're they're getting in a fight, it's because it's because of uh, Michael Shannon's General Zod has lost everything that he's ever lived for. He was programmed to fight for the Kryptonian people and now the people are gone. Yeah, but that moment nothing. lasts 20 plus fucking minutes. Like, I, he's throwing him into a gas station. He's throwing him into a fucking Sears. He's throwing him into a fucking Carl's Jr. Like, yeah. I did that I one think, plot think, I, beat I, didn't justify that much mindless action to me. You like, know what? It didn't hold my attention at all. I think, you know, why, you know why it worked for me is because it was like people had been asking for that forever. That's what we want to see is like Superman fucking hitting people and punching people. And that's why, uh, you know, when you think about Superman 2, you know, the, the Donner film, mm-hmm. like that's part of the reason that people love that movie is because like you got him punching, you know, fucking Zod. Fighting and, Kryptonians fighting instead Kryptonian. of Lex Luthor. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so. But even that movie doesn't overdo it. Where it's just like just so it's just like mindless by the end of Man of Steel to me. 
Well, they break it up. I mean, there's this, there's the city scene, and then Superman flies away. Yeah. And then they break it up, and then they kind of like, I guess they kind of fight again when he tricks them at the end. Yeah. But I just, I still don't see how that's different from Avengers. How's that different from the the it's, ending it, of Avengers? It just doesn't bore me. I'm not just sitting well, there. Well, that's like because bored. it's more than it's a team, and you're you're you get to see all these team members. I think that's that's why that's more interesting. Oh, yeah. yeah, here's here's yeah. Hulk and Thor teaming up against like this Chitari space whale. Yeah. Okay. Now let's cut to you know Iron Man, and he's flying around, and you have all these reveals about themselves. Here's here's Captain America throwing his shield at some more Chitari. Here's Black Widow and Hawkeye, and right. they're doing. It's a team. But with Superman, that whole scene was you fucked with my parent, you fucked with my mom. And that's what that whole scene was. But it's the same thing to me as the Avengers. The Avengers mm-hmm. was more interesting because you're seeing all these oh, different the, the perspectives. Avengers, the Avengers was like, yeah, like you're saying. I think there's a little bit more behind the Superman thing. It's because like, dude, you fucking, you fucking like laid my mom out. Yeah. You touched my fucking mother. Right. I'm going to kick your ass for kicking, you know, tr- for trying to hurt my mother. He waited until and that point to be like, the, all right, fuck you. The Avengers, the Avengers are like, it's we're like, going to stop you because you're invading our planet. Yeah. The, the plot line is the unity of the team, though, more so in that than it is the fighting the villain. It's the culmination of these guys getting together. The whole movie up until that point was these guys fighting with each other, yeah. basically. Yeah, but I, I thought, what, co- what, not disagreeing with you. What, yeah, I'm not disagreeing with you. I think, I think we agree. I just, I, I think we're talking about like, like which which story we're more compelled to we're more compelled to and I'm more compelled to like you've got this character who has like the powers of god and he's 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 forced to choose like am I going to am I going to choose the route of like my people the kryptonians or am I going to choose the route of like the the planet that I've lived on like my mother and like these people don't even appreciate and he's me. holding back the whole time yeah. the whole movie it's it's basically hold back hold back hold back be more human be more human and then at that point he's like no you fucked with my mom yeah, fuck it, it I'll destroy all these people and I don't think he destroyed anybody and then, and then yeah. another, thing, another thing that people bitch about is like the whole kissing scene at the end of the movie and for me I felt like it did work because you have this woman her main job is to report things yeah and the one thing that she didn't report was that this guy is Superman and he could trust her. You he know? could trust her. And like they guys were men, there's men and women mm-hmm. and they just went through like an, an, an adrenaline pumping experience and they kissed. I don't care how much destruction just happened at the end of speed. Keanu Reeves still made out with fucking Sandra Bullock. Yeah, but you Fight saw, Club, you saw the, the connection the between the two actors. And I like still there was saw chemistry the, there. There was still chemistry because he saved her life when it came down to... There was story chemistry, but there my, wasn't actor chemistry in my I opinion. Felt like, I felt like there was, uh, there was a chemistry when he saved her life, and I felt like when they were talking together and he felt like he could trust her, finally somebody that he could trust with his secret. The only the only other woman in his life he'd be able to trust with that secret was his mother. Mm-hmm. This I'm sure that Clark probably hooked up with other women. Yeah. In the past. It's it may I don't know, he may may have been able to kill him if he did. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I don't know how I've, that works. Se- I've seen Man of Steel like five times now, yeah. and every time I see it, my my takeaway is I really enjoy Amy Adams in it. 
But when they're together, Amy Adams and Canville, the chemistry is terrible. Hmm. Like she outshines him so much in chemistry. There's no chemistry. I, 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 I felt like she was really great when she was like snippy at the beginning when she was talking about the dick measuring contest. Yeah. After that, I didn't see the Pulitzer Prize winning actress, uh, the Pulitzer Prize winning journalist. I, I think that's the I writing more than the acting, though. I blame the writing there. But I thought, like, uh, as far as seeing, like, her being kind of like a, uh, a strong uh, Pulitzer Prize winning, you know, uh, journalist, I didn't see that anymore in the film. I felt like a lot of her walls came down really quickly. Oh, yeah. She's him. a damsel in distress, and then she kisses her fucking hero. It's mm. terrible. The thing, I, no, I, I, I don't agree with that 100%. I, I felt like, I felt like it was the, the connection that they had, like I said, was because of the fact that he was able to share his secret with her. And she didn't spread it to the rest of the world. And he felt that connection. It's the only woman other than his mother that mm-hmm. he's been able to share this experience with. There's a bond there. Yeah. No, it's an unspoken bond. I just, I felt it. The bond was too quick and not conveyed with any good acting. And it was a terrible, like the screenplay didn't support I, it. But sometimes, think- sometimes it, you just look at somebody and yeah. there's an instant attraction. You don't have to have like all this fucking like, Back and forth rom com bullshit with two beautiful people pretending they don't like each other. But it's Lois and fucking Clark. It's not just two people. I know, you but have to have that connection, that rom com fucking connection. It's Lois and fucking Clark. No, you don't, because think about real life. Most relationships. not real life. No, no, no. Fine. Yes, it is. Yes, it is, because think about real life. Most people who. Don't end- make them so goddamn good looking then, Jim. Because <laughs> <laughs> Henry Cavill is like cut from a fucking like. That makes Stone. Lois even more of a slut. No, it's if not. It's not. Think about all the people that hook up because that's who they work with. It's not. It's not necessarily this big romantic. I got to know him thing. I work with that person, so yeah, we ended up together because we're attracted. It, it's simple. It's uh, simple attraction. It's simple. That's my problem. With it, it is. It's not. It, I, he didn't know anybody else. That's what his life was. So that's more realistic than saying I'm going to go I after. Blame, this I blame person. her more than him. I, I'm I'm okay if if he's going to get some. Then go, I think go they shared. A, I think they shared a lot together. I'm not. I don't know what you guys are talking about right now. But I think they shared a lot together. She met. She got to meet like a version of his father. He helped her escape. She kept his secret. Mm-hmm. She, I mean, there was a lot that they kind of shared together. And I feel like adrenaline's pumping. Things, I mean, if it's the end of the world and you could die and you got somebody pretty in front of you, you might want to make out with them before you fucking die. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I just think there was, I think that it's Lois and Clark. It's just, there's, there's some try, there's some kind of an attraction. Some people just immediately just go like that. So I wanted that to be the case, but that's my, my whole thing is I never get it with those two. Those two actors never have that chemistry. That's why this is like the they, most divisive movie ever. They don't earn that kiss. They for, don't earn it. For me, they did earn it. For me, I felt it. Like I, when they kissed, it's like, okay, I get it. I get it. And, it, it, it. and and when I look at that kiss, I always go back to that scene where they're talking in the graveyard. Mm-hmm. When he's, when, when she meets him in the graveyard and, you know, he's at the graveyard. I think it's, he's looking at, uh, Paul Kent's, yeah. uh, you know, gravestone. Yeah. And she's talking to him. I think that's the moment right there. That like when they kiss, like that's the moment. Like that's the moment right there where things could have gone like one way and they didn't. Like she could have like like at that moment like she had all the power. Like as powerful as he is, like she had all the power. She could have gone to the press and she could have like but she didn't. 
Okay. And, like, I feel like with her being, like, he already saved her life. And, like, with her not, um, with her not, you know, outing him, she, 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 he looked at her as, like, kind of like, I know this sounds weird, but his mother, his mother would never give him up. His mother always tried to protect him. And I, I think there was kind of like that bond there. Like, his mother tried to protect him. She tried to protect him. This is a good woman. Like, what? Like, you know, like, like, this is a good woman. Like, he's thinking to himself, like, wow, holy shit. And, like, this is a woman. It's her job to report this kind of shit. I just, the movie didn't, con- you convey it better than the fucking movie does. Yeah. Like, the movie doesn't convey that story to me that's, very well. But see, like, me. The actors don't convey that story to me very well. That's what I You get. may see better into it. But yeah. the movie didn't fucking. That's what I got from it, though. I'm not, I, and I'm saying that's why these movies are subjective, because everybody gets a different experience when they watch them. And so when you got when you watch the movie, maybe you didn't get that. And maybe I'm not right. Maybe that's not what it's supposed to be. But that, that's what I got out of it. Like when 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 I thought when I when that kiss when I saw that kiss, I always went back to that graveyard scene. Yeah, I always went back to that. I always thought about that graveyard scene and with him and the hat on and him talking to her and how she had she had all the power and she didn't do what you think that she would do. Anybody in her anybody in her profession would fucking like go to the media, but she cared. She cared about him. She knew there was something special about him. And so, I don't know. That's just what I got out of Man of Steel. Damn. <laughs> Sorry. No, no. <laughs> Fucking no. Man of Steel. I know. I know. This is what happens. <laughs> Three years later, we're talking about this shit. It's never going to stop. He's a fucking garbage. <laughs> it always fucking will be. <laughs> to you. <laughs> we will always disagree with you as well. <laughs> oh, God. I, I like talking about it. Uh, I, I love yeah. the fact that Jake still hates the Yeah, movie. that's fine. I'm glad you stand I hate by it more it. now than I did then. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a fine wine of fucking hate. Can I, I'll be honest with you. I like it more. I like it. The, the Marvel universe is like has slowly been like you know, like just chipping away at me, and I like I like Man of Steel more than Avengers now. Yeah, there is not a Marvel movie that I like less than Man of Steel. Not a single fucking one of them. Yeah. Difference of opinion. <laughs> what's your What's your least favorite Marvel movie? Well, I gotta know. My least favorite Marvel movie. Well, yeah. What's your late le- least favorite Iron taste? Man Two? Uh, which is still probably a taste there. Right? <laughs> no, I hate I hated Iron Man Two. Probably a taste. I tossed Iron Man Two. <laughs> Whoa! You've never tossed a Marvel movie before. I, when we did our rankings. I tossed. No, rankings. no. I don't think you've ever I tossed said, one. I've, I've gone on record as saying I hate Iron Man Two. I want somebody to go back and listen. Because <laughs> even because when we bash Iron Man Three, I'm always like. I Iron Man Two is so terrible. Oh, I know, I know, I know. But I, I always remember you being like, I think you, I think you've always tasted every Marvel movie, though. I, I will retro, I will re- if I haven't, I retroactively <laughs> toss Iron Man Two. Okay. I, I hate Iron okay. Man Two. Okay. Fucking, what's the fucking wrestler's name from that movie, that Aronofsky movie? Oh uh, yeah, the wrestler, uh, fucking uh, Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke. Yeah. He's so fucking garbage in that fucking movie. I thought Black. I was not excited to see Avengers One. Mm-hmm. Like I got drugged to the midnight opening by a friend because I I cared so little because Iron Man Two was such crap to me. Right. Like I had wow. to be drugged to Avengers. That's crazy, dude. It's true. I, I hadn't even watched fucking Captain America or Thor before I saw Avengers. Wow. Because Iron Man Two was such garbage to me. Yeah. That I didn't even watch those movies. Wow. Okay. Mm. Revelations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And it wasn't after I saw Avengers and it was just it knocked my fucking socks off. Yeah. And then I finally watched Captain America and Thor. Okay. Hmm. Wow, I didn't know I didn't that. Know that. Yeah, I had no yeah. idea. Yeah. That's Iron not Man how I saw it. Iron Man Two is by far the worst Marvel movie to me. I still Iron Man Three still the worst to me. That that's a goddamn shit show. Uh, I, Whatever you tasted that shit. It's horrible. I still de- I'll still defend Iron Man Three. Did I taste it? You tasted it. I was the only motherfucker that tossed that shit. Yeah, you're probably right. It's probably being weak on that one. Dude, sometimes you gotta fight for your right to part. <laughs> I, I like Iron Man 3 more now than I did then. I don't care. Like, I don't care. Like, like, everybody thought it was fucking like, like crazy when I tossed Avengers Age of Ultron. Yeah. Like, when I, when I, when I tossed Avengers Age of Ultron, like, like, I remember like fucking people like on our Facebook page, like, 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 just like either like, holy shit, I can't believe he fucking tossed it. Yeah. Or some people fist pumping that I tossed it. Yeah. Because that was my honest rating. I don't care what movie it is. I'm going to give you my honest rating. I don't care if my fucking mother is in a fucking movie or my dad or my sister is in a fucking movie. If it's a pile of shit, I'm going to let you know it's a pile of shit. I think you need to revisit Iron Man 3. I never argue with you about your tossing of Age of Ultron. I never have. Like Your, your reasons completely make sense to me. I've never once told you I thought, like, uh, your opinion's stupid on that. I love the movie. We just see differently on that. Yeah. But I I will not stop telling you to revisit Iron Man 3. I still haven't, dude. Iron Man 3 is way better than you're giving it credit for. Wow. I wouldn't say that, man. I th- it is. You're t- it's g- it's got to be somewhat better. It's bottom of the fucking barrel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's got to have some hope. I mean, it's like it's like it's like for me it's the worst and then it's Avengers Age of Ultron. What's your favorite Marvel movie? Favorite Marvel movie's got to be Avengers. Over Winter Soldier, yeah, Avengers, and then Winter Soldier, um, and then I'd probably say, I after that I'd probably say Captain America. Yeah, Guardians is by far my favorite, and then Guardians is not at the top for me. Um, I'd say Guardians. I'd say Guardians is number four. Okay. I'd say, you know, Incredible Hulk is even higher than some of them. Hmm. I think I'm Guardians, Avengers 1, Winter Soldier. Mm. I think, yeah, I couldn't put, I could not put a Guardians over a Winter Soldier. Let's take a break. <laughs> Damn. Is this episode fucking weird? We went off on that shit. No. This is pretty typical. No, I thought the episode got good there. Yeah, the okay. Weird pretty much what we do best. Hour. Yeah. <laughs> good pop, bad pop is like the the weird shit yeah. sometimes. No, I thought that was great fucking hey, conversation. Let's talk about some shit that we watched. This is the shit we're this actually is, yeah. interested in talking to each other about. about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like. Yeah, Jake doesn't give a fuck like what I think about some fucking show called Shit's Creek. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You're wrong, Brian. <laughs> that show sounds awful. Yeah, no, this is what it. This is what it's about. This is this is, this this is good, yeah. This man. is PCL, man. Yep. All right, we'll be back. Hey, we are back. Ooh, 
That was a fun discussion, gentlemen. Yeah, yes, it was. it was. Very fun discussion. During the break, I found out something that makes me sick to my stomach, that I, I Tupperware a Zack Snyder movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let everybody know that, uh, what... Dawn the, of the Dead Dawn remake. of the Dead. Yeah, I love that movie. It's a great movie. Mm. What went wrong from there? <laughs> Nothing, in Everything. my opinion, <laughs> except except for Sucker Punch, which you did taste. Yeah, I taste Sucker Punch, and, then, and I tossed that movie, and then I tossed the rest of his library. Uh, Never saw the Owl movie though. Yeah, the Guardians movie. Mm. I, I liked it. I, th- I liked it a lot. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, Star Wars news. We're going to be moving into our Star Wars news for this week. <laughs> <laughs> What's Amisa saying? You were supposed to be here with me, listening to Pop Culture Leftovers <laughs> podcast. That's not true. <laughs> That's impossible. It is true, Luke. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you are supposed to be listening to this. It is true. Adam Driver hosted Saturday Night Live. I watched the episode. Jake watched the episode. Yes. Let's argue more. <laughs> I uh, I wasn't a huge fan of it. I thought Adam Driver had. A, I, I liked him in it. I just feel like the sketches weren't great. I Tupperware this episode of SNL. Yeah, I toss it. I loved it. It was hilarious to me. Adam Driver was so funny in like almost every sketch. I thought the undercover boss thing was like a great idea. Yeah, that went on a little too long in in SNL fashion. <laughs> that is that is SNL fashion. Yeah, I agree with it that. Is. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I was laughing and smiling the whole time during it. Oh man! I and lo- yes, I used to watch Undercover Boss. I did yeah. too. So, have you seen this sketch, Jay? No, I I, I haven't watched SNL in fucking years. As, as a yeah. big Adam Driver fan, you need to watch at least at least the Kylo Ren sketch. I'll check it. I am a huge Adam Driver fan. Yeah, so I'll check it out. It was funny. He was great. Uh, we talked about how we thought that Episode Eight could be the first Star Wars movie that doesn't do a time jump into the next film. Yeah. Hmm. Can I bring up a point to you, and maybe you'll agree or disagree? Okay. Don't you have to have a time jump in order to do an opening crawl? Yeah, I mean, the opening crawl can just summarize episode seven. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the problem I have with it. It's I like, thought about that, too. Uh, the, oh, yeah, the okay. opening crawl kind of <laughs> catches you up on like what you've missed over the past you know, two to three years. Right, yeah. And I feel like... In order to have an opening crawl, you have to have a time jump. Maybe the opening crawl can tell us about a story. It it could still take place right after episode seven. Right. But it could introduce... Episode eight. Ray and Luke are still staring at each other. BB-8 is still adorable. (laughs) Han's dead. Han is still dead. dead. (laughs) Captain Phasma is still not doing anything. Oh, my God. I I forget what I was listening to. I think I was listening to, like, uh, Jedi Council for uh, Collider Jedi Council, and they call Captain Phasma Captain Asthma. Oh, (laughs) That's hilarious. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, but maybe the opening crawl could set up another faction that we don't know about yet. Like whatever, maybe whatever Benicio Del Toro's going to do. Sure. Or who he's with. Sure. Maybe it can still take place right after after episode seven, but set up yeah. what the next plot line is going to kind of be. That's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. Have you had a chance to get through the novelization yet? I have not. Okay. One thing that I didn't point out when uh, over my discussion of uh, the novelization is uh, something that I forgot to point this out. 
in the novelization at the end, mm-hmm. there's a scene where Ray meets Poe Dameron. Oh, wow. Which does not happen in the film. And it makes a point that when Ray sees Poe, she likes the way he looks. <laughs> Do they kiss? No. Because they've just been through an extreme circumstance together. Not together. That was... <laughs> <laughs> that, that, uh, your dick. Um, <laughs> Ray, Ray is basically what you get from that. You get the gist that Ray is attracted to Poe Dameron's face. That she thinks that this guy is uh, good on the eyes. Wow. Hells and, Yeah. So for all those people that are saying like, oh, there's no, there's no love story here. Well, there could be. Yeah. There very well could be. There could be a love triangle because, you know, Finn asks like, uh, you know, do you have a boyfriend? Do you have a boyfriend on Jakku? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then later on we find out that Ray is attracted to Poe yeah. in the novelization. Hmm. I mean, it's – guys, if they're wanting to con- continue with like episodes like, you know, 10, 11 – 12 whatever if they're wanting to go forward with this these saga stories are about the skywalkers she's got to get it on and have some kids yeah definitely for sure so and i'm not saying that she is luke skywalker's daughter i don't know yet yeah oh man ray and poe would have some gorgeous kids oh god (laughs) (laughs) well we thought we thought that we thought that leia and han would too you wouldn't get like adam driver shit yeah you no mutant babies (laughs) (laughs) what are the chances uh though we uh, what are the chances though that uh you know plagueis uh, we hear the rumors that you know Snoke could be Plagueis, and he created Anakin in the Immaculate Birth, the Virgin Birth. Yes, Shmi. What's the fact? What are the what are the chances that you know he creates uh, Anakin? That Luke going to the first Jedi Temple does the same thing for on the light side for Ray. Oh, he created Ray. Another Ray's another immaculate birth. Yeah, like what okay, what what's so different? Hmm. Why can't why can't Snoke just because Snoke or slash Plagueis, if he is Plagueis, is so old that he figured out how to manipulate the Midichlorians? What's so different about doing that on the dark side that you can't do it on the light side? Yeah, I don't see anything too inherently evil about the idea. I right. think it well, I think if you're looking at it from uh, I, I think it's like an abomination to do something like that. So I don't think it's a natural okay. way of things. And I wow. think Jay, Mr. Religion, yeah, over Mr. Here. Westboro Baptist, <laughs> Mr. West, Mr. Westboro Baptist Church. Over here. But I, I think I think the force is more. Jay's actually holding a picketing sign right now. <laughs> Jay, get that cross away from my fucking face. I think the for- I got, God, God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. <laughs> it's, it's an abomination. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If Yoda couldn't do it, right? And I think it's more of attuned to the natural progression. No, 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 no. But but Yoda or Obi Wan would not do it, in my opinion. Well, at least Yoda, because like he's all apart. He's all apart. Yoda and Mace Windu, more so, are a part of that Jedi uh, culture that believes like uh, the Jedi should not marry, should not procreate. Right. Right. Yeah. But after like. That whole thing is after Order sixty six. I think it changes everything. True, and Luke like, needs to do it. Like one of the things that Yoda used to used to preach was like detachment. Yeah, and I think like 
like Yoda would always preach like detachment and things like that, in my opinion. And what's the thing that actually defeated the dark side in episode six? It was attachment. Agreed. It was the attachment that Luke had with his father. It was family. True. And what do they? <laughs> what What did Yoda and Qui Gon? It was detachment. They took him away from Shmi. Another yeah. instance where Yoda's wrong. Exactly. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a good point. But you also have the dark side that is more about bringing tech, like m- melding with technology, becoming one with the machine, becoming that much more immortal. You know, which is what a lot of the Sith lords did. As they got damaged, they become more and more attuned with the the cyborg aspect of things, and more in tune with the technology, the cloning and stuff like that as well. Was I involved. felt like that was more of like the officers were like had more of attachment to technology, where they thought like like oh you know your old dark side force ways are bullshit. That's I don't point. I don't know. I think I think especially the emperor Mel- even like one of the officers in like the original Star Wars movies were like. Was it Grand Moff Tarkin? No, it wasn't Grand Moff Tarkin. It was like somebody talking to Vader. Yeah, it was at like that when they had that board meeting. Yeah, exactly. Like one of those officers are like, "Oh, that's that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Your fucking old sorceress ways." And yeah, and shit. Vader's like, "You shouldn't put all your faith in this machine." But yeah. he was a machine, and he's like, "No, this is <laughs> Vader was a fucking machine." Yeah, but he, but 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 he's like he's like uh, this is the 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 grandest battle station in the universe or whatever that one dude yeah it's true but i mean vader was more man than machine they said well, he that. had to be he had to be but that he wasn't the only but Sith i don't Lord think he, that I was don't think like he, that i don't think he put his faith in technology i think like uh, yeah i'm not saying he's put his faith in technology i'm just saying yeah, they, like it's fucking like bill gates and shit no I'm, I'm saying that i think they leaned more towards that side of things and the light side leaned more towards the natural progression of they things. still use lightsabers it's, i know like that's not like i think what the emperor did was more go for uniformity in the technology than accept it more than the light side did i mean the light side had all their ships and doodads too yeah I mean, the, the, like i mean but not jedi the jedi did i mean fucking in episode one they've got Science mouth breather, so they can go swim did, underwater. Yeah, okay. and also like uh, uh, Ben Kenobi is like you know he uh, even though like Luke uses the Force to fucking target Ben Kenobi's telling you know Ben Kenobi's not saying get out of that X wing. Ben Kenobi's ship is called the Jedi Starfighter, but he's saying use the Force to target that, not the systems. He's saying stay away from the targeting. Well, system. sure, but it, it's it's. I think that, like you said, but it just goes back to your point that they both are, are a collaboration of technology and science. I don't know because you have or uh, technology and 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 magic. Or you have Ben forces. exiling himself away from everything. You have Yoda exiling for reasons, of course, but they both got away from that as much as possible the older they got. And then you have the dark side, which got more and more into bonding with the technological aspect I think they were kind of forced to. I was going to say the same thing. It was out of necessity they did what they did, not not out of, like, abandoning technology. Yeah, it's like Yoda didn't want to make his presence known because he knew that one of these days that Luke would be ready to train with him. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Ben just didn't want to get killed. Yeah. I just don't see why why he would do an immaculate birth rather than just fucking somebody. There oh. was there was like at Luke? that at that Luke? point. Oh, I'm not I'm not saying that I buy into this theory. I'm just saying, is there a chance? I I don't think so. I don't see why he would do that. 
Why wouldn't he just like he obviously? No, no, I'm I'm in 100 percent agreement yeah. with you. I, I I if if I, I think I think that uh, the original prequels kind of preach detachment, which was why they took Anakin away from his mother. But the uh, the uh, that's what the prequels preached. But the original trilogy showed you that attachment. Yeah. Well, I think the prequels supported the original trilogy, though. I think a little bit of the point was was that the Jedi were wrong. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I'm yeah. I, I'm saying that the characters in the original trilogy they preached detachment. Yeah. When, whether that was right or not, which we found out it's not. Yeah. Is hmm. is yeah. Yeah, because in a way that detachment almost led Luke to the dark side, much like it led Anakin. Well, to yeah. The dark if he side. if he would have listened to his detachment, he would have just killed his father, and that would have been. He, you know, he would have been tempted by the Emperor at that point. Mm-hmm. True. He would have just gave in and killed. He would have killed Vader, and then Vader would never have killed the Emperor. Right. And who knows if because Luke at that point would have maybe went down a path where he was like, "I killed my father, just like Kylo did," and been pulled more closely to the dark side. God damn, that's a good question. I don't know, man. Because that's also, I think, Kylo's dilemma. I think he sees the same thing. Why yeah. would I? Uh, why would I subscribe to this? Right. Mm-hmm. Look what happened to these Jedi. But the the immaculate birth. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a theory. I'm not yeah. saying I buy into it. I'm it's just an interesting like, theory. Right. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, here's an article from ComicBook.com where they talk about a deleted scene from Star Wars: The Force Awakens that would have shown audiences that Maz Kanata was force sensitive. Remember, we talked about this. Yes. We thought that Maz Kanata could have been force sensitive. We thought she was the cause, her powers were the cause of the flashback. Exactly. We thought, you're exactly right. We thought that she was the reason that they saw the vision, Mm -hmm. not the lightsaber. Here it is. Uh, Here's the article from comicbook.com. While Maz hinted at some level of force sensitivity in the film, saying, I'm no Jedi, but I know the force, it moves through and surrounds every living thing. She gives Ray her first real explanation of what exactly the Force is and how it affects all life in the galaxy, a clearly pivotal moment in Ray's young life. Well, a deleted scene from the film would have much more explicitly shown Maz's connection to the Force to great effect. Uh, great effect. There was a particular part of a scene that never made it, where they go underneath the castle and they're going into the underground passageways. And stormtroopers are coming down the stairs, and Maz uses her powers to collapse the ceiling. Mm. Chris uh, Corbold, uh, special effects supervisor on the film, told Collider, From my point of view, that worked absolutely brilliantly because you had all the main actors running up, and then Maz does her bit, and then the whole ceiling collapses in front of them, but that never made it. That was a shot I was quite proud of. Actually, it worked really, really well. Hmm. The article then went on to say, perhaps it was cut because in the end, people with the Force in the live-action Star Wars films have been one of two things, Jedi or Sith. Mm -hmm. In the wider universe, however, there are several Force users who either don't have the training, the allegiance, or both to one faction or another, notably characters like the Witches of Dathomir, Mm. who wield the Force through magics, or... Ahsoka Tano, who trained as a Jedi, but left to strike out on her own. Or the many Sith assassins who don't have a proper place in the power structure, including the Inquisitors on the Star Wars Rebels. 
That's a stupid theory. I mean, especially because within The Force Awakens, we have both Kylo Ren and Snoke who are declaredly not Sith. So, yes, we have seen characters that are not either Jedi or Sith, and that would not be the reason why we wouldn't show Maz having Force powers. But Kylo's obviously Force sensitive. I'm just saying they they were justifying maybe the reason we didn't see this scene as being because we didn't want to show a character that wasn't either a Jedi or a Sith right. having these powers. Well, but so blatantly. But, like, Snoke wasn't blatantly shown to have Force yeah. Or, or to be either but Kylo way. was. Kylo no, was. And, but Kylo was obvious. No, he was family. Snoke was blatant when he said, "Have you felt it?" Okay, you're right. Yeah, that's blatant that he but felt also, something in the Force. Right, mm-hmm. right. Have you felt it? But to actually use, there, use there's the an powers, a, there's an awakening in the Force. Right. But that, to actually use these powers like blatantly to destroy, I get that. But know. just the fact that he had that dialogue with Kylo lets you know that he is. Force sensitive, right? But yeah. it wasn't so in your face, and I'd say the same for Maz. I think we have seen that she is force sensitive. I, think, I don't think we have. I don't either. I think that she talks. About, I think she understands it because even Yoda himself says like it connects us and binds us, every living thing. Mm-hmm. But I think only certain people can tap into it. I don't think that certain people. I think some people, like I've said, like I've heard that some beings are force charmed. I got. I gotta get that, but I don't think that all creatures have the patience to go through the training and the will to go through the training. Right. That force sensitive beings are. They're called. I think that there's some people that are called, mm-hmm. and then there's some people that are just affected by the force. Right. Mm-hmm. So do you think? <clears throat> do you think we're gonna see anything from her as far as abilities in the future films? I think they might have abandoned that idea. Yeah. Really? Really? Yeah, because I, I, I think that they did too. I, I think that like that's one of the reasons that it was left out of this film. I, I think they had a scene where she was. They took it out and they took it out for a reason because maybe she's not force sensitive. Do you think on that on that note, do you think <clears throat> Luke will take the place of what maybe she would have been? Because I feel like there's gonna be some something that's the antithesis to Snoke in one way or another. There's going to be something that confronts... I, I think that's Luke. That can go up against Snoke, and instead of Maz, which maybe had been the original plan, maybe it's Luke. Yeah, but how does Benicio Del Toro's villainous character fit into all this, too? Yeah. Hard saying. He might not even be Force-sensitive at all, for all we know. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Django was the one of the main villains of Episode 2, and he's got nothing to do with I mean, could he just be setting up the future films? Could Del Toro's character be setting up what happens in the aftermath of these films? Maybe he's just what comes next. Hmm. You know, he might not be anything spectacular in this, but maybe he's setting up for what comes after. That's true. Because they're not ending this. I don't see it. No, yeah, I don't even think that's a deleted scene we'll see on the Blu-ray because I think that's an idea they're abandoned. They don't even want to give the notion to people that Maz has force powers. Mm -hmm. In the visual dictionary, they do. Do they? Uh, It says uh, this: the confirmation of Maz's force powers... Uh, as the Star Wars The Force Awakens uh, Visual Dictionary book written by Lucasfilm Story Group member Pablo Hidalgo also notes Maz's connection. A lot of information coming out from Pablo Hidalgo mm-hmm. that people aren't talking about. I'm going to get into this, but before I forget, Pablo Hidalgo actually, uh, before I forget, I'm going to go over this Visual Dictionary shit here in a second, but before I forget, he confirmed that um, the vision that mm-hmm. we saw in um, the Force Awakens, when 
when we see the the the, the Knights of Ren mm-hmm. and they strike down the Jedi mm-hmm. from the Jedi Academy. He confirmed that that scene happens closer to the Force Awakens than what we thought. Really? Mm. Wow. Okay. I think he confirmed that in a tweet. Hmm. And so we can't really say that, like, okay, Ray was five years old when the the Jedi were struck down at that temple. If oh, okay, I get you. It I happened get a year ago, or okay. whatever. Right? Okay. It could have happened like two, three, whatever years ago. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He said it's closer to the Force Awakens than you think. Weird. Mm. So there's a lot about that vision that still doesn't make sense to me. I agree. It doesn't make sense. To me, it makes more sense that everything we saw in that vision is stuff that Rey herself saw. Yeah. That makes the most sense to me. Since everything but that part, we can confirm she saw. Well, we did. she also saw – she's also on Bespin. Okay. And she sees two figures fighting. Mm. She wasn't there for – Is that in the book? That's in the book. And you hear it. And it's also been confirmed. It's in the book. That's that's definitely in the book. But it's also been confirmed uh, by uh, – oh, God damn it. I, no, I'm not going to quote it. But it is confirmed in the book that she is on Bespin. She does see it. She does see Bespin. And she does see two shadowy figures fighting each other. Hmm. That's interesting. So we know that I think – that's Skywalker legacy. Yeah. Okay. So the Force has been able to show you the past, present, and future. Mm-hmm. So does – we also see Kylo Ren in, in the winter. Was that showing her the future there? Yes. Does she also see like – That was Starkiller the, base and – Did the Force also show her within that vision the island? Yeah, it did. Yes, it did. Yeah. Because that's what Kylo pulls out of her later. It did, yeah. So. Okay. God damn, that's, that's really tricky. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, here, uh, back, back to, uh, the visual <laughs> dictionary book, uh, by Pablo Hidalgo and, uh, Maz's, uh, force powers. Quote here is, in recent decades, Maz has kept secret one of her greatest strengths, an affinity for the force. Though she has known Jedi and has a few tall tales regarding encounters with knights and masters, she never walked that path herself, instead relying on her strong connection to the Force to keep her out of danger. Hidalgo writes in the book. He also notes her preternatural uh, gift for sensing the shifting tides of fortune in the galaxy mm-hmm. in her entry and that she has only felt comfortable openly acknowledging her force abilities since the death of the emperor wow hmm. that so, makes some sense yeah are you with what pablo hidalgo said do you still think that she is not still force sensitive uh I don't know. I think they could still go either way. I don't think they have to take that stuff as as cement if they don't want to. Yeah. I still don't think that's a scene we're going to see on the Blu-ray. No, I don't I'm not saying that. Um I think if it's a scene that we're going to see if we if we're going to see Maz be force sensitive, we're going to see it in episode 8 or 9. Agreed. Hmm, it's interesting. I just yeah, I don't know. Like they 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 tried so hard to make her the Yoda character. 
you know. So I feel like they're going to yeah, continue just, that. You but know, they also made it a point to <clears throat> let us know, like in like the Entertainment Weekly articles, that she's so old. She's so old. She you, might you'd, know. Yeah, you'd think that like over a thousand years, you'd kind of like understand. You might not be force sensitive, but you'd understand like the force a little bit more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, then definitely everybody else. What makes you yeah. think they're trying to make her the Yoda character? I guess I don't get that either. Well, I, I'm just saying if you're taking it and comparing it to A New Hope, I feel like, you know, she's the Kenobi Yoda character to Rey. You know what I mean? And I feel like they're not going to just... I don't. I don't feel like they're going to, like, just leave it at what they left it at in The Force Awakens. Absolutely not. I feel like that's going to be a continuing thing. She's going to end up in the next couple movies in some capacity as I don't know, but then we have Luke. I don't see her as the as the Yoda at all. And I, I actually honestly see it possible that she won't be in episode eight. I mean she was a friend of Hans. It would depend on it would depend on if not you know, if Luke lasts more than a couple or if he lasts past this next movie. Yeah. Who's her mentor after that? The same that Yoda was when Kenobi got killed. I don't know. It's interesting. Who else does she have to turn to at that point? And why introduce her? You're not the first person that said that she's the Yoda type. I, uh, you have also I, mentioned I that. I just don't get that. I, I'm not buying that. Oh, yet. I said it before the movie came out. Yeah. Now, after the movie's come out, I I feel that that I feel that uh, Han Solo was the Ben Kenobi type character in this film. I I don't I don't disagree. I agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. Well, I I, I do. I, I don't the think, impact. Yeah, and uh, I as far as Maz is concerned, I I don't know. I mean, if you had to like say if there has to be a Yoda type character. I guess you could say Maz, but yeah, if there, I I agree. If you put a gun to my head and said, Jake, there has to be a Yoda analog in Force Awakens, right, right, then it's Maz, but I don't, I don't see it. Right. It's not as, it's not like as in your face as like some of the other things. Like it's, if you're trying to compare like episode four to episode seven. Yeah. You know, like I can say like, oh yeah, Jakku is Tatooine. I get it. Yeah. I mean, but to be fair, Yoda's not in A New Hope. I know. I no, no. I'm saying like, I'm saying like direct, yeah, analoging, direct analog. Like, yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I think Moss is just a shrewd businesswoman, kind I of just, a shifty businesswoman character. Th- that may be true, but I mean, I, I absolutely don't think they're done with her character. I don't think she's in the business of training people by any means. Well, not at this point. I don't think ever. What if she had no choice, though? You know what I mean. Yeah. She already had her home destroyed. I mean, Luke's trainer died, and he didn't have to go find another. Yeah, I know. I know. that That's absolutely correct. I, I just, I feel like, I feel like her introduction was too big of a deal to leave that hanging. No, there's going to be, there's we're going to see more Maz Kanata in one form or another. In what capacity is the question? I agree. I agree with Brian. I think the first time we'll see more Maz is in the Han Solo story movie. I think she's going to be future movies. I don't. I don't think they're done with her in this trilogy at all. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked to see her again, but I don't think she's a major. I don't player. want them to go back to Takadana. To be honest with you, I'm with you. Honestly, in the uh, the original film, like they took her, uh, they took her with them to Dakar. 
Yeah. Okay. We see that with the shot of Leia and Maz and the lightsaber. Yeah, exchanging right. the lightsaber. Right. But, like, they left it out. Like, they actually, she got on the ship with them. She got on, like, Leia's ship and left Takadana. I don't want them to go back to Takadana. I don't want them to go back to Jakku. And I don't want them... I'll be honest with you. Those plants are boring as fuck. Yeah. Well, we won't see Takadana anymore, but I'm not as convinced that we won't see Jakku anymore. I don't, I don't, well, you, you may not be, I don't want to see Jakku anymore. Yeah. Like, I, there is nothing special about Jakku. There is nothing special about Takadana. Like, I want to see cool planets. And like, I just saw like, basically what I saw with fucking, what I fucking saw with Jakku was like Tatooine Part Two, mm-hmm. and with uh, Takedana, I saw a little bit of Endor, mm-hmm. a little bit of Endor. I'm yeah, not saying I agree. It, it was not, like tropical planet. Yeah, and then it was like Florida, the planet. The only thing that like <laughs> the only planet that was interesting, like and like the Dakar, I barely saw anything. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Dakar could have been like fucking the Midwest. You yeah, know, I, you know what I mean. It's just boring. But there, none of the plants really excited me, except for uh, maybe Octo, which was Michael Skellig Island. Yeah, right. Which, which that's where like Luke is at. Yeah, because there's even, still things to be exciting there. But you like, know, there's the Jedi Temple there. Right, right. That's exciting as fuck. But you also know they're gonna explore how the fuck she got the lightsaber. You know that's part of the story. I mean, that's got to continue. Well, that could happen in the Han Solo anthology film, to be honest. No, it couldn't. Mm -hmm. Or Luke could just tell her. That happens after... Yeah. That's such a mystery. I I just... I felt like that was just something that... That had to be told in other episodes. Now. I mean, we didn't find out that... that We didn't find out, like, what happened to Luke's lightsaber until a few months ago. And that had been 30 years since... You know, Return of the Jedi. Right. So it's like they could they could follow up with that in like twenty years if they wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. I don't a hundred percent disagree with you on that point, Jay. I I just I don't feel like Maz is like a key chess player. I really? feel like she's a pawn. Okay. I just I disagree. I I feel like she's gonna be something. I don't know. I just took that away from that. I feel like she could have been something, but the fact that they left out her force powers and the fact that they left some certain things out, it makes me feel like like they were going one direction with her and they kinda pulled back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Like I felt like like if they would have left that scene in where she does have force abilities, like maybe later on like she would have been a bigger player. But like since the fact that they left that out, it makes me feel like I don't know what they have planned for her now. Right, right. I, yeah, I don't know. They could have replaced it with Luke. They could have replaced her whore, her whore, her whole story. Yeah, <laughs> with with Luke's Luke's character. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, guys, in the past, we've talked about uh, and wondered if JJ was working with Ryan Johnson and vice versa for Star Wars Episode Eight. Mm-hmm. How closely are they working together? Is what we've asked ourselves. Well, the answer is yes. They did. Good. Uh, I've even heard unconfirmed rumors, guys, that Ryan Johnson was heavily involved with the vision sequence in The Force Awakens. Hmm. I heard that he directed parts of that. Wow. wow I can't confirm it, but that's what I've heard. Hmm. Jeez. Uh, now, just in case if you were wondering if Ryan Johnson and Colin Trevorrow are working together for Episode Nine, Entertainment Tonight talked with him. Here's a little bit of that in- interview from Slash Film. 
uh, when asked if Episode Nine will be different from the table setting and origin establishing of Star Wars The Force Awakens, Trevorrow promised that he's already had the necessary conversations with Episode Eight director Ryan Johnson. <laughs> Quote, a story must evolve or perish, and Ryan and I are working closely together to make sure that our stories build off of each other and continue to evolve and take us to new places. That's what the fans expect and what they want. Hmm. That's very cool. Very reassuring. Yeah. It wouldn't make any sense that they had no communication with each other. They just hand the other person the stick like a relay race. Yeah, that would that would be a sh- the wrong way to fucking do this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's reassuring. Yeah. That's good news. I like that. I, I a lot of people are bitching about like Star Wars The Force Awakens was just episode four and five, and it was just a retread of everything I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And I've already seen this movie, and you're just giving me a bigger, uh, you're giving me a bigger Death Star and calling it Star Killer Base. <laughs> <laughs> and you're giving me Jakku. You're giving me Jakku and saying it's not Tatooine. You're gi- you know, you're giving me another Darth Vader. Yeah, they're basically saying it's the same movie and yeah, all these things. I hate that. Yeah, that's stupid. Honestly, I mean, I see a lot of the comparisons. I'm not 100% blind, but I think like this is the only way that they could have tackled this first movie. I think it's a great way to give Star Wars fans what they want. Mhm. And then I think it's also a great stepping stone to let Ryan Johnson do whatever the fuck he wants to do in this world. Yeah, you got to bridge the fucking gap. You can't just start completely wild like nothing you've ever seen before. Right, right. Especially when you're going to have the legacy char- characters like Han Solo and Luke Skywalker. Well, especially and Leia. since people that watch the original trilogy as children are now bringing their children to the film. Yeah. And wanting to have their children have the same experience that they had watching it as a film. Yeah. Why not recreate some of the magic? And then, in the second film, give us something 100% completely new. Right. I'm not disagreeing. There's a lot of things that are the same. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be blind to that. But on the flip side, I still enjoyed the fuck out of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And like like we said, they're analogs of stuff from those movies. I don't they're not exactly the fucking same. Well, even even the prequels fucking word for word did the same fucking lines from the original movies. Well, at the end of the first film, there's a fucking medal ceremony. Exactly. Where yeah. fucking uh whatever the the fucking Gungan dude is holding up the fucking yeah that fucking bullshit spherical thing they <laughs> give him yes yeah. here you go and it's it's the exact same metal ceremony it's mm-hmm. like there's so many things that fucking are the same that's what makes Star Wars fucking Star Wars yeah yeah I'm not gonna get pissed about a movie that's trying to replicate what was fucking awesome when it first came out I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get pissed about that because. Just because I got to experience it right. doesn't mean everyone else got to. And there's a lot of people that didn't. So now they get to yeah. get a little piece of that. Let's talk about Rogue One real quick. This news comes from MakingStarWars.net. Rumor. We have received word that the Darth Vader dream team has been assembled for Darth Vader in Rogue One, a Star Wars story. There were rumblings of things about this for some time. We have it on good authority that the Darth Vader costume as seen in Star Wars A New Hope has been meticulously recreated to match A New Hope perfectly. Hmm. 
By all accounts, the costume is so close to the original, everyone is very happy and very impressed with the work done by Brian Muir and his team. The coolest part is we've learned that James Earl Jones, the voice, the heart and soul of Darth Vader, will return to speak Darth Vader's lines in Rogue One, a Star Wars story. The Darth Vader we all know from the original Star Wars film is effectively back in look, voice, and spirit. Wow. There's still no word on if he has already recorded his lines or will in post-production phase. At this time, we believe Darth Vader is being played by a new person that has never been, that has never played him before. I think they're talking about the physical yeah. Darth Vader. Because that the, the old guy's old and bitter now. Right. <laughs> uh, we still don't know the precise parameters of the role Darth Vader will play in Rogue One. Most of the rumors have him as a prominent player in a few scenes and something to fear for the heroes. If it amounts to a few shots or a few sequences, it's still up in the air. It certainly does paint the picture that Darth Vader chasing the stolen plans at the start of A New Hope is simply a continuation of the events from Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Cool. I love it. Yeah. Tupperware, that news. Yes. Awesome. Hope it's true. Yeah. I like it in both ways. I like him as a major player or just a a threat that we see a couple times. Mm -hmm. I'm cool with either way. I hear that... Like what's interesting about this is that I hear like these are not people that are part of the rebellion. Yeah, I've heard that too. They're just like hired help. They're basically hired bounty hunters, mercenaries. Yeah, yeah. That that are they're hired. They're they're hired by the 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 rebellion mm-hmm. to to get the plans. Yeah, it's like they're the best they are at what they do type of thing. Right. So we're getting them. Right. This is like the A team in space. Yeah. I like it. I love that idea. That's cool, yeah. So it's like uh so I've heard like there's been like different revisions of the script and the first script had you know, it, it didn't have Bail Organa. Mm-hmm. And then the second revision of the script did have Bail Organa in there, and he hires them. And now now they're leaving Bail Organa out of it again. Mm. So I don't know what they're doing. Huh, that's fun. Would you like to see Bail Organa come back? Yeah. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. For sure. Yeah. Same thing, just a, a scene. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So. That's cool. That's cool news. I, I think they need to, you know, like I said, for the new viewers – tie Kylo to Vader more. Show mm-hmm. show these new viewers who the fuck Darth Vader was right. in some way, you know? Show them the original trilogy. Well, besides <laughs> that, people are too fucking lazy these days. I think parents are showing their kids the original trilogy. I would hope so. I bet kids are seeing The Force Awakens and wanting to see the original trilogy at this point. Yeah, I would hope so. Guys, uh, you know what? We got, I got a bunch of Star Wars emails, but I'm not going to read them all this week because okay. we're going to wrap up here. That's cool. I did want to read one that I've been holding off on, and it's from uh, yeah, yeah. I get. I bet. I bet this guy's getting ready for me to like name his name. He's like, is it going to be my email? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be yours, buddy. You know who you are. Are you ready? Are you ready, buddy? <laughs> now he's waiting. He's like, oh my god, it's going to be mine. It's going to be mine. Yeah, it's yours, man. It's from the H Mongol. Uh, oh. I guess it's someone I've never, never heard of this guy before, but he's been listening, I guess, since episode sixty. So here's, here, here's the title, guys. Drink more Star Wars Kool Aid? Question mark. Oh no! And, we're gonna uh, end on this. Yeah, we gotta do this because uh. I know this guy's been thinking like, oh, are they really gonna read my email? 
I mean, I sent a negative email. Hmm. Are they going to read my email? You know, I bet people think like, you know, like, like, uh, fucking TFS. Mm-hmm. When he fucking, he shits on my fucking, on me, telling me to be an off mic producer. He's like, is Brian really going to read this shit on the show? <sighs> Fuck yeah, I'm going to read it. You did, yeah. TFS, the four shits. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking the four sucks. <laughs> But this H Mongol, H Mongol, guys, just let's listen to what he says. Let's listen to what he says. He says it's titled "Drink More Star Wars Kool Aid?" Question mark. And it goes off. Hey guys, I just wanted to say that I'm a big time listener since episode sixty something. First off, I want to point out that I love all your reviews and thoughts in each episodes. This is my first time writing to you, and I must say that I am completely disappointed in all of you. Exclamation point. Uh. Oh no, I let you down, guy that I've never heard of. <laughs> Hence is why I'm writing to you for the very, I don't let, seriously, I get, I don't care who I let down. My mom, my mom and dad could call me right now and be like, Brian, you're a fucking failure. Yeah. I wouldn't give a shit. Just to go back <laughs> your day. Sorry, mom. <laughs> get over it. <laughs> Hence is why I'm writing you for the very first time. I listened to your Star Wars episode, and I was so let down by... I, did I get all the O's in there? Yes. I hope so. There was so. Uh, six O's in there. Do you think I went Do you think I went on long enough? So... I think you, you're too, I think you, that was like a nine O. Oh, fuck off, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> you should let Jay read the email. And you, oh, yeah. And you produce the shit. Oh, yeah. Let me, let me go off. Let me go off mic. <laughs> I listened to your Star Wars episode, and I was so let down by there each one of you. That was a sixer, right? Yes, that was good. I just couldn't believe how much Kool-Aid each one of you was sipping on. So he's using my fucking Kool-Aid terminology. Mm. You know how I talk about people drinking that Age of Ultron Kool-Aid. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, here we go. All of you giggling like little fangirls about tiny little bits of the movies on how much you loved it. It baffles me that Hangover 2 is crapped and shitted on for repeating the first movie, but Star Wars Episode 7, A New Hope, was placed on such a high pedestal and calling it. Well, he. Great comparison, you fucking idiot, by the way. But don't, don't, don't. don't I'm don't, gonna don't, don't. fucking butt in right now. Well, <laughs> hold on, idiot. hold on. Well, <laughs> no, a lot of people have this thought to call him a. Just because he disagrees with us doesn't mean he's a fucking idiot. I'm saying Hangover 2. No, hold on. I know. That's dumb. But yeah. the fact that he spells pedestal not as uh, pedestal. He he actually spells it P-E-D-D-L-E. <laughs> and then stool, S-T-O-O-L. Pedestool. Well, I, this, I had a stool that was more interesting than this fucking email <laughs> yesterday. I'm going to have a stool more interesting in this email as soon as we wrap the show. <laughs> so, no, uh, using the old, I, I knew you guys are going to, that's fine. If you guys want to call him a fucking idiot or whatever you want to, that's, that's up to you. I knew you guys are going to get kind of worked up over this. It's just, it's somebody, dis- he likes the show, he just disagrees with our rating. Mm-hmm. We're doing the same thing you're doing, you just compared the email to a shit. <laughs> no, no, yeah, I, I don't, I, I can, I can, I, okay, I can say I think the email's shit, but I'm not saying like this, this listener is a piece of No, shit. I haven't gone that far either. I did. Yes, Use, that was Jay. Using the old and using what worked before, this episode was so full of biasism that I couldn't finish it and had to turn it off. 
and I've never done that before. Usually you guys are very good at pointing out movie flaws, especially Age of Ultron, but I that's bullshit. First off, I was the only one that tossed it. True. I was the only one that tossed it. Yeah, that's true. But I think this time you guys were thinking with your Star Wars balls. Also, Ray is a Mary Lou, and it's not a Mary Lou, dude. I don't know if you're thinking of like <laughs> the Olympics and and Mary Lou Retton. If you're a big fan of like the 1984 Olympics, this guy never even heard of what a Mary Sue was until fucking. Well, he called it a Mary Lou. Yeah, it's a Mary Sue. He's like, uh, also Ray is a Mary Lou, whether you like it or not. Uh, let me guess. Next, she'll know Force Lightning just because she believed. Also, I sent this. Also, I hope I sent to this to the right place. So he really, really wanted to make sure that we read this email. Um, this is this is the kind of email he wants to elicit a reaction. Like mm. he really wants us to like like I've listened to you guys. This is the kind of listener I number one. This is the kind of listener I don't really like to begin with because like. You've been listening since episode 60. Um, this is like 50 episodes, 50, 60 episodes past that. This is the first we're hearing of you is you telling us about an episode that you didn't like. Mm-hmm. Like, I would respect you a lot more, H Mongol, if like, if by episode 75 you were to send us an email and said, you know, hey guys, just wanted to let you know, I listen to your review. I really respect what you think about things. But, like, the first time I'm hearing from you is, like, oh, I've been sitting back waiting. I've been, like, lurking in the bushes and just waiting to pounce on something that I don't agree with. Like, you know what? The thing is, like, like you can say, like, bro, oh, like, I love the fact that you pointed out the flaws in Age of Ultron. I was the only one that did not like that movie. Jay tasted it, gave it his fucking comic book movie of the year jake tupperware the shit out of that fucking thing he retro tasted it but sounds like he's tupperwareing it again tonight <laughs> so i don't i don't know what's up with this guy he, he, he changes his mind every he changes his mind more than his fucking underwear so just because you think like all of us love this movie that we're biased i love the movie because i love the movie I saw it five times. I didn't watch it five times so I could fool your dumbass. Yeah. So, you know what? Eh, whatever, dude. If, if 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 you don't appreciate my opinion for liking this movie and just calling like basically just saying that we're bullshit. You know what? Nobody pays me a fucking dime to like any of these fucking movies. No. Nobody pays me. I don't get a fucking I don't get a fucking dime. And you know what? another thing like. Uh, I go to bed every night. I don't have a problem sleeping at night, getting one star reviews. Mm-hmm. I don't get a problem at night with somebody saying like, "Oh, Brian, I didn't agree with your fucking movie opinion." No, I we read it on the air. <laughs> I read it. Well, I don't work. For, I don't work for a major fucking. Uh, uh, I don't write news articles. I don't work for fucking Slash Film, Collider. I don't get paid for doing any of this. <laughs> I watch a movie and I give you my honest rating. I don't do it because, like, oh, my gosh, uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens is the biggest movie to come out in, like, such a long time. I better like it or people are not going to like me. <laughs> you know what? I thought, like, honestly, like, Avengers of Age of Ultron, some people were saying this is going to be a huge movie. 
And I came out with my honest rating of that movie, and I still think it's a piece of shit. Well, I definitely didn't like Age of Ultron to make sure people still liked me. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, this is what he's saying. He's like, he's saying we're biased. Yeah. He's saying the episode was so full of biasism that I simply couldn't finish it. No, like he couldn't, like, like, yeah, couldn't like, stomach he it. Couldn't he? Couldn't do it. It was just too. We it was just too so... hard. You know what? Just because you didn't like the movie, dude, doesn't mean that if one of us don't that that that, that if one of us don't like the movie, that we're full of shit. No, it would have been fun if one of us hated the movie. It would have been interesting, but unfortunately, you know what? We live in an imperfect world, mm -hmm. an imperfect world where H. Mongol doesn't get his way all the time, Aww. and where H. Mongol, well, you know what, H. Mongol, he took control. He turned off the episode. <laughs> he did. He grabbed his balls and he said, I can't, I can't listen to any, this is so biased and this is such bullshit. I've been listening to you guys for 60 episodes. This is the first time you're going to hear from me is when I fucking have a complaint. <laughs> Fuck off. Fuck, I hate fucking listeners like that. I hate fucking people like that. Yeah. The fucking first time you fucking hear from these motherfuckers is when they got a bitch about something. Mm -hmm. At least with TFS, he was bitching from the get-go. <laughs> <laughs> fucking piece of shit. He started bad and got a little better. He started actually. bad and got a little better. He just hates my fucking ass. <laughs> well, fu you know what? I don't fucking like myself all the time either. I even had an episode where I talked about how I tried to fucking kill myself. Right. You did. So go fuck yourself. TFS, and you know what, H. Mongol, you know what, if you fucking, if you're, if you're, basically, if you're doubting my integrity, or Jake's integrity, or Jay's integrity, go fuck yourself. Nobody pays me a goddamn dime to do this fucking podcast. We're not sitting here to bullshit anybody. Yeah. If you don't know that after 60 episodes, then, then yeah, you haven't been listening the first time, at all. The first time you're going to fucking call us out on something is because you don't like the way we rated something. Mm hmm and you, you know, the, the people, the people that I don't get, the people that I don't get, Jake, yeah. are the people that are so passionately, they hate something so much. Mm -hmm. Misery loves company, man. Oh, Misery sure. loves company, man. You know what? I didn't like this movie so much. I didn't like it so much. You know what? I'm going to make you feel like shit for liking it. <laughs> Misery loves company. That's bullshit, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? I'm crazy. sure there's plenty of fucking critics out there that didn't like the fucking Star Wars The Force Awakens. And I hope as you listen to them, I hope you fucking jerked off all over yourself. <laughs> but me on the flip side, I loved the movie and I didn't fucking wasn't being biased. Yeah. I just gave you my God honest rating. I loved it too. Yeah. Am, I, am I being? Am I, no, not at all. No, not I, at all. I mean, we. Uh, I, this is not the podcast where we coddle listeners. No. This is not the podcast that you listen. If you speak up and if you're a dick, we're going to let you know you're a dick. Yeah. If your name, if you're TFS706 or TJ Lamb or H Mongol and you're being a dick, we're going to let you know you're being a dick. Yeah. Now, if you come back and you listen more and you're cool, whatever, that's fine. Yeah, you could. But if you're a dick, we're gonna let you know you're a dick. I'm not gonna sit here and fucking coddle you and try to pander you and say, "Well, yeah, you bring up some good points." No, you were kind of a dick. Yeah, we have listeners that disagree with our opinions that don't come off that way. Yeah, like you can write an email and disagree with what we thought about the Force Awakens, right? And not come off as a fucking giant dick. Yeah, mm -hmm. you're a huge cock. Thanks for listening to us for 50 episodes. I hope you don't join us for the next 50. Yeah, for sure. So go fuck yourself. Yeah, TFS, go fuck yourself. These off two mic producer, those, go fuck yourself. These two <laughs> fucking pieces. Mondo and T TFS should go fuck each other. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> That's biased, Jake. <laughs> You're so biased. This is I I, I, I I will never I will never get on this fucking podcast and fucking try to kiss ass anymore. I'm sick of podcast poison. No. I'm sick of fucking podcast poison. We've had listeners that are podcast poison that fucking try to inject this podcast with fucking negative bullshit. Or their point of views. Or their point of views. They have nothing to do with this. We never hear from them unless they fucking disagree from exactly. us. Exactly. I like Age of Ultron and Force Awakens because I have to or people won't like me. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what we that's what we do. Fuck that. That's what we've always God. been about after 60 episodes. Man, you must not have been paying any fucking attention to what we were saying throughout those 60 episodes. Yeah, I just, I, I fucking, I love Force Awakens because I just thought everybody was going to like it. Yeah, of course. We want more you viewers that so we can get no money. No, he's basically, he's basically saying that, my, that, that we have no integrity and he had to turn off the episode. Yeah. You know what? The problem is you didn't like the movie and the fact that we didn't... Have, and the first time we're fucking hearing from this guy, he's been listening for fucking 50, 60 episodes. And the first time we're hearing from this guy is when he doesn't like something. Yeah, we'd like to hear about the first time you turned us on, not the first time you turned us off. Exactly. Exactly. Not after that amount of time. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it is ridiculous. It's just like, it's all those people, I hate it because it's popular. That kind of fucking shit. That's what you're reminding me of right now. Oh, I hate that attitude. Oh, I don't like it because everybody else likes oh. it. Give me your fucking reasons. You're going you're gonna to tell us this shit? Well, tell me why you didn't fucking like it. Cause, There's nothing cause, to back cause that Max up. Because Max Landis says raise a Mary Lou. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Get your fuck Mary Lou. Yeah, you, you heard it so much, you fucking misquoted it. That's Ma- nice. Max Landis says that uh, raise uh, Mary Lou 1984 Olympics. Yeah. Mary Lou Retton. Mary Lou Retton from the 1984 Olympics. <laughs> you dumb fuck. God damn. <laughs> now you've resorted to calling him a dumb fuck. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. I wanted to reserve judgment at first. I wanted, oh, okay. I, I wanted to reserve judgment at first, but the more I talked about it, the more I got worked up. And the more that I realized that he is a dumb fuck. Then let yeah. Jay go off. I want to hear that. <laughs> Don't know. You stopped him before. I did. I did. I, I, wanted, I, wanted, I wanted to Poor get Poor Jay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I wanted to get it all out there. No, it's ridiculous, man. It's fucking ridiculous. He's an ignorant fuck, right, Jay? He's an ignorant son. <laughs> Of a bitch. There we go. You know, you you obviously have paid zero attention to all our reviews ever, which we've presented quite a few <laughs> different viewpoints. We've disagreed well, we with each know, other. We wouldn't have known what he thought about any of our reviews because he ha- he did not tell us until he had a no, problem with. We have it. no He's idea. The fucking shadow over here. Yeah. yeah. And none of us were sucking Star Wars dick. We've all been fucking worried about this movie before it came I fucking, out. I complained about Captain Phasma. Yeah, we've all worried about. I complained this shit. about the music. Oh, honestly, guys, I, I'll be honest with you. I knew that. I knew that before Star Wars: The Force Awakens came out. I knew that it would be your movie of the year and your movie of the year. Yeah, yeah. I knew before it even came out that Tupperware's comes around. Star Wars: The Force Awakens is going to win movie of the year from you too. Absolutely. It's, I knew it's it. Star Wars. How can Absolutely. I not? I know. I know. I just. I know you guys. But you're you're sitting like this guy. Here's yeah, what. I'm not the Oscars. I'm giving that shit to Star Wars. Here's what pisses me. <laughs> this pisses me off the most. I, I don't know how the fuck old this guy is. Um, I saw some of these movies in the goddamn theater, some of the original Star Wars movies. So you're telling me my opinion is fucking invalid because I have some kind of bias. Oh, I think he's attacking me. I was the only one that fucking tossed Avengers Age of Ultron. 
True. So I think he's attacking me in this fucking email yeah. saying like, oh, Brian, you should have fucking tossed this fucking movie. You're full of shit. Yeah. Well, you can't even fucking hold a candle uh, to Star Wars Force. Uh, Avengers Age of Ultron can't fucking hold a candle to Star Wars Force Awakens. And if you don't see that, then there's something wrong with you. No, 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 no. No, that's my fucking opinion. No, no, I don't agree with that at all. It doesn't hold a candle to the Force Awakens. No, 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 no. I don't agree with like if you don't if you don't like Star Wars: The Force Awakens, you don't have an opinion. No, that's not what I mean. I can understand. No, that's not what I said. I said if you think Avengers: Age of Ultron holds a candle to The Force Awakens, you're full of shit. That's what I said. Well, some people don't like Star Wars to begin with, and some people just love the Marvel Universe. All I'm saying, Jay. All I'm saying is the fact that this guy's calling me out. He's calling out our integrity yeah. that we just raided this and we're being biased. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my problem. Right. I'm not comparing Avengers Age of Ultron and Star Wars and shit like that. He's like questioning my integrity yeah. and your integrity and Jake's integrity as reviewers and how we saw this film. Yeah. Like, I could give a shit. Like, the most popular movie ever could come out. And everyone could like this movie. And if I watch it and I don't like it, I'll tell you I don't like the goddamn movie and I'll stand up for my fucking opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I feel the same way. Yeah, for sure. Which you have done on this show. It's on record. We've all done it. People have heard it. Like Iron Man 3 came out. Yeah. I tossed that shit. Yeah. Fucking Avengers Age of Ultron. People fucking were shocked when I tossed it. Mm -hmm. There were people that were literally shocked when I tossed it. But the reason I didn't toss Star Wars The Force Awakens is because I loved the movie. And yeah, I see similarities to Episode 4 and Episode 5. And you know what? I don't give a shit. Yeah. I still love the fucking movie. I think we all have integrity as reviewers, you know? I mean, it's we don't we don't bend tail to any of us. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I know you wanted me to Tupperware Sakaro, so I didn't feel like, "Oh, I, I, I'm glad that you didn't I have fucking to bend. Uphold my integrity, mm-hmm. you know. I'm glad you didn't bend. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta rate it. Even though you're wrong, I mean, you gotta rate it the way <laughs> that you're gonna rate it. Yeah, I mean, I watched it, and it's like I, I didn't, I didn't bend over backwards for that movie, and it wasn't a ten for me. So I yeah. can't fucking lie to you guys right. about it. I'm just well, saying it's an insult, man. Jay does the same thing too. I, I'm saying it's a fucking insult. Like the the amount of time I've spent enjoying Star Wars. Fuck you for saying that. You don't know who the fuck I am. You don't know who Brian is. You don't know who Jake is. You're saying that I'm fucking biased and I'm just going to be like, yeah, this is a great movie. I mean, fuck you, no, man. I, like, you you have no idea what my history is with Star Wars. You're an asshole. If you're a fan of Star Wars, you shouldn't be attacking me in the fucking first place. Well, I mean, misery loves company. He he wants to bring us down. He, this email and you're you're playing into it. He's he's trying to elicit a reaction. That's what he wants. Fuck. fuck That's him. what he wants. He fuck feels, him. He feels good. He he's he, misery loves company. He's trying to elicit a reaction. This guy did not want to make us feel good about the 50 other episodes that he listened to. Man. The first that we're hearing from this guy is right now because he disagreed with us. And I'm sure he was just sitting there on his little computer typing away all smug as fuck as he's sending it. That's why his last line in this fucking piece of shit email is, also, I hope I sent this to the right place. Mm. He wanted us to read this because his whole thing is, I'm a troll and I want to elicit a reaction and I want to hear, I want to, basically, he's got a grenade in his hand, he throws it in the room and he walks away mm-hmm. and he wants to watch and see what happens he wants to see how it unfolds you know what 
It doesn't matter, dude. I love the movie. I still love the movie. The fact that you didn't like it and the fact that you don't like that I don't like it doesn't matter to me one bit. Yeah, fuck this guy. Fuck you. And uh, I hope you don't listen anymore. I hope you never download another episode. Um, and if I never get another email, I could give a shit. Yeah. Um, same with TFS. I hope that you don't listen anymore. Yeah. So don't need that shit. Go I, fuck I, yourself. I don't. Yeah. Th- no. God, that's the thing. It's like nobody's paying me a dime to do this. I'm not here to pander to people. This. <laughs> this is not the podcast where we think like, oh, we're gonna make it big one day. We're gonna make it big, and we're gonna we're gonna get sponsors, and we're gonna get. The- no, I'm gonna be me. I'm gonna be me. And if you're an asshole, you're an asshole. I'm gonna let you know about it. Yeah. Informed opinions are cool. If yeah. you don't like it and you have an informed opinion, I'm not going to jump down your yeah, throat. That's what I was saying. I you will can not send in an email saying you don't like Force Force Awakens. Yes, send me an email saying, "Hey guys, I didn't like Force Awakens for this, this, and this." Yeah. But if you send me an email saying that all of you giggling like little fangirls about tiny little bits of the movies and how much you love it, and uh, you're drinking the Kool Aid and you're biased. Yeah, fuck, fuck you. Fuck you, you piece of shit. I'm glad you listened for 50 episodes and we fucking uh, ruined your listening experience. Hope your ears fall off, you piece of shit. <laughs> it's a total dick move, man. Yeah, it is a dick move. Yeah, you're a dick. Thank, thank, I'm glad we got to hear from you fucking uh, 50 episodes later and you tell us uh, what, what, what assholes we are for enjoying a movie. Yeah, having a great oh, time you guys, at a good movie. You guys are, you guys are assholes... For liking this movie. Uh, but I think this time you guys were thinking with your Star Wars balls. That's a quote here. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. And, and then Mary Lou. So. That's ridiculous. Yeah. All right, let's end this beast. I got to take a dump. <laughs> uh, thoughts, Jake? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have some serious thoughts if we don't Damn, end this. This in the has next been the episode minutes. where we've went off. We did. Uh, fuck, man. We went off. I went off this episode. Don't fucking push it. That's all I got to say. <laughs> don't do it. I don't think they care. Yeah, I mean, they're anonymous. We don't they're know who the not, fuck yeah. they are. If you had a normal conversation with me, I'm not going to bite your fucking head off. And you told me these things, I wouldn't bite your head off. We'd have a conversation. Hey, hey. And I'd try and figure out what hey, the fuck you're coming I think it's from. Fun when they push listen, it. Listen, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Send me more emails. You know what? Fight back with your one-star reviews. You know why? Because it ain't going to stop. Push, you push know it, motherfucker. Because next week you're going to get episode 123. True that. And the week after that, you're going to get episode 124. Yep. And then by episode 125, when you call me a dickhead again and tell me to go off mic producer, <laughs> you're still going to get episode 126 of me rambling on like a motherfucker. It's coming. So it doesn't matter, you stupid motherfucker. That's true. That's so, true. TFS, tough fucking shit. Ain't going anywhere, bitch. And just yeah. like all good leftovers say on their doggy bags, go fuck yourself, <laughs> you stupid fucking piece of shit. I will fucking ruin you, TFS, you motherfucker. <laughs> Piece of fucking shit. Go fuck yourself, motherfucker. Yeah, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Happy New Year. Tear your own dick off, you fuckhead. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts.
It's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over counterculture, push over pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Pushovers, pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.